Bully Bully, Sam the Sham from 1965. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Dreff and Friends show. This is being broadcast live from a very secret location. Date is April 6th, 2017. The time is about 8.45 p.m. We have a very special free roll tonight. A special free roll that is bigger than most free rolls we've had. Not the very biggest one, but one of the bigger ones we've had. We have two hundred eight dollars. Oh, hold on, hold on. I've just got informed in the chat room of an unfortunate and embarrassing situation. Apparently, the date of the free roll is wrong. Now, now I've got to hold up everything to go look at this. I just assumed it was right because we had the show on Thursday last week, so I assumed. It would still be on Thursday. Let's see. No, yeah, he's right. Oh, boy. (laughs) We have 38 people registered right now. I'm going to have to kick them all out. There's no way on the software to change the date of the free roll with people registered. So I can fix it. That's the good news, and I can fix it quickly. The bad news is that I have to kick everyone out. So everyone who registered for the free roll, make sure to go register again, or otherwise you will not be in the free roll. (laughs) So yeah, this week we're finally using the $200 that C-Money gave us a few weeks ago. The controversial 
$200 is finally being put to use. And for good measure, another $8 if you knock out our co-host, Calwatt, who we're going to bring on here so he can tell us about how he feels about always having the target on his back. However, today, because $8 is small compared to the top prize of 100 bucks, maybe people won't be gunning for him as much as when the prize pool is smaller. So, Calwatt, welcome. How you doing, Druff? I'm doing all right. And uh, as I said, I'm in a secret location, so... I got my glass of cognac. Oh, well, then you'll be easier to knock out. Yeah, when I when I get to the end of this glass, it might be lights out. Uh-oh. Well, then uh, <laughs> you may just blind out. <laughs> that, that definitely could maybe, happen. Maybe whoever just wins the pot where you blind out your final few chips will be... I, the... I'm usually out by then, but I didn't hear what you... Well, never mind. I'll, I'll ask in the chat. I, I didn't hear what you said, so... Have I got a... a there's, there, mark on my back yeah, there's again. a bounty for eight dollars. Now, the good news for you is that the prize pool's two hundred, so oh, nice. it's not it's not worth it to just gun for you and nothing else because uh, then they'll be missing out on the hundred dollar first prize. So it's a hundred dollars first prize, fifty dollars for second, twenty five for third, thirteen for fourth, uh, or I think it was twelve for fourth, eight for fifth, and five for sixth. I believe that's the breakdown. Let me just check the thread here. I, I shouldn't memorize these things because I always get it wrong. If, if not, I'm very close. Let me see here. I should have the agenda up, but I don't. So here it is. Yes, 150, 25, 12, 8, and 5. I should not doubt myself. I was correct. And $8 on knocking Calwatt out. So if you knock Calwatt, you get the equivalent of fifth place money guaranteed. So again, uh, the 200 came from C-Money, and the other 8 came from Snowtrack. So thank you to you guys. The free roll starts at 9 o'clock. Make sure to go re-register if you registered before I announced that the date was wrong, because everybody was kicked out when I had to fix the date. And I apologize for that. I, I check this every week, but this week I just said, well, we had radio on Thursday last week. Oh, I know what the problem was. I think we had it two weeks ago. I think last week we had radio on Wednesday. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. I got the days confused. Well, no matter. It's fixed, and I see 29 people have already re-registered. We're going to be gunning for the $200 that we have in free money to give. Make sure you are familiar with the rules to win the free money, because if you're not familiar with the rules and you don't qualify, tough luck. You don't get the money. You can read those rules at PokerFraudAlert.com slash FreeRoll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash FreeRoll, all lowercase. And they haven't changed in a long time, but you need to know them before you play. This is a free roll that gives out real cash money. I will send you Bitcoin. I'll send you a check in the mail. I'll send you cash, a bank transfer. I even have other methods that I... Don't want to discuss on here, but I'll tell you privately if you win. A lot of ways I can pay you, it'll be real money, not crappy money I send on a poker site, which may not let you cash it out. This is a real money free roll. And we have it every week, usually for a minimum of $50, and often ones like this, like $200. So a good reason to listen live. If you are listening live... And by the way, the free roll begins at 9 p.m. Right now it's 8.51. You also have 25 minutes of late registration to start off with a full stack. 
you want to chat live, you can do so. This is only if you're listening to the live broadcast. If you're listening in the archives, there's nobody in the chat room right now. But if you're listening live, there are plenty of people. Just click the chat button near the top of the screen. You need a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing. And you also need a flash-enabled device, meaning no iPhones or iPads can get in there. If you want to call the show tonight, is the same phone number that you reach us at it's, uh, in other weeks. It's 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. And, of course, we have the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary phone which sits on top of Mount Charleston near Las Vegas. It sits in a small cabin over there, and it forwards to wherever I go. That phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. You can listen to this show a variety of ways. You can listen just through the Poker Fraud Alert server at PokerFraudAlert.com. Click the radio tab. You can listen on an app called TuneIn. And you can also listen through the Call to Listen line. The Call to Listen line is a phone number you call from any phone in the world where you can just listen to the show over that phone line. It's not a way to reach the show We won't be able to talk back to you. We won't be able to hear you, but you can hear us. It's a way to listen to the show by calling a regular phone number. That number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. It's located in a small shack in the town of Carroll, Iowa, and it has a lot of incoming lines to it, so it'll never be busy. And it's a great thing to use if you don't have a reliable Internet connection where you are. It does not require a smartphone, it does not require the internet, it does not require a computer, and if you have a data plan, it won't use any of your data. You just call 712-775-8162. In fact, even if you have a very weak cell phone signal where you are, it will work. And there will be no buffering, no pausing, no BS like that. If you forget any of these phone numbers, just click on the radio tab on PokerFraudAlert.com and they will all be listed. If you want to listen in the archives... We archive our show every week, and you can listen to the recent shows. You can listen to the ones five years ago. Whatever you want, you can find it in the PokerFraudAlert.com radio forum. You can also find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, which is an app to listen to podcasts, TuneIn, which is another app to listen to podcasts, which also plays the live show. So a lot of options to listen to the show in the archives or you can download the MP3 directly from PokerFraudAlert.com. If there's an option to listen that you want, you can get a hold of me and tell me what you would like me to add as a listening option, and I might do it. You got Stitcher, right? We do. We have Stitcher. Have you had any problems with it? Stitcher sometimes is a little bit slow to update. and sometimes we, We've have got to... one Stitcher feed that hasn't updated since February. You have to get on their ass sometimes to get them to update it. I, I have what seen the hell before. do I have to do? I've, I've mailed them twice. Oh, I really? sent I, something I, via their form. I, you got I've, a secret number or anything? No, no, I've just emailed some. I can search for what email address I use, but I emailed some support address there. And they said, oh, we're sorry about that, and then they updated it. I, I don't know why they have such a problem, because it's done by an RSS feed. It should be just very simple and automatic. I don't know why it fails to update sometimes. Uh, fortunately, this show usually updates on Stitcher. Uh, look at this. Someone found me. Listen to this. 
Okay. <laughs> Good job. Good job, everybody. How the hell could they find you? Because it, we have a smart audience here. Here. I'm going to pick up the phone in the secret location. I, I don't even know where the hell you are. Yeah. I, I can't hide from these people. I can't hide from them. <laughs> they, they find me where I go. So I, I forgot to take the phone off the hook. But I, I just took it off the hook now, so you guys can't pull that anymore. But uh, thank you for locating me. I appreciate that. That's hilarious. If you know where I am, please don't say so. I, I, don't, I don't know where you are. I can't I, say shit. I, I don't need uh, stalkers. I don't need uh, obsessed or crazed fans. You don't You don't need what I did to Kevmath the other week? No. <laughs> what, what did you do to Kevmath? Well, I was like, well, please don't. You know, please don't send them pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So if you want to text me during the show, it's the same text phone number as we've had for a long time. It's the main phone number to the show. 775-372-8355 is the text number. 775-372-8355. I may read your text on the air unless you ask me at the very beginning of the text not to do so. And then maybe I will be a nice guy and not read your text over the air. And you can text me before, after, or during the show, and I will respond to you. So, and for uh, uh, Druff, I listened to the show the other week. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually re-listen to them, but I, I listened to it because uh, I think I missed like half of it because I passed out early. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah, and I and I want to apologize for playing with my balls on the show. Oh. <laughs> I, I I was listening to it, listening to it back. I'm like, wow, that's really fucking annoying. Yeah, someone told me to like buy you something so you don't play with your balls. I forgot what they were suggesting. Someone texted me that I should buy you. Let me see if I can find the text. Uh, oh, here it goes. From the 650, you need to get kilowatt. He calls it kilowatt instead of kilowatt, but you need to get kilowatt one of these spinners so i don't have to hear those balls in the background yeah I, bob i'll i can't promise i'm not going to play with my balls but i'll do it quietly okay. if i do well, thank you that's better than when everyone did uh, whip it that time on the radio so free roll starting in three minutes <coughs> sorry about that three minutes and you guys can fight it out for the two hundred dollars plus the eight dollar bounty. So here is the agenda for the evening, and then we'll get going. The Bicycle Casino had a pretty unfortunate week. They were shut down by the federal government. Dun, dun, dun! No, I was actually going to play this one. Uh, That's... that's the most appropriate, I think. But yeah, they were shut down by the federal government for about 24 hours. The place was searched. We'll talk about what happened there, why they were shut down, what the fallout is likely to be. A number of bike stories, actually, this week. So they were shut down. That's the biggest story. It had to do with money laundering. (laughs) But I'm going to talk about, and of course, Calawatt can chime in as well, whether money laundering might be good for the live poker economy. And, and, and if, if it's clamped down upon, how the games might get worse. So we'll talk about whether the card rooms are doing a favor to everybody, basically. I guess except for the... I guess except for whoever's a victim of the crimes of uh, the way the money was uh, obtained in the first place. But uh, other than that... Or, or the federal government that wants their piece of the pie. Yeah, more of that. But uh, is, is money laundering actually doing a favor for the poker community? 
We'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about how common is this situation where poker rooms assist knowingly in people laundering money. There have been other cases. Live at the bike, they... I don't know if they're broadcasting this week. I know they at least delayed it after that uh, little situation. But Live at the Bike has two new hosts, well, two new old hosts, David Tuckman and our own Bart Hansen have returned to Live at the Bike, so we'll talk a bit about that. And finally, there is a theory that perhaps this raid on Live uh, on Live at the Bike, on uh, as this raid on the Bicycle Casino could be the nail in the coffin for poker stars coming to California. What does one have to do with the other? I will tell you when we get to that segment. The winning poker network that houses online sites such as America's Card Room, Black Chip Poker, and several others, was hit with a DDoS attack during a tournament. And what's even more disturbing is this may or may not be related, and we're going to talk about the likelihood of whether this was related. A poker fraud alert user who's been around for a long time said that he got a ransomware virus called Zeus that popped up on his screen seconds after he got the notification from America's Card Room that they're being hit with a DDoS attack. So is it possible that the black chip poker software pushed a virus to him? I don't know, but I when I logged into the Poker Fraud Alert software, it told me it wasn't secure. That's true. Maybe we're going to push a push a virus to you. You never know. <laughs> maybe the Russians will. Maybe I won't knowingly do it, but maybe the Russians will take over the site, and you're going to come here and get a virus. It's it's very the possible. Russians via Kevmath. Yeah, the czar. <laughs> That's true. Kevmath is the, is the czar. He's been appointed. He's been appointed the czar. We have an update. On the $500,000 gambling debt that was owed to Mark Klang, we had him on the show in January. We have an update, some breaking news on that, and it involves Zima421, real name Paul, how do you say it, Deglozima? D-L-U-G-O-Zima? I don't know how, You pronounce it, no, 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 if you pronounce it Zima. Zima, that's how I pronounce it. What you do is you, you, you make it sound like you're drowning and then say Zima. Zima. I'm sure the poor guy is used to people butchering his name. Yeah, I see why he just goes by Zima. It makes sense. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. We'll t- I have a major update on that, and it, it actually came out on Twitter in response to me. Mark Klang tweeted something to me, which is now deleted, by the way. Of course. That was in response to something I said to Zima. I, I was taunting Zima, and this brought out a major update to the story. So the the lesson here is that it's always good to troll yeah, Luf, people on Twitter. Blue Father says when you pronounce that name, it sounds like you're uh, you're deep throating. <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's even better than drowning. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Okay. I, I, well, I hope he's not. I mean, that's a good better description. But I hope he's not speaking from experience. You know, I was thinking about it the other day when you were talking about when you go home to a, a girl's house, you look at the dad to yeah. see what she's going to look like. It, Druff, if you're if you're going out with a girl that looks like her dad, I mean, you're just doing something wrong. No, she can look like her dad without looking like a guy. She no. can just have oh. a certain. She can have her resemblance, just like a guy can look like his mom without looking like a girl. 
That that reminds me of like in high school when one of your buddies has got a sister, and you're looking at the sister and she's kind of hot and everything, but then you see your friend's face in there. Yes, yeah, I've had and, that. And then it's too. and it's just total softy. Right, right. I, I couldn't do that either. Right. I've I've seen that before too, and I've thought about that. I've thought like the same thing. Like if I didn't know this guy, I would think she's hot. But since I know this guy and they have a similar face, but she just has like a female version, like there's no yeah. way I could like kiss her without thinking I'm kissing him. So I like I yeah, it would be yeah. I mean, and <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I have never you you uncovered something that I had never even thought about, and I think of a lot of things. I had never thought about checking out the girl's dad to see what she's going to look like. Hmm. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm hoping that none of the women I date are going to end up looking like their dad. I'm just saying, if they don't look like the mom, then you got to reference the dad at that point. See, sometimes they look like neither parent. That can happen too. If they don't look like, if the girl doesn't look like the mom, but looks like the dad, I mean, I think you got you got problems. Tom. No, I've seen it before. You know no, 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 no. I've actually seen it before, where it's better they look like the dad because the dad is a, is a. Well, they got real, like a little five o'clock shadow. No, going the, on? the dad's like a relatively good-looking guy. The mom is kind of ugly, not just because she's older, but like she's like. And then the girl is pretty because she looks like the dad. She doesn't look like a guy, but she looks like the dad. Where she looked like the mom, and I've seen it before. The girl is pretty because she looks like the yes, dad. Yes, and I've seen it before where she has like okay. a sister that looks like the mom, and the sister's like much uglier. I've seen that. I've seen that before. All right. Okay. So going on here, <laughs> slots.lv, not sluts.lv. That'd be a good site too. Sluts.lv. There's a lot. There's a I'm lot of that here. Sure, it exists. There's a lot of. Well, I'm going to go there. Right, I'm going to go to sluts.lv right. Now. I'm going to see what's there. I. I you're, you're probably going to get that ransomware. Shit. <laughs> That's what I'm a little afraid of. No, you know, I, they actually have done studies that um, that religious websites are more likely to be infected with malware than porn sites. Well, I, I got excited for a second because sluts.lv did not go anywhere, so I thought maybe no one registered it. I was about to like quickly go register it while pretending no. I was doing something else. But, of no. course, it is registered. It's just not going anywhere. That's very surprising. That is surprising. It's sluts.lv. But slots.lv... It does go somewhere, and it's actually a casino that is associated with Bovada. And a guy posted on 2 Plus 2 recently that Slots.LV basically uh, stole his money. So I thought, okay, let's figure out the truth here. Because a lot of times people go to 2 Plus 2 to whine about something that happened, a supposed injustice against them committed by an online poker site, and it turned out the person was cheating or breaking the terms of service blatantly or something like that where they kind of deserved it, or at least halfway deserved it. So I, I determined that this guy was a deposit bonus angle shooter, and that's why they took his money. But I'll tell you the whole story when we get to it, along with a warning regarding redeeming bonuses or clearing bonuses on Bovada or Ignition. A man lost a $100,000 jackpot because he let a female friend press the button for him to spin the slot machine. So keep in mind, no matter whose money it is, if you let somebody else press the button to spin the slot machine or to draw cards in video poker or anything else, whoever presses the button, it's theirs. Oh, my God. That Are was, you kidding That me? was ruled, at least in Florida. So we'll tell you a bit about that story. The No Limit Hold'em bot is back. It's going to have a different name, and it's going to play for $290,000 of real money. 
the last time it played and it beat everybody, it was playing for fun. Now, the pros were apparently compensated for their time, but they were compensated the same thing whether they win or lose. There was no prize involved. This time, there's actually going to be a prize. I don't believe anyone's putting up money to play. I think this is just a prize. But uh, the bot is going to be playing against humans for $290,000. The Trump Taj Mahal has officially been sold. We'll tell you who bought it and whether it has a chance. I have recently experienced the Caesars self-parking lot in Las Vegas... Since they opened the, or I shouldn't say opened, since they enabled the requirement to pay. It is now a charging lot, no more free parking at Caesars Las Vegas. They just unrolled this a few days ago on April 3rd. I got to experience this firsthand, and I will tell you, just like pretty much everything Caesars does, it was done very poorly. So I will tell you my impressions of it and some funny interactions I had with some Caesars employees regarding that. In other Caesars, or sorry, in other Vegas parking news, exciting stuff, the MGM properties are going to be raising their prices for parking. So we'll give you those details. Finally, I get a lot of questions from people who are coming into Vegas from other parts of the country. Where's the best place to play poker? Well, that's a very open-ended question. That's a very hard question to answer. Are you looking for high-limit games? Are you looking for mid-limit games? Are you looking for ones with the least rake? Are you looking for ones with the most action? Ones with the best comps? There's a lot of different ways that one could determine which room is best. We're not going to discuss that, but we are going to discuss which live poker rooms in Vegas have the cheapest rake, which ones have the best comps, which ones have the worst rake, and which ones have the worst comps. From a purely economical standpoint, ignoring the game quality, ignoring the limits available, what's the best place to play where you'll get the most comps and the lowest rake? So we'll talk about that, and I'll list them off to you. I did not do this research. It was done by Poker News, but they put out a pretty good article, so I will relay it to everybody on here. So that is our agenda this evening. Uh, I'm sure most of you probably heard the news that Don Rickles died. Don Rickles was someone who I always saw as very old, even when I was a kid. He was someone that uh, when I heard, I don't know, last year that he was still alive, I was very surprised. Because I just uh, imagined he had to be dead by the time I was in my mid-40s, since he seemed so old when I was a kid. He's just one of the people who always seemed old. But uh, not only was he alive, he was still performing. And I know Brandon saw him a number of times here in Vegas. I never got to see him. And that, that's kind of I, a regret I have. Not a major regret, but I, I was... I did always want to see a show with Don Rickles. And I guess I won't be able to. Did you ever see Don Rickles performing? I did not. You did not. Have you ever wanted to, or you didn't care? Um, I was kind of indifferent, I guess. I mean, I heard he's actually pretty filthy. Yeah, that's that's and, what I heard. And that kind of appealed to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, he died. He was ninety years old, and you know, ninety, of course, is pretty old, and it does make sense to some degree why he always seemed old to me. 
But I heard of Don Rickles starting from a pretty young age, probably from like five or six. So at that time, he was in his early 50s, and he seemed older than that to me when I was like five or six. Maybe 50-year-old. Yeah, he reminded me of old. like my crazy grandpa my that, entire right. life. That, that's you what know? I and thought. Like literally my whole life. <laughs> right. I, that's what I kind of thought of. I kind of thought of him like a, a, a grandpa-type figure, like an obnoxious grandpa. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I get to this age and the oh boys and girls, grandpa's into the the whiskey. Cover your ears. Yeah. When I get to this age and that and like someone I thought of as like an old grandpa type is still alive. I go, what? How's that even possible? I remember with Phyllis Diller, I was shocked like in 2012 that she was still alive because mm. she seemed really old when I was yeah. a kid. So I'm like, oh, she's got to have been dead a long time. No, nope, she was still alive until 2012. She, I think she lived to like 97 though. Anyway, we will get going, and uh, I guess that should lead me to the one other thing that I, I want to mention here. Actually, let me make sure my PMs, I'm, I'm not being told not to mention it now that I teased you guys. Let me see before I spill the beans on certain news here. Yeah, I, I, I can mention it, so I will. Uh, we had a death in the poker fraud alert family. Mm. Somebody who's appeared on this show multiple times, a, a beloved figure, uh, definitely the oldest person to ever appear on poker fraud alert radio. That was grandma Rosa, bad guy, 23's grandmother passed away today at the age of 95. So that's, uh, she was always a very good sport when she appeared on this show. She uh, she definitely had the patience of a saint to put up with bad guy. <laughs> I mean, think about it. think about having to like live with bad guy every day. But she did. She was always there for bad guy, and and you could tell that he really loved her. In fact, uh, I I sometimes felt that bad guy probably loved her more than anybody in the world. But uh, I I always liked Rose, and she was sharp when she was on here. She didn't come off of, like some senile old woman. I mean, you could tell she was old, but uh, she she was sharp especially for 95, and she had offered that if I were to uh, come to Pittsburgh that, that she would make me meatballs and that uh, I could come to dinner to her house. That was very nice, and unfortunately, I won't be able to do that. So, you know, bad guy PM'd me today, the news, and uh, very sad to hear. You know, he had mentioned that she was in the hospital and that there were some issues, but it it didn't sound that grave to me. It sounded like she was going to pull through. But you know how it is with uh, with older people, especially people in their mid-90s, that it's very easy for small things to become big things or very easy for it to appear that you're on your way to getting better and then you don't make it. So that's... Uh, Grandma Rosa at least had. I'll a... tell you what, ninety-five is a nice age. Right. I was just yeah. I was just gonna say that. Like at least she had yeah. uh, a nice long life. And uh, you know, if someone told me I'm gonna live till ninety-five, I'd say, okay, great. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be disappointed that I don't make a hundred. I mean, I'd yeah, say, exactly. I'd say that that sounds good to me. I'll take ninety-five. It's fifty more years. You, you and I will be extremely lucky if we're able to last that long. We will. So uh, we will be lucky. That is. I don't, I'm not saying we will make it. So Grandma Rosa passed away today at the age of 95, and uh, it's sad. When I, it's one of these things like when I, I read, I'm like, oh, wow, that is sad. Like I, I, I felt bad for bad guy, and I, I even uh, felt bad myself because 
I didn't know her that well, but she was on this show and she was a character that was always mentioned and always came on here if a uh, bad guy wanted her to be. So I, I, I hate bringing these shows down to like a somber note, but it's a fact of life that people pass away. We've lost uh, a number of listeners over the years and uh, Grandma Rosa. This show is dedicated to you. So, just wanted to mention that. I don't know if bad guy's going to call in or not, but if he does not, it would be understandable. So, anyway. Before I get to the bike situation, I want to let everybody know that I have made the decision to sell pieces of myself in the 2017 World Series of Poker. And I'm, nice. I'm changing it a little bit from last year. Every year I... I think about, number one, do I want to do this again? And number two, do I want to do it the same way I did before? And when I decide I want to do it again, then I think about, well, what could be done differently? What could be better as far as the way I sell pieces? The reason I was considering not selling the pieces was that, um, I'll be honest, when I lose, when I bust events, or when I have a good chip stack and bust with either either a lousy cash or no cash, I feel guilty. And if if it's only my money, I don't feel guilty. I feel frustrated, but I I never feel guilty for losing my own money. But I really do, As even though I try not to, I really do feel guilty after these events, like, oh, no, I just lost other people's money. Even knowing that they signed up for it, being very aware this could happen, that they knew the risks, that they were mainly doing it for just the, the entertainment of having pieces of someone they know in the World Series. I understand all that, but I would still feel guilty. So I thought, you know, do I want to deal with that again? And I said, well, okay, I'll do it, and I'll, I'll just try to keep this in my mind that, uh, well, I'm going to do my best, and I really want everyone to succeed along with me. And by the way, that's why when I cashed uh, for, like, 50-something K in the 2013 5K Limit Hold'em, I had accidentally sold way more of myself than I had wanted to. I sold 55% when I meant to sell 40. So I had to give away more than half of that to the people who, who backed me for that. And But I, I didn't. I wasn't pissed about that. I wasn't saying, oh, man, why didn't I just buy in myself? I didn't think that. I thought, okay, good. Now now these people make some money. Now, See, Drove, I don't think you should feel bad. And I know we, we've talked about this offline too, but I think there, there are a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people that are on the forums – that they would like to have a piece of you just for the sweat. You yeah, know, maybe right. they can't make it to the World Series. Maybe they're only there for a brief time or, or whatever, and they want a little bit of a sweat. You know. And, and I th- and I thought about that, and I said, okay, number one, like nobody's buying too big of a piece anyway. The, I, right. I'm limiting it to four percent is the most people can buy of me. And and number two, uh, it, a lot of it's just entertainment to these people, and it's uh, it's right. fun for them, especially because I give updates so frequently, they can feel like they're right there with me. So, well, when people do casual sports betting, I'm not talking about people that are actually putting significant chunks of money down or whatever. But when people do casual sports betting, they're doing it for fun. Yeah, I know. And and they're happy. You know, I mean, obviously they're happy if they win, but they enjoy the sweat. Right. You know, more than anything else. So. Right. And, and I got the, it's funny. I got that from someone last year. Someone 
I had this really, really up and down tournament. The very first one I played last year, the fifteen hundred limit hold'em, where I, 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 I was close to busting a few times early, and then then I would go all the way up to the chip leader, then I'd lose it all back and be almost busting again, and then then I, I kept going up and down, up and down crazily, and then not even like playing wild, it's just the way the the cards were falling. And then with forty two people left, I was again the chip leader, and I was really excited. And then I got moved tables, and I lost every single hand, and I was gone in fortieth place, which was really right. disappointing. So someone who had been following this, you know, who had bought a piece of me, said that he really enjoyed this. That, yes, it was disappointing I didn't win, but, uh, yes, it was disappointing I only finished 40th, but that this was so fun for him to watch this, this up, down, up, down, and all my updates, and, like, he felt... He yeah, was, it's, a degen, it's a D-Gen soap opera, man. Yeah, yeah, so he said that he really enjoyed that, even, <laughs> yeah. even though the result was disappointing. So, like, yeah. I, I thought of things like that and said, okay, I'll, I'll do it, and, of course, for me, it helps because I don't play tournaments all year. I only play the World Series, so... Uh, it it helps bring down for me the the variance of these events and well, it might motivate you more too like if you genuine i believe you that you genuinely uh you know feel bad if you're losing people's investment or whatever uh but that probably will motivate you as well right yeah it I does it does and and i i and i thought you know i i also like the fact that i know there's people who are watching this who are excited for me to do well it's not just me rooting for myself and and my immediate family members rooting for me and, and maybe some friends, but that there's people who bought pieces of this and that uh, this is what they're rooting for, that they get excited when I win, just like I get excited when I win. So I, I thought of all that and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So the, the only change I'm doing this year is that I'm splitting it up into two packages. And the reason for that is that the 10 K limit Hold'em is a much bigger buy-in event than all the other ones I play. Aside from the main event, but I don't sell pieces of that. So the ones I sell, there's only one big buy-in event, and that's the 10K limit hold'em. The rest are like 1,500 or 1,000. Now, why don't you sell pieces of the main? You just think it's too uh, – your, your EV there is just too good? You don't no, wanna... it's not even about that. It's just uh, that's the one – You know, as, with all this I was saying about wanting people to share in my success, I have to say that if, I, if a miracle happened and I won it for 9 or $10 million – if I had to give away like half of that, it would kill me. <laughs> the, the, that's that's the whole thing. The Jewish side of me would take over and go, "Fuck! Why was I so cheap?" I would be so pissed off if I had to do that. Like I, that's where it has to stop. Like if, if I cash six figures, I'm actually okay with giving. And that's why all the events that I'm um, selling here, I think there might be uh, something. No, I think this year I I don't think any of them are going to be a million dollars first prize. But like up to a million dollars first prize, there I'm actually okay with with sharing that. But like once you get to like ten million, nine million dollars, and I've got to give away forty, fifty percent of that, that's just. Uh, it would be very tough for me to do and know that I could have had the whole thing if I, just, did it for myself. It's just one of these things. Like, yeah, it's probably never going to happen, but if by some miracle it does, there I want to have the whole piece because it's so meaningful to have won, you know, financially to have won that. So that that's the reason I don't sell the main. Uh, so you're you're saying that if you cash, if you you got the bracelet in the main event. You would be upset if Marty was up there on stage, like, rubbing a couple million on his titties? <laughs> I wouldn't be upset, but I'd have like, these mixed feelings, like, oh, why did I sell part of me? So th- that's what it would be about. So, What if it was someone you really disliked? Oh, then then I would hate it, but then I wouldn't sell them a piece. Like, I, well, what if, they, what if they didn't? you didn't know? Oh, yeah, if they bought it secretly. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have to honor it. I'd, I'd be pissed. but <laughs> That would make it worse, right? I mean, that would be, like, the ultimate mixed feelings. I'd be so happy I won the main, but then... Pissed I have to give money to someone I hate. Mm. Yeah, that'd be tough. So 
Yeah, I guess I guess if you really want to make sure I'm pissed off no matter what, if you hate me, then buy a piece of me somehow. And then no matter what, I'll either I'll either lose at the World Series and be pissed, or I'll win and have to pay you and I'll be pissed. There's no way I'll be happy. Right, and don't reveal yourself right. unless Druff actually wins. Yeah, right. And then, then right. Yeah. And if if I win, yeah, right. Because if you reveal yourself and I lose, then I can feel good that you lost. But if, well, you might you might just tank the tournament. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I, I'm splitting it up into two parts. Where it's uh, package number one is everything but the 10k limit hold'em. And package number two is just the 10K limit hold'em. Now, you can buy both if you want. But this way, um, if I have some moderate success in the smaller events, but brick the 10K limit hold'em, which, of course, is a very high-variance event, then if you've only bought the package without the 10K limit hold'em, then you've still won. Because otherwise, the way I was doing it before is pretty much, unless I cash really big and run super deep in one of those other events, then it all pretty much came down to the 10K limit hold and whether I'd have a winning year or losing year. So I'm giving people the opportunity to buy the smaller ones together to where you probably have a, a better chance of, of coming out a little ahead. So here, here's, the, here's the story. Package number one includes seven events. They include the June 12th event 24, the 1500 limit hold'em, where I had the chip lead with 42 people left last year. I've cashed in that a few times. I finished third in that in 2005. I'm entering, for the first time ever, the 1K PLO on June 13th, but only if I don't make the second day of limit hold'em. So if I don't make the second day of limit hold'em, I'll enter the PLO, otherwise I skip that. June 16th, event number 32, the Mixed Omaha 8, which is PLO 8, 08, and a game called Big O. That's going to be a good tournament. Yeah, I, th- I think Guarantee you that's going to be a good tournament. I think it will be, too, because people won't know what to do with the, B- the Big O part. So, well, People are terrible at PLO 8 to begin with. Yeah, that's true, too. And then with Big O, like, they just don't know how to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all, you know? So that I'm going to be playing that tournament on uh, June 16th, for sure. June 17th, if I don't make the second day of that mixed Omaha 8th, I'll be entering just a regular old 1500 No Limit Hold'em. On, then I'm going to be taking a break for 10 days. And on 10, day, 10 days later, I come back on June 27th to play the $3,000 Limit Hold'em 6 Max. I have had the chip lead in that event a number of times. Not last year, but a number of times over the years this has existed. And I've never cashed it. Somehow it always falls mm. apart. The... June 30th, event number 58, I'll be entering the 1500 No Limit Hold'em, just a regular one. And as much as I criticize this event as being stupid and pointless, I'm playing it anyway. July 1st, the $888 Crazy Eights No Limit Hold'em eight-handed event with an $888,888 guaranteed first prize. It has rebuys. I will fire up to two bullets. And that is included in the price. Of course, if I only fire one bullet, then you get a refund there. So that's the end of package one. At most, it will involve seven tournaments, but it could also involve only five if I make day twos. Because like the uh, the crazy eights, I will miss if I make a day two of the No Limit Hold'em the day before. So I, I'll play between five and seven events there. 
the total buy-ins, that is if I play all of those and if I fire two bullets on the crazy eights, the total buy-in of those would be $11,776. And then package number two is simply the $10,000 limit hold'em on June 19th. So, of course, the total buy-in for that is 10000 As I have been doing for the past several years, or ever since I've been selling these pieces, I'm doing a 20% markup, and that will bring... And, and I'm selling these in, in uh, 0.5% increments, meaning each time you buy what I call a share, you get 0.5% of whatever I cash. It's very simple. Just whatever I cash, each share is worth 0.5% of that, period. The only other money you will get is refunds from events I don't play. If I don't play an event, you will get a full refund, including the markup. So I'm not keeping the markup. I'm just going to take you know whatever your percentage of that event was. It's you'll basically get as if uh, I cashed for the exact buy-in plus twenty percent. That's what you'd be getting back because uh, it's basically like it wasn't on the schedule if I don't play it. So you're, there's no way you will lose money in an event I don't play. Right. And uh, so, so that that will be done for any events that are skipped. I am selling 80 shares for each package, meaning up to 40%. Each share of package number one is $70.66. Each share of package number two is $60 even. Remember, package two is the 10K limit hold'em. Package one is everything else. So $70.66 for package one, $60 for package two. Of course, both together is... $130.66, that gets you 0.5% of both of them, package one and two. The most you can buy is eight shares of each. You cannot buy more than eight shares of either one, and you also, uh, but you can buy eight shares of both, and a minimum purchase required. You have to either buy two shares of one event or one share of each. So I'm not sell, I'm not selling uh, or one one package I'm saying. So I'm not going to sell like one share of package number one and that's it. You you're going to have to at least buy at minimum one of each or two from one, and that's just it's just to make it easier on me because it starts to become a pain in the ass to sell shares that are too small and disseminate the money. And what if I miss that event? Then I'm going to pay you back. There there's an administrative headache with this whole thing, and I want to keep that to a minimum. So I'm going to try and. Make- Make that as easy for you as possible. Yeah, right. So that brings me to my next point. I'm, just like last year, there's a, a fine website out there, a free website, which is very important to me. When this was first pitched to me, I said, is this free? Because if this is not free, I'm not going to use it. I was told, yes, it's free. This is a site called tastysteaks.com, which is run by someone that you all know and love, and that would be our own Calwatt. That's his site. And uh, I, I posted the events up there. Now, let's say you don't trust Calwatt. Let's say you think he's a shady character and you don't want him holding the money. You don't want him handling your money. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's saying that, Drew? Let, let's say they... Who's saying that? I, I can't reveal that. Let's say they even say that they don't even trust you to pass the money to me. Forget just Holy holding it. Holy shit. Let's say they say that about you. Let's say they don't want you having their info. They don't want you having their name. Well, guess what? You don't I want have an to, address. You don't have to trust Calwatt because... There's not going to be any payments made through Tasty Steaks. Let's say you don't trust CalWatt not to spam you. Well, also good news. While you can sign up for Tasty Steaks, and I, I think it's a, a good site and a very useful site, and uh, I encourage you to sign up for it, you don't have to. So I, because I don't want to burden anybody. So all payments will be made directly to me, 
and Tasty Steaks will be used for record keeping. And it, it's a very good site. You go on there and you can look and see. Um, you can see each event and what I cash and how much is owed to you and how much is still to be played. There's a lot of good stats up there, and it updates on its own when I you know I have to enter what places I finished and all that. But uh, it updates the rest on its own. And Did you know that it, it auto tweets when you cash. That's true. It does that too. And uh, so, and of course, you can look at other people's packages on there too. It's not just me using Tasty Steaks. So, Tasty Steaks is where I will be posting all of the statistics with uh, the buy-ins, the caches, all that. The updates. Lest lest anyone thinks there's any, uh, you know, nepotism or whatever going on here, uh, that site was originally created for Bart to handle his package and we don't we literally don't make anything from it yeah they don't and, right it, and I, I send out one email a year just to let people know that we're ready for the the next World Series of poker and that's it yeah, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you guys look um, I, I I'm using that site because I actually think it's useful for this um, when Calwatt pitched this to me last year, uh, he wasn't the regular co-host on the show like he is now. So, well, I, I may find a need to kiss his ass this year. Last year, I didn't have that need, and I still use it. <laughs> so, so obviously, I really liked the site, and it was, it was useful. We'll make we'll make whatever custom mods you need, Ruff. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's where it'll be. But now, as far as the updates for each tournament I play, I am very very active with tweeting updates in the tournaments I play. And I'm so active that I had people complain that my Twitter became cluttered, that, I, that they were getting constant updates on their feed about every little thing that happened in each tournament, and people were unfollowing me. So yeah. I, I created a separate account just for these updates that I only use during the World Series, which is twitter.com slash dandruffpoker. It's uh, dandruffpoker, all one word, and that's my chip update account that I use only for the World Series. And you can put that on Tasty Steaks, too. Yeah, I, I, I think I have. So there, what I'm saying is there's a field for your regular Twitter and then also for your chip oh, updates. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So that's where the updates will be, and they are frequent. And, in fact, I'll even mention when someone interesting or notable is at the table or something else interesting. I want happens. a Kate Hall update. Oh, you I, 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 I kind of hope that happens. But I, <laughs> I mentioned notables at the table, uh, interesting things happening at the table, even if they don't involve me. Uh, interesting things I see at other tables. Of course, notable hands I'm involved in. Of course, uh, my chip movement. I I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a single person at the World Series that tweets more detailed updates of their progress and other things happening at the event than me. And if you can find Kev, anyone... Kev Matt. But he doesn't play. He just... Uh, oh, you were talking about things happening at the well, World okay, Series. Well, I'm, t- I'm talking about related to the events I'm in. So, all right, all right, so all right. that is something that uh, you, as as one who would buy a piece of me would find very useful because it's, I know it's tilting. I've bought pieces of people before and it's so tilting to say, well, how are they doing? And you're just sitting here hours and hours and hours, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And it never comes like, Oh, sorry, busted. Like, ah, like you you don't know what happened. So you're always going to know what's happening with me. You're going to feel like you're sitting right there with me. And, and that's one of the big advantages to buying a piece of me for entertainment purposes versus other people. You're going to get, very few updates. Now, you may think to yourself, wait a minute, that's not a good thing. That means he's going to be concentrating the whole time on, on tweeting things and not paying attention to the tournament. 
My answer to that is, is that, that I have a per- you have got a personal handler that fo- shadows you the entire World Series and tweets for you, right? They're not supposed to know about that. That's against the rules. Oh, okay. I, the answer to that is that live tournaments are very slow. There's a lot of dead time at live tournaments. You you sit and wait and wait and wait, especially at no limit tournaments. But even in limit tournaments, there's there's a lot of time you're just sitting there waiting for things to end. And you you get an idea of everyone's play style after not too long. You don't have to watch every single street, every single hand to get an idea of what's going on. So tweeting is pretty fast. So you can still give very detailed tweets about the tournament and still pay full attention to the tournament. So I, I'm never going to tweet at the expense of, of being able to observe the tournament, but uh, you don't have to worry about that because there's so much downtime. Jeff, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm getting told by the chat that the Lincoln Park Pizza Place closes in 30 minutes. Okay. Well, so we'll... if you're planning on pranking them, just keep that in mind in your okay, I, I will keep monologue I, I, schedule. I, I think we have to. I think we do have to. So I'll, I'll finish off this World Series, and we'll, I'll explain what that's about, and we'll try to call them. So anyway, if you want to buy pieces of me, and by the way, I have mentioned this before, but I don't drink. I don't do drugs, ever. So Sometimes jerks off before tournaments. I, right, I'll do that as necessary. A big so, deal. I show up to these tournaments in the proper mental and physical state. It's very important to me to do well in these, as I mentioned before. I, in fact, I feel guilty when I don't. So you're going to have someone who's really, really trying to do well, really putting the effort to doing well, and uh, taking it all very seriously. Someone who's never going to screw you or cheat you or pretend to enter events and really not. None of that's going to happen. You, you, can, you know you can fully trust me? Now, is the 20% markup correct as far as my edge in the tournaments? I, I don't know. I'm taking basically what I've seen as the average type of markup I'm seeing when people... Yeah, 1.2 1. is reasonable. Yeah, like I, yeah, is there lower? Yes, there's lower out there, but a lot of those people are desperate and they can't enter if they don't give you a lower markup. That's not that, my That's a good point. So, yeah. Druff, actually, interestingly enough, if when you're bored, you go to Tasty Steaks, you go to uh, down at the bottom, there's a stats yeah. listing. And that will give you a breakdown of all of the markups that have been charged and like what the frequency is for those. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So but you're right. I mean, obviously, part of the reason why, and I, actually, I think no markup is the biggest one, believe it or not. Hmm. But I think you're right that the reason is that that's, you know, that's unknowns that are realizing that they can't charge anymore. Right. They, they, they can't play otherwise. So, so that's not my situation. I will enter all these events I mentioned whether or not anything's bought of me. I promise you guys that. So I'm, I'm not sitting here, oh, I've got to have you guys pay for my buy-ins or I'm not going to be able to play. It's not like that. I'm going to play no matter what. So I, I don't need this. I'm doing this uh, because I want to. But uh, And also I'm not going to charge delusional markup like 1.4. Like that's crazy. Right. That's that's just uh, ripping people off. And um, you know, I, even though people charge that and even if people were willing to pay that, I'm not going to charge that or 1.3. I'm going to... 1.2 is very common. I'm going to stick to that. If you don't like it, there's a good solution. Don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, that to, that to <laughs> me is like the $300 blowjob you were talking about. Yeah. 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 Don't Just don't buy it if you don't. Uh, it you doesn't don't seem worth it. it. And it's up to you. I'm not going to be insulted if you don't buy. I won't be insulted if you bought in the past and don't want to buy this year. So if you, I'll take various forms of payment. Just uh, let me know. You can email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. You can text me at 775-372-8355. Or 
you can PM me on the site, Dan space Druff, and we can arrange payment. I take many forms of it. But if for some reason I lose and you charge back in some way, you charge back because you paid me in a form that can be charged back. You don't want to do that. I, I will track you down. I will post all your info on the site. I, I'll get very nasty about it. Don't do that. And no one's ever done it. I, I, I'll give credit to every single person who ever bought a piece. They've been very honorable gentlemen and, and a few ladies. But no one's ever done it. But I'm just saying, if, if you're even thinking of doing that, don't. Because I'll, I'm going to take it very seriously, and I... I, you know, I'm not going to forget this. I'm going to keep pressing until I uh, get my justice for it, whether uh, through the court system or otherwise. So don't do it. God, God damn. <laughs> God damn. Don't do it. No, no one's ever done it is the truth. Like, I I feel even weird saying it because nobody's ever done it. But I am serious. Though. Like, if someone rolled me that way, I would really come down on them hard but i i no, I, I understand like I, i've been in similar similar situations for things that just the just the idea of someone doing it this motivates me enough that i'm just like you know what fuck you right that's what i do even if it's you know? a small amount of money i'd really go off and, yeah uh, but fortunately like i i have to say, all the people who've bought pieces they've they've been uh you know no one's ever given me a hard time when i've lost no one has ever you know demanded payment immediately i i pay i've paid people pretty quickly but i you know i've i've never had anyone like be an asshole in any way that has bought pieces of me so I, everybody who's bought pieces of me has been very gracious and i appreciate that and i and i really do every time someone buys a piece i think oh that's nice like i i, I really do appreciate it you don't have to feel obligated to it in any way but i i do appreciate it very much when when that's done that people have the faith in me to do this and uh actually sending money for that so that is offered. This will be the last I talk about it until very close to the World Series. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I'll, I'll probably mention it very briefly each week just to remind you, but this is the only big speech I will give about it because I just posted this package on the 2017 World Series forum on Poker Fraud Alert, where you can also see all the updates as I play. So uh, let's talk about this pizza place, which isn't on the official agenda, but a lot of people want me to call it. So... There's a pizza place in Chicago that has a uh, an incredible Yelp page. <laughs> so much you always think it's like a joke. Uh, this was brought to our attention by PLOL. And the good thing is, while this probably should have gone viral, it has not yet. This was just found because PLOL lives in the area. Now, Yelp is... As you know, a very popular review site, and the owners can register on there to respond to reviews they get. And I've always noticed whenever an owner responds to someone posting a bad review, they almost always look bad. Like, I think the best play when someone posts a bad review is just to either not respond or to respond very politely and be real careful about what you say. Because if the owners get into, like, flame wars with the people reviewing them, they look terrible. Yeah, I've actually, (laughs) believe it or not, one of the... Clients I've worked with is a uh, buddy of mine that owns a pretty fancy restaurant, and he, he's kind of got a – he's a really great guy, but he's very passionate about his work, and I I had counseling sessions with him, like <laughs> telling him how to respond to right. – you know, you get some asshole saying, you know, X, Y, or Z on the site, and I, I would always make him 
you know, I'd be like, okay, you see that thing, you want to respond, you're not allowed to respond for 30 minutes. <laughs> and you know what you, I mean? Like, you just right. have to think about it before you do anything. And and when you do, you've got to, you, as much as you might hate the person, you've got to be very polite. You, you just, you can't yes. go off on them. You can't be insulting. You can't come off aggressive. Otherwise, you people are not going to want to come there. They're going to think the owner of this place is an asshole, and they're going to start picturing that you're going to get in fights with them, too. So Well, and, and people reading it, you got to understand, the majority of the people reading it are customers. So they're going to see things from a customer's point of view. Right, right. And they're going to see you as, you know, the owner dismissing a, a paying customer or whatever. And you, you just have to keep that in mind. Yeah. You know? So so the extreme of what not to do is seen on these reviews for the Lincoln Park Pizza Place in Chicago. And I'll... I'll they're going to close at midnight Chicago time, which is in 16 minutes, so we've got to make the call pretty soon. We're going to call them tonight. I, I at first didn't want to prank them. I was sure this is like a viral thing. I was sure the guy gets like a million prank calls, but like nobody knows about this. So presumably – Oh, my God. I'm reading some of the comments. This is awesome. Yeah, presumably no one knows about this. This should be viral, but is not yet. So, okay. Jerome, Jerome Bernard P. Yeah, All that's right. it. Okay, so – uh, here's some reviews. Oh my god! Someone wrote the, the pizza was terribly overpriced. Eighteen dollars for three lukewarm and floppy pieces of cheese pizza. Not to mention the wait staff was very rude upon ordering. Worst pizza place I visited in Chicago. Won't be returning. Jerome Bernard P wrote back. Good. We don't like polo wearing douchebags like you anyway. Never return. <laughs> <laughs> then here's another one. Um, this is from Rob C in Chicago. So I got some pizza to go to this. To, so I got some pizza to go at this place, and when I asked the guy how much the slices were, he said $5 a slice. So I ordered two combination slices. When I went to check out, it said $14. I was like, you said it was $5 a slice. And he was like, you got the combination slice. I was thinking, then why didn't you tell me in the first place it was different prices? Then, believe it or not, the owner started arguing with me. Just Then I just left. What a garbage establishment. They have decent pizza, but not worth $7 a slice, especially when you can get a whole pie for less at the neighboring Domino's. Bottom line is to do is not to do business with these scrupulous owners. I think he meant unscrupulous. Uh, so I just got the uh, so I got just I just got this message slash threat from the owner from this place or whoever manages their Yelp account. It's enough to where I will never set foot in this business ever again. Nor should anyone else with bums like this running the show there. And the and the response was, Yaho, stick with Domino's and never step foot in our business again or else. And then. He also wrote, hey, ho, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Like they say, don't go to bar fool uh, if don't go to, don't go to bar fool if you ain't got no paper. That's the rule. And then he types in caps crown Trump. <laughs> I don't know what crown Trump means. I, I assume Trump is referring to Donald Trump, but crown period Trump. He put uh, so you see the picture of this guy that I put in the, the chat there. Let me see. I'm gonna go look. Makes me think. I mean, this guy seems like he's kind of a goof. I mean, I wonder if he is just having some fun with <laughs> yeah, these guys. That is true. He's he's kind of like making a silly face in the picture. So then he writes, um, but these reviews go back years. Like, uh, um, <laughs> he he wrote to somebody. The pizza else. is terrible. The pizza is terrible, and I had a restroom emergency. Although I spent over twenty five dollars, they would not let me use a restroom. I even spoke their native language, okay? Whatever that means. It says, I, I think yaho, say, yaho, we don't care about your emergency. Go somewhere else and take a shit. This is no restroom. 
Sue us, ho. See what happens. Oh, my God. So, Holy shit. So this has been – so there's, like, bad reviews going back years. Um, some of the, It looks like he discovered Yelp. I'm talking about the owner. It looks like he discovered Yelp in 2011 because there's, like, bad reviews from 08 yeah. that have responses in 2011. And it, it seems like over time he's gotten more – Obnoxious with his responses Like in 2011 he wrote back Obviously Amy Marie, Amy Marie P Has no idea what she's talking about So there he wrote It, it was a one line dismissive review But at least he wrote with proper grammar And spelling capitalization Here he he just types like Yaho, you Keep out of my place Like it's a, it's a different tone now Than I like he also Someone wrote some long review In uh, December 2011 He responds in January 6, 2017 We don't have time to read this BS Right (laughs) Uh, So uh, Anyway he And there's this one long response he gave In 2011 I think that was before he decided To take on this persona where he's just going to bash them So I don't know what he's trying to do here I don't know if he's just trying to get attention And maybe he hopes it goes viral I I don't know what he's doing here But this has been going on for years Again dating back to 2011 where he's Entering these combative responses to these people And it's not just an online persona Because there's a lot of people who keep complaining Basically about the same thing That the ownership is very aggressive And in fact There was a situation someone was talking about there That he didn't deny That they they wanted to I think use the bathroom or something And then uh, Was that the same one where they, the person wouldn't uh, They were saying they're closed And he was saying well if this place is closed Then Kick everybody else out who's already in here, and then they yeah. the person was, was ref- like refusing. One. Someone was like refusing to leave, and um, and then they he said that uh, two employees just grabbed like him and his wife and just like physically threw them out. So there's one really good review out of all of them. all the rest of them are like one or two stars, right? It's got to be like his wife or girlfriend or something. (laughs) Right. So this is this isn't even like it's a place that it's not like the soup Nazi or something that had like on Seinfeld where there were some people who loved the place and just had an eccentric owner. This place seems to have a lot of complaints of many kinds, especially of the customer service. The consensus seems to be like it's kind of an okay to decent pizza place with terrible customer service with rude employees and a really nasty. Ownership that will actually get in your face and argue with you If you dare question them So Chico Loco is going to cry call up And uh, we'll see if we can reach them Chico Loco is going to call up because they disrespected him there We're going to see Hopefully they haven't had many prank calls because uh, Brandon is going for the $8 Oh, Brandon's in the event? Yeah Wow. Drexel won, right? I, I don't know, probably him Gotta be right. Drexel one. Brandon from Vegas. Gotta be him. It's gotta be him. Yeah, and I'm actually contemplating just shoving over top of him, but I think he's probably <laughs> listening to this, so he probably knows he should call. So I should fold. <laughs> call is, him up, Druff. This is weird. I'm. It's it's showing you're on the. I think we we may have to let me uh, hang up. Let me reconnect you. It's it's really weird. For some reason, it's not showing you on the line with me. Okay. Skype's being weird. Okay. Reconnect Calwatt here. 
And then we will... Okay, I think this is because of the other Calwatt. Okay. I think, that, I think that's what caused this issue. Okay, so I'm going to call up the place now and see if I can reach them shortly before closing. Chico Loco will have had his issue... Let's see, it can't be too recent or they'll remember it didn't happen. Say maybe uh, 10 days ago. We'll see if they answer. Hey, man, can I speak to the owner or the manager or something? Pardon me? Can I speak to the owner or the management of this place? My friend, this is nobody here now. What? I don't know. Hey, Holmes, it, it says 12 o'clock you close. It ain't 12, it's like 11.51. Sir, sir, I don't know what are you coming. This is the money you're not here, sir. Okay, so who, sorry, okay, sir. Who, who the fuck's in charge right now? Who's the one who's in charge of the place right now? Who is in charge right now? Is it, are, you, are you in charge? Are you the one? Is it you? This is the money you said. The money you're not here now. Okay. Okay? What are you talking about, man? I'm trying to reach someone who is in charge right now. Who is in charge at the business right now? There's my question to you. This is no question to me. Man. Okay, who is running the place right now? Who is running the restaurant right now? Who is in charge? Say it. Who? You? This is me, the money. Sir, I told you this is the money and not coming now. I don't know what they're coming. Sir. Who are you? Who are you? What, what do you do there? What is your job there? This is only me on play this year. What is your job at the place there? How come I don't understand you? You don't make no sense. Um, what okay. is your job at the place? Can you put on somebody else? I want to speak to Where somebody else. Put, those, put somebody else on the phone. This, you put somebody this. else on the phone. Hey, Holmes. I'm tired of you messing with me, Holmes. You put somebody else on the phone. I don't know, sir. Don't make me come this down there, man. Uh, I'm I trying to talk to someone. I'm trying to be reasonable. They say, they say, Chico Loco, you get mad too easily. So I say, okay, I call up. I try to speak to them in a reasonable tone of voice. But then I call up. You, you make no sense. You don't make no sense. Put, so who who is running the place? Who is the one in charge right now? Right this now. Only me employee this here, sir. I'm sorry, man. This is the the money. This is no here now. Okay. I don't know he, what I come. Okay, sir. he ain't there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So I, I, he he disrespect me. He disrespect. I there last week. He disrespect me big time. Okay. And I pissed off. I sit sir, there for one week. Sir, I get so mad this about this. this. I don't know. This is the, the money. What is so you got a telephone? Why would no call the telephone the, the manager? Okay, when when the guy gonna be back? When is he gonna come back so I can talk to okay. him about what he did? Okay. When he come back, huh? When is he gonna come back? Okay. When? Okay. When he come back? Don't say okay to me. Okay. Tell me when he come back. Okay. Okay. See now you're just fucking with me here. You just say okay, okay. No, you know I asking you a question. When does he come sir, back? Sir, when does he come? When? Hey, 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 hey. When? When in does the he? Morning, you said, why you in the morning. Why you? In the morning. Okay. Okay. What time? What time he come back in the morning? I don't know. Oh man. Man, this is bullshit. I'm trying to just get a hold of the person who running the place. You, you give me no help. All right. Sir, did you got the, the 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 telephone? The me boss or the manager? What is the me? I told you, me only. Go, 
All right, all right. Okay. All right. In play, you mean? All right. All right. Yeah. Okay, I go back tomorrow okay. when, the, when the play is open. I, I get a hold of him okay. then. All right, bye-bye. Okay. That was a weird call. So he's trolling the shit out of you, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he was totally trolling. Like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That was such a. I didn't expect that. That was. I a, think Chico Loco got rolled by his dad. <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, that was like I don't know Chico versus Chico there. I don't know if he was Spanish or what, where he was, but oh man. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. They... <laughs> Lou Father saying, "Ask for Jerome." Now, clearly, there's nobody there. Clearly, it's it, because it's um, Thursday at midnight, minutes from closing. Probably the owner went home. That makes sense. Who the fuck was that guy? I don't know. It was weird. (laughs) Maybe they're used to getting angry calls there, and he just dismisses everybody. I don't know. That was bizarre, dude. It was really bizarre. (laughs) It's hard when you're, like, pranking a place, and then the person you're calling is acting completely irrationally. He was trolling you. I know. I swear to God. Right, right. I, I I didn't know who was pranking who there. It was weird. That's like I, I had someone someone just randomly texted me a while ago. You know those, like, cheesy pictures that they send out? Like, hey, you know, I'm here or whatever. Uh, or, you know, like a girl smiling or something like that. These, like, cheesy photos or whatever. Yeah. So I wrote that wrong number, right? And they did it three more times. And the, the they sent me one today that said, like, oh, you know, have a nice day. And I, I, I was like, all right, fine. You know, you're clearly you're you're just dumb or I don't know what. So I'm going to have some fun with you. So I said, oh, thanks. I needed that. I was having a bad day. And they're like, oh, yeah, really? So, yeah, I just had a just had an operation. And I, I said, uh, I got my penis enlarged. What do you think? And I sent him a huge cock, just a huge monster cock. And I was a duck. You know what I mean? <laughs> same, same way that you you when the, they cold call you, you you tell them suck my dick suck my dick i was like you know what i warned you a couple of times you know no, from now on whenever you text me you're going to just get a monster dick but th- this guy druff whoever you reached like i don't know how he knew but it's almost like he knew that you were trolling him and he was just reverse trolling you like a champ too unless somebody warned him that we were uh we were going to prank. That's, I, I sometimes hate doing these intros because it gives people time to warn. But I don't know. That guy did he really sound coherent enough to understand a warning that he's about to get pranked? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I think we just kind of had somebody who is used to getting. I, I don't think they're getting inundated with calls, but they probably get some legitimate calls. People pissed off, so he's used to just not taking them seriously. That's what my guess is. Because obviously, in all in all these years with mistreating people, they probably get a lot of people calling back afterwards. Who are all pissed, and then so they're probably used to dealing with that. The, though I don't think they're quite to the point of like being viral where everyone's calling them. So I mean, maybe, but it, he sure <laughs> he sure seemed like he knew what was going on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Plol says in chat he thinks the guy was just clueless. Yeah, it was it was actually tough to tell between whether it was the guy was he trolling me, was he clueless, or is he just used to getting a lot of angry calls there, and that's how he deals with them. It, it could be any of those three. Well, I mean, yeah, he's saying that he didn't think he understood what you said. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So. If that was for real, that was impressive. <laughs> that was, like, seriously <laughs> impressive. But we'll try again next week. So the good thing is this isn't viral, so we can probably prank him again, and they probably won't see it coming. So. 
Well, now that it's been on Poker Fraud Alert Radio, <laughs> it's clearly going to be it's going to be all over the world by tomorrow. Yeah. By, by the way, I was told I don't know if, if she's really going to call in, but uh, you know we don't have many female listeners. But a female listener told me she's going to call in tonight, and uh, but but here's the weird thing: like she said she wanted to call in, and I said, okay. You know, we'll be happy to. Go ahead. Like we, <laughs> yeah. we don't get any female listeners. I'd like to know your story. Then it turned out it was someone I had I had communicated with before, like two years ago or so. Were you stalking her on Facebook? No, I was actually trying to help her because she was having some issues with like Caesar's properties. I actually talked to her on another forum. I had no idea she listened to this radio show. I just thought she was like gotcha. some some person from another forum. And I was trying to help her with some uh, issues she had with with one of the Caesar's properties in Vegas. So then she kind of vanished, and then. This person on the Real Grinders site was saying they're like a loyal listener here, and and, and is a female, and, and she's real, and so she says she's going to call in tonight. Say say okay. She's like okay, I'm going to message you about it. So she messages me on Facebook, then she tells me who she is on Poker Fraud Alert. I'm like, oh, I remember you. I've I, you know I've talked to you before, not on this show. So like, then we go through this whole thing. And I'm like, well, then she does she doesn't. I say, are you going to call in? She doesn't answer me. So I don't understand it. She messaged me about calling in and then doesn't answer me when I ask about calling in. It, it was strange. But if she wants to call in, the number is 775-372-8355, 775-FRAUD-55. And uh, I'm always interested in Did the Did you story. say you met her on Grinder Draft? <sighs> no, it's a real female as far as I can tell. It's not a... It's not a not a transsexual, not not uh, not a girl with a surprise under her pants. I, mean, I guess she could be, but uh, I I believe that she's real. I believe she's a female born female. You never know until you check the package. Yeah, that I haven't done. I haven't met her in person, but I I've seen her pictures on Facebook. I, I believe she's a real female. So okay, let's get to the bike thing. This is uh, everyone texted me in the morning. I mean, I I got hammered with text messages from people that wanted me to know that the bicycle casino was raided a few days ago, you know, on the morning it happened. It was raided by federal authorities. Uh, ICE was involved. I think the IRS uh, was the one, they were the ones who got the warrant. And everybody went into a panic about this, including uh, Lyman, who was stoking the flames, former uh, live at the bike commentator but uh, and former live of the bike prop but anyway people were freaking out after the bike got busted after it got shut down federal agents showed up cleared everyone out of the place and apparently they weren't allowed to bring their chips either yeah they weren't they just booted everybody out couldn't bring their chips and just uh, you know, removed everybody immediately and uh, served a search warrant apparently as Employees were walking out. They were actually getting booed by people on the street because it was it was a, and people were yelling "cheater" because people were assuming that this bust had to do with cheating. That yeah, was some of the dumbest shit that I've ever read. Yeah, but it it wasn't. It wasn't about cheating. It was exactly about what most card rooms have been getting busted for. I shouldn't say most get busted, but that when they do get busted, it tends to be for this. And that is money laundering. Here's the problem. It's a, a double-edged sword with these card rooms. So the card room has some whale come in, who isn't a very good player. People love his action. 
He buys in for large sums of money. The regulars are thrilled because they beat him and they you know they win his money. Even people who maybe who uh, otherwise are not even break even players that this puts them over even or at least get, helps them get some of the money back they lost when the whale shows up like that who seemingly doesn't care about money and buys in for large sums. So those people are great for the game. But where is the money coming from? Have you, have you guys ever been in a poker game, especially a middle or high limit stakes poker game, where someone has a lot of cash that they can buy in with? And from your observation of that person and their demeanor and the way they dress and the way they conduct themselves, you think, hmm, I have to imagine this person obtained this money illegally. Have you, have you uh, played with people like that before? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I have too. So, so there's people you know they probably were drug that's, dealers. That's how you know it's a good game. Yeah, they, they're probably <laughs> drug dealers or something else that uh, where they're obtaining large sums of cash illegally, and they're there either just to have fun because they, they have a lot of cash that's sitting around that's hard to dispose of, or more likely they're there to launder the money, where this way they, whatever they cash out, they can claim it's poker winnings, and they can explain where the money came from. So... What if you are employed at a card room? What if you're trying to keep games going? What if you're worried you're going to get fired if the card room's not successful under your watch? And uh, what if there's someone, one of these types in there who's showing up with lots of cash, but you're afraid if you are a hard-ass about requiring him to fill out the cash transaction report forms, the CTRs, when they buy in or cash out for 10000 or more in 24 hours, or that you would have to fill out a uh, SAR, a, a suspicious activity report, which you have to submit to the government if you think so. you got to say that in a, in a Daffy Duck voice. <laughs> Very suspicious <laughs> <voice>. <laughs> activity report. <laughs> yeah. You have to fill out one of those if you think someone's coming in with cash that they have obtained illegally. And you don't have to know it for sure. You just have to suspect it. You're supposed to fill that out, and you're supposed to definitely fill out the CTR, the cash transaction report, if they're buying it or cashing out for more than 10000 But what if you know that the player would never want to fill one of those out, and if you demand that of him, he's just going to leave? He'll just take his money back and leave. And then everybody loses their whale, and the regulars are going to be pissed, and you're, the game is not going to go anymore, and no one's going to be happy. No one's going to be happy that you're the one who chased away the the whale with literally money to burn. So you cut corners. You say, ah, who's going to watch? Who's going to know? Who's going to report this? I mean, everybody's happy. Who's going to see exactly what we're doing and not doing with this guy? He's not going to report us. So fine, let him let him buy in for 30000 40000 50000 We're not, not going to say anything. Everyone's just going to be happy they win his money. Even if they don't win his money, they'll be happy that he'll be back next week. So you keep quiet. Figure that everyone's going to be happy. It's better for everyone. And then one day the Fed show up. <laughs> one day the Fed show up and they close down the card room, at least temporarily. They search your records. They question people. And you, as an employee of the card room who enables this, especially if you're in management there and knew about it, you might be facing jail time. Well, that is what appears to have happened at the bike. And not for the first time, right? Yeah. 
They've, they've, the bike has a checkered history. Some people think, oh, the bike, it's such a venerable place. I can't believe they got busted. No, they've, there's been all kinds of problems, including when it was briefly owned by the federal government. You know, the bike yeah. was owned by the federal government. And even then, there, was, uh, there were allegations of, of, of mismanagement and fraud. So it, it's not currently owned by the government, but they've had a lot of problems over the years. Nothing super recently. But they've had a lot of problems over the years since they opened in the 1980s. I'll tell you, Druff, I mean, that's the thing. I've, I've had a decent bit of experience with companies in the gambling industry. And I've always thought that, that just there's a lot of incompetence there, right? And I've just seen it because I've also worked in other sectors. And it's just some of the things that go on in the, in the casino industry are just amazing. Oh yeah, and I and I always chalked it up to well, you know they're they're one of the few that get a license, so they're basically printing money, and they just don't have to be that good, right? They don't yeah. have to be that on the ball because they they just don't have any competition, right? And I think that still may be the case to some extent, but now I'm starting to wonder, you know, if if some of this isn't incompetence, but some of it is actually that you know they're engaged in illegal shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good theory. So, anyway, there's there's another casino busted for this recently in L.A. The Normandy Casino, and in uh, 2015 they had the same thing going on. And Normandy is much smaller than the Bicycle. The bicycle is the second largest card room in L.A., and I believe someone can correct me if I'm wrong that those are also the two biggest live card rooms that run year round in the world. I'm not talking about compared to like the World Series of Poker where you have know, got that many, you know, tournament hundreds of tournament tables and a lot of cash tables. Well, wasn't there another one that was just revamped there, like Hawaiian Gardens, or? Yeah, but it's not. I, I believe the bike still is, not as big. I still, huh? I still believe the bike is second behind Commerce. Huh. But anyway, uh, the bike is a very large card room. Normandy's a small one. Normandy got in trouble. They just paid a large fine in uh, 2016 over activities in 2015 and maybe before that involving certain high-stakes players, not even that many, but a small number of high-stakes players that were laundering money through there. Um, and some of this... I, I mean, I, I see that all the time, Druff. I mean, I, I told you about a story, a local story. There's a huge fish in our games up here, and he, he's now indicted for bilking money from you know some company that he used to own or something like that. There's just an amazing amount of fraudulent money that comes to the poker table. Right, it, you know? it does. And then Caesar's Palace has even been in trouble, not involving poker, but involving their casino, where they were allowing certain whales to just dodge the cash transaction reports because they wanted their action. So this has been a, a long-time problem with casinos that in order not to scare away the whales that will not fill out such forms and will just leave rather than do that, they want their action, and they look the other way and keep them. And then eventually the feds get wind of it and come down hard on them. And uh, usually some fine is paid. Occasionally there's an arrest, but usually it's just about money. Usually they want uh, the place to pay a fine. So when this happened, there were so many conspiracy theories. This is about cheating. They had these idiots in the paper and the L.A. Times that were saying, I never win there. Now I understand it. It totally makes sense now. I can win everywhere but here. Oh, my God. These guys tilted me, Drew. (laughs) Can I, can I read you my favorite quote from yes, that article yes. I sent you? Okay, this is from uh, an article in the L.A. Times. And they were interviewing people, you know, as they were 
You, you can just imagine all these DJs queued outside the the bike and they can't get in there, right? Yeah. This one guy, <clears throat> they were interviewing these guys while they were milling around outside trying to get in and DJing their money away. So there's a guy uh, that they interviewed. He says, uh, a Pygow player who joked that he comes to the bicycle and loses every day, Taylor said that he was not surprised by the flood of police that descended on the building. Let's put it like this. Gambling is a game of luck. I consider myself a lucky person, he said, but you can never win at the bicycle. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so some people... If All these is, people that are just like, that's why I've been losing. Yeah, it's it's not that the games are rigged against me. It's that's why I'm losing. They're cheating me. Yeah, so they... <laughs> I think this made a lot of people happy, thinking, "Oh, okay. I, I should, no wonder I'm not winning. I should have been winning all this. Ah, they've been cheating me. It makes sense now." So, no, this was not about them cheating anyone. This was a money laundering thing. This, this is what has been happening to many card rooms, even casinos. Forget poker rooms, casinos around the world. It's a constant battle between the authorities, in this case, the IRS, and um, and other law enforcement bodies versus the casinos and card rooms that are enabling the whales, the big action, to dodge the cash transaction reports to launder money. That's that's what this is about. So if you had money at the bike, don't worry. If you have a box at the bike, don't worry. If you're holding bike chips, don't worry. The place isn't going under. It's not losing its license. It's You're going to be able to get your money. You don't have to panic. There's some people that panicked when this happened. Even though early reports were even talking about how it was money laundering. Like it, it didn't take a genius to put two and two together and say, okay, all these casinos and card rooms keep getting busted for money laundering, for allowing people to money launder, not, not to launder money. Not that they're money laundering themselves, the casinos and card rooms, but they're allowing others to do it through them. They're allowing the others to use them as a tool to do it and look the other way. Like They keep getting in trouble for this. The bike just got searched and closed for a day and it was confirmed that it had something to do with money laundering okay what do you think that might be like it doesn't take a genius to figure out what this is about so that's what it was about that's why they reopened so quickly basically they the the federal government just wanted to search the entire place without interference search all the records and they're okay you can reopen now we got what we want we'll we'll be in touch it's not it's not like the bicycle can get up and run so they uh, the, the bike can't get up and ride away. So they said, we'll be in touch. And I'm sure some case is going to be forthcoming or some kind of charges or some kind of demand for a large fine. Something like that will be forthcoming from the government and they'll get their piece they're looking for. They'll be told not to do this again or they get even stiffer fines or maybe lose their license and that'll be that. So as far as its effect on you as a player at the bike, it's minimal. It's it's very bad PR for them that this happened. This this isn't good that the word gets around the bike got busted and closed down by the feds for a day. People think, okay, better stay away from there. But that that's what it is. And as far as money laundering for these whales, I, the sad truth is, if you're a poker player, you actually want them in the game. As sad as it is that... Uh, You'll be winning dirty money. The bottom line is at the poker table, you want fish in the game. So, uh, 
when these people are not allowed to play, it actually makes the games worse. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying... Isn't that how Doyle made all his money? You know, like from all the, the drug dealers and yeah, all the people he, that just brought the money in? That's true. A lot of it probably did come from there. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like when you play poker, I guarantee you've won money that was dirty money. You, you may not have realized it, but you've won money that was obtained through some sort of illegal means. Sometimes very illegal means, and the person is coming there either because they want to launder the money or just because they have so much cash they think, hmm, I have a whole lot of cash. I can't just go drop it in the bank. I can't go buy a house with it with all the cash. I can't go buy an expensive car with it with all the cash. What can I do? Oh, I know. I can gamble with it. Yeah, that'll be fun. And, and hey, look, if anything I win, it becomes legitimate. So, like, even if the initial attempt isn't because they want to launder, sometimes they just think, what's a natural thing to do with a lot of cash sitting around that you shouldn't have? Right. Oh, gamble it. That's an easy thing to do. So, and also the money came to them pretty easily, you know? So they, they don't think about it the same way as someone who worked their ass off for right, it. Right, right. You know? Right, exactly. And a uh, philosopher is saying Jimmy Chagra. Is like the legendary fish drug dealer that played in all the games with Doyle and funded a whole lot of people. Yeah. So, so you you can't get on your high horse and say, oh, I don't want to win money that's uh, that that came from drugs or some other illegal means. I only want to win legitimate money. You you can't say that because if you've played poker, especially at the middle or high stakes, you have won dirty money. There's no way around it if you played enough. So, and, and there's there's often no way to know. Some people when they sit down, their entire demeanor screams criminal. But other people, they you can't discern them from just some random rich guy who's a fish. So, well, and it's also relative in terms of what you think about how legit money is or not. You know, I mean, there there's that guy that the oh God, I can't remember. He took over a pharmaceutical company or something like that, and a drug. That used to cost twenty dollars is now like two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Martin, so, Martin I mean, Shirelli, yeah. Yeah, so that guy sits down at your table. I mean, is that you know, clean money? I mean, I don't know. Well it actually is because, <laughs> yeah. it actually is because he, he didn't do anything illegal, but uh... I, well, not illegal, but that's pretty fucking immoral. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So anyway, the the bottom line is when you play poker, you you just have to Ignore where the money is coming from at the table. Not try to figure it out, even if you have an idea, and just just play. Just if there's people uh, shooting off money at the game, just be happy you're in the game. And this is going to be a fact of life that's always going to be happening at the casinos. And it actually is a little bit tough for casino staff that they're under pressure to provide good games. They're under pressure from the players to keep the fish happy. And then they know some of the fish are going to leave if they are pressured to fill out these forms that are required by law. So it's a tough decision for these people managing these card rooms. Also, keep in mind, a lot of times these people managing these card rooms get a lot of tips from regulars. And if they start scaring away the fish, the regulars are not going to tip them anymore. So there's that factor as well. So this is going to keep happening. But uh, don't panic too much when it occurs. It doesn't really involve you, is the truth. So Yeah. That's that's what happened. But you, you could say the same about lots of. I, I mean, it may be going on at a bigger scale there, but you know, drug dealer goes to a Ferrari dealership and wants to buy a fucking Ferrari. You know what I mean? Is it their responsibility? Should they feel bad about 
taking that money if they don't know if they don't know what's going on with it. No, but the, you know? it is true at the Ferrari dealership they they're unlikely to take like a large cash payment. They if they are given more than ten thousand dollars, they they do fill they do play by the book and fill out these forms. The casino industry, they they are known to bend the rules. So gotcha. That's that's the difference. So, uh, um, here's some other news. Well, all right, I'll try. I'll try another one. Let's say you're a single mother, and you decide you know you're going to be a stripper. Do you care that the money came from uh, you know drug money when they're throwing it at your titties? No, Probably even not. Even if you're not a single mother, you don't care. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't throw any money at Druff's titties because he's going to take it. Well, I'll say when people donate to the free roll, I don't ask where the money came from. I say, okay, thank you. That's true. I, whoa, hey, we that's could, a we new have, wrinkle. We, we could PFA have, could be like a, a money laundering scheme. It's true. I didn't even think about that. We could have uh, we could have money laundering here on Poker Fraud Alert. You never know. Okay, so at, unrelated to this, live at the bike. They, they've been going through some changes recently. The most notable one was when uh, Lyman, quote, stepped back after the meltdown having to do with Doug Polk. Sorry, dog puke! <laughs> so Lyman is no longer part of it. And it, it, his tweets about the bike are getting more and more, like, hostile and sarcastic. They, 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 it didn't start out like this, but now he's getting he's getting pretty obnoxious on Twitter regarding Uh-oh. that. Regarding the bike, I was surprised. It seemed it seemed to me from the way he was acting at first that there must have been some agreement or something that he doesn't do this. But but now I'm seeing a lot of things that, uh, including about this raid, he was one of the people really insisting that there had to be something wrong there beyond money laundering. So uh, anyway, live at the bike once had uh, David Tuckman and Bart Hansen, who I know are both friends of yours, and I heard of them. They they and Lyman did not get along very well. They they did at one time, but both of them had their uh, fallings out with Lyman. But now that Lyman is gone, uh, I did wonder myself as soon as I heard that Lyman left. I thought, hmm, I wonder if that Hanson kid is going to return. I wonder if uh, Tuckman will return. Well, sure enough, it has happened. They have returned, both of them, to live at the bike. And uh, Calwatt, since you know these guys better than I do, maybe you can talk about this one. What would you like me to say, Drew? I, I don't know. What, what do you want to say? Unless, unless you want me to just talk about it, because. Uh, but I'll tell you what. You you talk about it, and I'll I'll chime in because well, yeah, yes, I do know both of these guys, right? Um, but obviously, I don't want to say anything that I shouldn't say. Okay, I understand. So it's you know. it'll better to let the ignorant person talk, so this way he can't reveal anything. Well, so. this also makes me look smarter because you can say something, and I can say no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not, that's not what happened. Bro. So. Yeah, so I it was announced they're coming back, and uh, you know both of them were were very well liked commentators on Live at the Bike for different reasons. Yeah, I mean Tuckman does the World Series; he yeah. does the live streams. So yeah. He's he's good. So so you know Tuckman very good uh, commentator on the action. Uh, Bart Hansen you know, very good from the strategy standpoint. So so people liked their participation on Live at the Bike. And uh, so it's not it's not surprising that they would be rehired, especially with, you know, with Lyman gone. Uh, a major obstacle to them returning before is now. Yeah, that would not have happened. Yeah. So, you know, you have people who don't get along at all 
you, you can't really fake that. It'll spill over into the broadcast. So that uh, would have prevented that. But now that Lyman's gone... That no, it just it just wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Look, I'm just telling you, it would not have okay, happened. Okay, it just also wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, no way. So, anyway, uh, the two of them have returned, and I think that even is more indication that Lyman is not expected to ever come back there. Cause I think that's the expectation. That's that's pretty much the nail in the coffin for uh, for Lyman's existence. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, my my understanding of it is just that uh, you know they uh, they're looking looking for ways to improve their show, and they reached out to Tuckman uh, and they reached out to Bart to get back on there. And both of those guys were, I mean, they basically started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I know and, and it's actually pretty amazing, like. Live at the Bike, back when it actually first started, was incredibly avant-garde. Like, I realize, you know, now we look at it these days, and it's like streaming this, streaming that. You got a kid in his underwear streaming, playing, you know, Counter-Strike or whatever. But back when Live at the Bike actually started stream, streaming on the Internet, like, literally nobody was doing that with yeah, I anything. Know. I know. And when I appeared on it, it was even like that. And I remember... When I went down there, and it, it was a bit of a drive, but I, when I went down there, I thought, "Oh, this is cool. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get to play poker on on the internet, and people see the whole cards and be commentators. It's like it's like playing on a televised final table, except it's a, it's like this is an internet cash game. And you're right; at the time, that was the only one of its kind. Well, and not just poker; like it just wasn't that common back then for anything to be streamed. Yeah, yeah, you know. I don't even know if the porn streams were going back then. It was just I'm no, I'm being serious. Like no, that, it, it was that's a, been, that's been a pretty avant-garde thing for someone to be streaming something like that on the internet. Um and I I think it probably could have been a lot bigger than it was, but there you know, due to a variety of factors it didn't end up happening, but it's that that show has been around for a long time and Tuckman and Bart, I mean, they they started the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I remember they, I, I remember uh, before I had uh ever talked to either of them personally. I remember I had heard of the two of them involved with right. this. So, yeah, that's, so they're coming back. And in my opinion, this, this brings a more uh, professional demeanor to the show. Where, uh, <laughs> What do you mean, Trump? <laughs> <where Ly> <laughs> Whatever did, do you mean, Lyman sir? didn't exactly bring that. When you, when you have Lyman as part of anything, you don't really think of anything that's... Uh, very professionally done. You don't think of something that's. Uh, it was even. It just seemed to me like a strange match in the first place with Lyman. I mentioned this before. A strange match with a large company like the bike, and someone like well, Lyman, who's a loose cannon. And well, remember, it wasn't the bike. It was. It was Joker Gaming. Yeah, I know it's Joker Gaming. Technically, that was uh, contracting with him. But so it, the average person sees it as representing the bike. Very and, true. And 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 still, even with the live of the bike brand, it just Lyman's demeanor seemed like someone who'd be. It seems like something more appropriate for an individual who's running some kind of live stream. There, he can be as crazy or outrageous or as obnoxious or as loud as he wants. But when you're representing uh, a company in some way, especially a large company, uh, there you you have to tone yourself down. There, in, unless right. unless the whole point of what they're putting out, it's not like a shock jock or something where, you know, yes, he's working for a large company, but the whole point is to be shocking and outrageous. The, Live at the Bike wasn't meant for that. It was never meant for that. So that's what it put off a lot of people. He, he did have some fans who enjoyed that format, who, who enjoyed his, his uh, zaniness and loudness and obnoxiousness, but there were many others who found it to be 
unwatchable for that reason. So I, it seems like they're going back toward you know, back to what they originally became known for. And uh, they're returning to their roots is what it looks like to me. So Sounds reasonable. To me, that uh, looks like a good decision. And especially, you know, since Lyman's gone either way, it's not like they fired Lyman to hire these guys. Lyman was told to step back, and that was that, whether, you know, regardless of who's going to replace him. And that now they had to replace him. There had to be additions to the show. And so they said, okay, well, let's go with what worked in the past. So Yeah, and, and remember, it's not just... Um... You know, Tuckman and, and Bart that left the show at, at various times. Um, and, and you mentioned last time we talked about it that you didn't know uh, who this person was, but there was a, a woman named Lizette who basically ran everything in terms of organizing um, the shows and getting people on and all that stuff. And she left. Um, and then also Nicole, um, who I think you're familiar with, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was on the show and ended up leaving relatively recently too. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of a reset for live of the bike and, uh, provided the bike doesn't keep getting shut down for money laundering, then it may, uh, and, uh, Druff, we got a, a message from, uh, S double. Yeah. Uh, he says, don't forget that the Maryland live poker room has money laundering going on. Oh yeah. He texted that to me. I just saw that text. Yeah. yeah that he said that they have money laundering going on at like every fucking table is what he said. Yeah, so, I wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I wouldn't surprise me either. None of these would surprise me. It, it really I, at commerce. I've played in so many games where people have shown up to the table and go, "Oh, this is the total money laundering thing." Like I, I instantly think that with some of the certain people that sit down, not not the regulars, not the pros there, but uh, certain people that sit in the game. Like you just know they didn't make this money from a, a hard day's work or from running a small business or something, or, or even from inheriting it. Like, you, you know that they obtained this money illegally and that... Uh, they're, they're not a CPA that saved every penny? No, no. <laughs> so, anyway, um, one other interesting side effect of this uh, bust that occurred, or the, it's not quite a bust yet, but the search that occurred that required it to shut down for 24 hours, the raid. This is being theorized in a an article on Card Player, and I, I think it actually has a point that uh, in California there's been a long-running battle between poker stars and non-poker stars as far as who will be licensed to serve legalized online poker in the state. And certain casinos and Indian tribes are associated with PokerStars, and they would be running the PokerStars software, and PokerStars would be managing the rooms. And then other certain casinos and Indian tribes are associated with other companies that would be competing with PokerStars. And you're going to tie this into the bike somehow. Yes. So. All right. The big thing that has been keeping online poker from becoming legalized in California has been what's known as the bad actor clause. We've discussed this before. It's basically the other tribes that are not going to be running poker stars are saying, hey, poker stars broke the law for so many years after the passage of the UIGEA in 2006. They were offering real money games to U.S. residents, including California residents, until Black Friday, four and a half years later. So why should they be allowed to get a license in California, especially because they had a big competitive advantage, both in in, in, uh, in 
money to develop their software, in brand recognition, in, in a lot of areas. They have a big head start thanks to doing something illegal. They should not get a license to operate legally in our state and compete with us. It's a good argument. Uh, the, the argument back from Poker Stars is basically we already paid for this. We we already uh, made it right. We we gave the federal government seven hundred fifty million dollars in part to pay back everyone that got their money stolen from full tilt, which we had nothing to do with. So we've already paid our price. We've paid the piper. We're now operating legally, and we're the current owners of Poker Stars are not the same owners that that did the illegal stuff. The the company was sold from the Scheinbergs to Amaya who had nothing to do with operating uh, these particular sites. Now, Maya has its own uh, shady history, but so those are the arguments that they, they're making, PokerStars is making. They're also saying, look, we already got licensed in New Jersey and everything's going fine. So what's the problem here? So they've been battling and battling and battling with no end. And there's, there's various compromises being proposed, like maybe PokerStars will sit out the first 18 months of the market, but PokerStars is saying no. PokerStars says, look, we want to be playing on a full level playing field. We want to start at the same time everyone else starts. We're not budging on this. So this has been an ongoing problem with no solution in sight. And until this gets solved, these online poker bills just never pass because this is always where it gets stuck. They always get very close and then they fail at this point. So what does this have to do with the bike situation? It is feared that this raid on the bike, which is associated with PokerStars, the bike will have its own online poker room if online poker is legalized in California, and they will be running PokerStars. The bike poker room online will be PokerStars. It won't just be the bike. It'll be several others, including Commerce, Hawaiian Gardens, and um, Morongo, San Manuel, and... uh, United Auburn Indian uh, casinos, these will all be associated with poker stars. So it is being theorized now that now that the bike has gotten in hot water for their own allegations against them of wrongdoing, that opponents of poker stars can say, hey, look at this. Not only is PokerStars shady, not only was PokerStars breaking the law, but look, one of the one of the uh, card rooms that wants to run them, they're lawbreakers too. They just got raided and shut down. This is even more reason not to let them in the market because look where they're associating with. Look, It's like criminals flocking together. So I'm not saying these are good arguments, but this can make it even more difficult now for PokerStars to get in the market. Now, also something that hasn't really been discussed much, is the fact that PokerStars is starting to sour on the whole idea of making an effort to get legalized in California. They, they're they getting close to giving up. PokerStars would, would not have a casino in California. They would only have a poker room because California is not considering legalizing casino gambling, only poker. Well, if you look at how the poker rooms have done in the legalized markets, they've been a huge failure. I know for a fact that WorldSeriesOfPoker.com was losing money, at least in its first few years. I can't imagine it changed, but I, I know for a fact that they were losing money in their first few years. Um, other ones like Ultimate Poker actually shut down. Other ones like uh, this one associated with the South Point never even got going. Real gaming, whatever they were called. They started but never even got any players. There's the New Jersey ones, which... 
again, have sad poker traffic and are losing money on the poker part, but are making money on the casino part. The casino what about part, the seals with club thing? Well, they have a very low operating cost, so they uh, that's why they can make money. But uh, they, you think? I mean, I wonder. Oh yeah, they. You know, heard... Bitcoin has been implicated in money laundering schemes. <laughs> no, what, you know? what, are you, what are you saying though? I'm saying this: is it possible that similar things were going on there? Oh, um, it possible. I mean, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things could have been going on there. Is that is that still a thing as a site? It's it's uh, yeah the second seals is still up yeah I don't huh. I don't think it does that great but it's it's still up I mean it, it runs there's there's games running there it's not very big but it runs so a- anyway uh, Poker Stars has been noticeably uh, absent from their efforts in lobbying in California there's been much less of a Poker Stars presence in uh, in Sacramento, the capital of California, lately. They, at, at one point, were really making a push. I remember Negranu, I think it was two World Series ago, he he was talking to me about how he had just gone to Sacramento to help lobby for legalized online poker in the state and to include poker stars. Like, they brought him out there for it. But this year... Poker Stars has been pretty quiet. They they haven't been putting a lot of effort into the whole California legalization thing, and uh, they're not quite giving up yet. But someone who was analyzing this said it wouldn't be a shock if they heard that Poker Stars was not e- was not even seeking a license in California anymore. And the reason for this is because online poker, legalized online poker in the U.S., has been a failure. It hasn't been making money. The legalized online casinos, like the ones in New Jersey that are also associated with the poker rooms, those are making money, but the poker part of it has been a loser. Not many people playing. The overhead has been much higher than the revenue. So these uh, poker stars is looking at this going, okay, California is a much bigger deal. It's a much bigger state, 37 million people. Maybe maybe it can be viable, but with every passing day, poker becomes less relevant. And... We're, we're just... That's what I was going to say, Druff, is I, I just get the feeling from all of this that by the time it is ever legalized, like, just no one's going to give a fuck. Right, and that's what poker, That's what Amaya's thinking. Amaya seems to be thinking, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be putting so much effort into this if it's going to be a fail site anyway. <laughs> maybe this is a waste of our time, money, and effort. Maybe we should just give up. Like, if yeah, sure, if we could get licensed today, great, but we're, we're not going to put a lot of effort. You know, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like... Think of, like, you know some hot girl that you really want to date. And you, you really, really want to date her badly. And you put a lot of effort into it. A lot of effort into impressing her. Then you start to find out some things about her that you don't You find like out that anyway. the whole football team fucked her. You yeah. find out she's got VD, <laughs> you know. You find out that, she, you know, when she's uh, in private, she's really bitchy to whatever guy she's with. You're like, you know, look. You, you find uh, out that she's got, you know, She's got drapes for me curtains. Right. You know? So 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 at that point you think, okay, you know, she comes up to me and says, hey, you know, let, let's, you know, come back to my place and have sex. Sure, but I'm not going to put any effort into it anymore. I, that, that's kind of like the way poker stars might be treating California at this point. So now that this bike thing has happened, it, it may mean nothing. But if this is yet another thing to put on the pile against poker stars, even though poker stars had nothing to do with it, 
they might just further say, okay, this is getting too tough. This, this, this is just too much for us. F it. We're gone. So I think we'll find out fairly soon if PokerStars is going to continue its push for a license or if they're going to finally just throw up their hands and give up and say, all right, screw it. Are you other companies? You want to have California? Have California. So we'll see. Uh, personally, I, I don't I don't care that much. I don't think it's Poker Stars being there as opposed to other sites is going to make that much of a difference as to whether California Online Poker is successful. I think what will make California Online Poker successful or not would more have to do with the ease of use, you know, ease of getting money on there, getting money off of there. Uh, geolocation, like anything that makes it really difficult for fish to play on there is going to make it a failure. That's the biggest factor. And then the second biggest factor is is marketing, how much do they spend to let people know about it. But I, I don't think the operation standpoint is is the software good, is the customer service good. I mean, that that stuff is moderately important, but and it's very important to me as a player, but I don't think to the success of these rooms in California it's that important. Here's a text from the 505 I was dealing craps, and this guy buys in for 400, three large bills, and an assortment of wrinkled 20s and $1 bills, bets 50 making min bets, leaves with 350, comes back 15 minutes later with another assortment of wrinkled bills, bets small, then leaves. Uh, I I joked with my pit boss, he was money laundering, looked like a dealer for sure. But what's he, if he's a drug dealer, why would he have $1 bills? I don't get that. Is Is he a drug dealer and a stripper on the side? The wrinkled, the wrinkled one dollar bills. You know what you think of when you hear that. Oh, well, maybe he's just selling nickel bags or something. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I see what he's saying though, that the guy like uh, just le- like leaves and comes back with with suddenly more you know crumpled up money. That's kind of well, weird. maybe he just gave some dude a blowjob in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, or something. Maybe that is what he did. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that that goes on. Yeah, maybe yeah. he maybe he blew somebody and then then like he he's losing his money. He's like, oh crap! And he texts the guy, "Hey, you uh, these bills are kind of sticky." Hey, you want to come back to the bathroom again? I, I kind of need another 400. <laughs> I need another buy-in. <laughs> need another buy-in. Come back. Are you off property yet? Are you still on property? You imagine, you imagine you stack the guy, and you, you go to rake the chips over, and they're like cement because they're stuck together with his, the jizz. You know? Oh, man. You go, this is the pot I wish I lost. Oh, yeah. This is not good. Okay. So the winning poker network was hit with a – DDoS attack, and unlike most DDoS attacks where you just lose connection to the site and then you go, what's going on? And at first you get paranoid that it's just your connection and you you picture your stack blinding down while everybody else is happily playing and then eventually you find out from others that nobody can connect. And then you put two and two together as a DDoS attack and then you get uh, notification from the site that they had one. For some reason, the winning poker network has been a very frequent target of these attacks. It seems to be happening to them a lot, going back years. I don't know why everyone loves attacking them. Maybe they are uh, more vulnerable to it. That's, I guarantee you that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but uh, they get hit all the time. So this is what popped up, and I actually have a screenshot of this. And if you want to see it, I don't just have it. The, the Poker Fraud Alert has it posted. If you, if you go to the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum on Poker Fraud Alert, and you want to follow along here... Go to the thread Black Chip Poker DDoS Attack, because Black Chip Poker is one of the skins of the Winning Poker Network. And uh, a longtime member named Hutmaster, Hutmaster is, uh, he goes way back to the Neverwin Poker days. 
I think he's only met one person on the entire site in person. I think it was Judonk he met. But uh, uh, everybody else. Yeah, uh, he met the ambassador. Yeah, but Hutmaster runs a pizza place. He, he used to work for Pizza Hut. <laughs> Hopefully not the guy you just called. <laughs> he used to work for uh, Pizza Hut in the corporate or something, and now he runs his own pizza place in a uh, small town in Central California. I know which town it is. I, I don't know what specifically... Which one is his place? There's like, in that town, there's like five places. And I sometimes pass through there. I sometimes think I should just stop at a random one and hope I run into Hutmaster. But anyway, Hutmaster, uh, he, he plays poker recreationally. And he's been playing on Black Chip. And he's been playing tournaments on there. So he had this... Happened. He, he he wrote was I was playing a tournament last night on black chip poker and a message popped up saying the tournament was paused by the site. Ten minutes later, it said that they were experiencing DDoS attacks aimed at their server and that the tournament was canceled. Immediately after that, I got a pop up saying my computer was infected by the Zeus virus and I had to call some uh, some eight hundred number to get it removed or my hard drive would be erased. An anti-malware program easily removed it, just an FYI. So this, this is what's known as ransomware. And by the way, some of ransomware is, is not real. I think this ransomware was, was probably all bark and no bike. But um, I, I had to look up the Zeus virus if it really has the capability to erase your hard drive or if it's just something it says to uh, get you to call that number. But ransomware is, is basically where your, your computer gets some sort of virus where you're given a number to call and pay them some sort of ransom for them to remove it, or otherwise they destroy the contents of your hard drive. And it's effective because people have important information on their computer, which if they lose would be a disaster. So if a place is demanding $100, $200 to get it back, it's well worth paying that rather than have your computer uh, wiped by the ransomware. In in some cases, the ransomware is just a... uh, No one really has any power externally to do that. It's just a message that'll keep popping up and scare people. But uh, these are typically run out of Russia or other foreign countries. They do have like an 800 number, but it's just something they... Some of it's real too, Druff. No, I know. Yeah, some of it is real where it really can happen. There were a lot of hotels that have been attacked. Um, and what they do is they basically hold the, the hotel hostage and they do things like, right, right. You know, like, you know, like I was talking about a while ago about the guy couldn't make a key for me. Well, they, they basically lock out the hotel employees from the system until, uh, uh, until they pay them the money. Yeah. That makes more sense. The, um, the ones that are aimed at businesses, the ones that are aimed at individuals, it's hard to believe like for like a hundred dollars from the individual that they're going to, uh, have somebody there that's, uh. Actually, yeah, because they don't know if you it. actually have anything that's worth any decent amount of money, but a business, sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. So so anyway, this is really weird that ransomware popped up on Hutmaster's computer. He said immediately, I don't know how quickly immediately was, but probably like really fast, uh, right after the tournament was canceled and he got the pop-up saying that there, the DDoS was occurring. So let me read you what the pop-up says. I don't have a screenshot of the ransomware, but... The pop-up says, unfortunately, we have been receiving DDoS attacks directly to our servers. 
for the time being, our gameplay will be limited to jackpots and sit-and-go 2.0s. We are sorry for the inconvenience. Tournament is suspended by the host. What's... I guess they're so used to getting DDoS that they have this message ready. <laughs> Usually, as, as I said, when a site gets DDoS, they it just the tournament stops, and then they, they just cancel it, and you get an email later. Here they actually had a pop-up ready about it being DDoS. But putting that aside... How does how does it turn from that to ransomware on the player's computers? And the reason this is weird is that these DDoS attacks, these are not attacks against your computer as a player. These are attacks against the server that's running the winning poker network. And when the server is bogged down by the DDoS attacks, then it can't run the poker games, and then they have to pause or shut down the tournament. Okay, So the players are not in any danger. The players' computers are not vulnerable. The players' computers are not compromised. But Hutmaster claims that the Zeus virus definitely appeared on his computer immediately after that. So either it was a coincidence that the Zeus virus happened to pop up around that time. Maybe he was browsing a porn site at the same time. It's possible he was doing something in the background that could have caused this to also occur, and it was just a coincidence they happened at the same time. If it wasn't, though, then what this means is that hackers had hijacked the update process of these sites. You know, when you go onto the the, the software, sometimes it'll auto-update and load a new version of the software. So if hackers could hijack the update process, they could actually push an update to you that will also install the virus. And... I hadn't ever heard of this happening before with a poker site, but I, I guess it is possible that this happened. And if it is, that's very disturbing that outsiders have a way to push any software they want to your computer through the poker site. So I haven't heard yet of anyone else who's been hit with the Zeus virus, so I wouldn't panic just yet. It is possible that you know Hutmaster was uh, browsing uh, deviant porn while while playing this uh, black chip tournament in the back of his pizza place. It's very possible that's what was going on, and he just had two things happen within minutes of one another. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about the, the software that they're using, but yeah, I mean, the scenario that you laid out is certainly plausible. Yeah. That the update process was poisoned, but I, 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 if that actually happened, I would think that we would have a pretty big story on our hands and that there would be a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, that's that's what I was asking. Is there anyone else who had this occur? And so far I have not had an answer to that. Yeah, I, again, as you said, I think we'd be hearing this everywhere. If like everybody playing on the winning poker network is a fairly big U.S.-facing network. If everybody got the Zeus virus at the same time, I think that would be a big story. So. Yeah, it, it it may have just been a coincidence. And you may say, oh, come on, what's the coincidence that the Zeus virus pops up you know, moments after this happened? Well, sometimes things really do just happen that would seem to be associated that have nothing to do with one another. Now, this is not related to any viruses, but I remember many years ago I was playing on PokerStars. And um, th- there was a player on there who at the time really hated me. He doesn't hate me anymore. We, we actually, like I see him now, we, we have no problem with each other. But but this guy you, know, you should hear what he says about you behind your back. <laughs> well, we were talking we were talking a lot of trash on the site back and forth, and and not just like playful trash like we were really being nasty to one another on there. So I I get kings in limit hold'em. We're playing hundred two hundred limit hold'em. I cap it pre flop, 
um, the flop comes ace something something, I bet he raises, and I time out. Now, you may say, okay, well, that's, that's the same as me folding. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, back then, a timeout on Poker Stars just runs the rest of the board out without you having to put any more money in. So people used to abuse the timeout all the time, like when they had a flush draw and didn't want to have to call a lot of bets. That's brutal. <laughs> they, they would just pull the plug on their internet <laughs> connection, and then you'd have to complain to Poker Stars about it, and you know, they'd look at, to, look at it and decide if this was uh, accidental or whatever. So anyway, with these kings, first me and him had been going really nasty back and forth like minutes before this, then I'm dealt kings. I cap it pre-flop. I bet into him on the flop. He raises me with the ace on the board, and I time out, and the board runs out, and he has ace something, and I lose. Well, I, I so I put then my connection comes back like a, like thirty seconds later. Totally legitimate. I didn't pull the plug. It really died at that moment. So he went off. He's like. He's like, you know, I thought you were a fucking asshole, but I never thought you were a cheater, man. This is, you know, he, he just really kept going on about how he, you know, this is low. He, he never knew I was a cheater, too. And, and other people there were going off about it, too. And I kept insisting this was, I know what it looks like. I know what this appears like, but I didn't do it. I didn't pull the plug. I'm telling you, I didn't pull the No one believed me, the, especially because it was against him, of all people. That uh, So it wasn't just that at the moment someone raised me when I had uh, kings with an ace on the board that I lose connection. But get to see that you know, but get to see it all the way through for no more money. Uh, I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> but, but it was against him, a guy that you know that we were. You, you had know, kings. Uh, you you capped it pre-flop, and then an ace flops, and then you time out again against someone that I hate and hates me. Yeah, I don't know. So it it all, but but it was a pure coincidence that it was just perfect timing to make me look the worst. So I I just stopped arguing about it. I I told them it, this was an accident. I know what it looks like. I understand why they think this, but it's not true. Nobody believes. I know me. what it looks like, honey. But I slipped and my dick just fell right into her. <laughs> that's what it was like. So, <laughs> so that's I had to just I just stopped arguing. I knew I couldn't convince anyone. So sometimes there are these coincidences that just happen moments apart, which have absolutely nothing to do with one another. Much like in Las Vegas, where there was a there were reports of shots fired in a Bellagio robbery, and then the very next day, there are shots fired again on the Strip, this time real shots fired, not just reports that weren't true, but then there actually are real shots fired on the Strip and someone's murdered the next day. Nothing to do with one another. This rarely happens on the Strip, yet we had two crimes back-to-back involving one a report of shots fired, the other one actual shots fired and someone's killed. So... Sometimes you just get these coincidences. I, if I had to guess right now, I would say that this Zeus virus did not have to do with the update process or with uh, Black Chip Poker or the Winning Poker Network whatsoever, but I, it's also possible it did. So, Do you remember the uh, <clears throat> back in the day, probably yeah, more than a decade ago, the uh, Sony Rootkit deal that happened where... Sony was distributing some CDs, and there ended up being a rootkit on there. So people would insert these CDs, and someone could just take over their computer. Mm. You remember that? I don't. It was a big deal. Like if you, after the show or something, sometime you Google it. Sony rootkit, but basically that's exactly what happened: is someone slipped something into their production process, wow. and then Sony just pumped out it's millions of these things. And people all over the place were sticking them in their computer, and away they went. Interesting, interesting. I I, I will look. So about that, that that type of attack vector is 
I mean, it makes complete sense, right? You're gonna you're gonna hijack some kind of a distribution chain, you know? Yeah, I I've had to deal with a rootkit only once. It was actually not even on my computer. My my dad said his computer was running so slow and it was bogged down so much. Oh man! Was, so was, now you got to deal with the fact that you know your dad is going to porn sites. <laughs> so he was. He had me come over and look, and I spent a while there, and I'm like, you know what? I see what you're talking about, how sluggish it is, how slow it is, but I, I've checked everything. I'm not seeing anything, any processes running that shouldn't be. Uh, everything looked okay to me. And then I, I, I decided, you know, I better check the Internet connections. I, I, I better see. You better check his browser history. <laughs> so I checked, and I saw so many outgoing connections from his computer. I'm like, oh, no. And then I saw it turned out it was a very nasty rootkit that hides really, really well. And uh, so, I fortunately was able to find a way to get rid of it, but it was uh, it was a tough one. It took a long time, but uh, those rootkits can be nasty. By the way, I got a message here from the female listener we discussed earlier. She messaged me about an hour ago and said, "I'm listening. We'll call shortly." Was tied up. You think she means figuratively or literally? Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. If she's into it, maybe. So I, I said, uh, okay, call in soon. Just now I saw it. And she said, I will. We're having a massive blizzard driving. You think I should just demand she calls in now? Just, just I don't care. Call now. I don't, no, I don't care. man. Put your life in danger. Well, first of all, where is there a blizzard right now? Um, That's a good question. Can we geolocate her by we, we figuring, might. Where, so, figuring there, out where there's a blizzard? You know what, though? Um. I don't even know where she lives, but I know in, in I don't think she lives in California, but I know California, the West is actually getting storms today and tomorrow and Saturday, which are actually going to have snow in the mountains. It's going to be uh, like like thunderstorm type stuff. So she's saying she's in uh, Cleveland, which hopefully I wasn't supposed to keep private. But uh, there's a blizzard in Cleveland, I, I guess. God, I hope not. That means it's coming here soon. <laughs> it is depressing if you live in an area where you think you know, you've been dealing with these tough winters every year, and then you think you're out of the woods in April, and then you've got to deal with a, bl- a blizzard in April. That sucks. Son of a bitch. That sucks. Spring storm brings great lakes, east snow, and wind. What the fuck? You know, there's 80-mile-per-hour wind. Not there is, but there were 80-mile-per-hour winds in Vegas last week. That's what nearly knocked my fucking house down. Yeah, people in Vegas said they've never seen anything like this before. Brandon even messaged me as it was going on, saying he can't believe this. And the wind's gonna be brutal in Vegas. I in in 2016, I was with Benjamin and his mom here in late in mid March, and it was not 80 mile per hour winds, but they were very very strong winds, and it almost like traumatized Benjamin. He actually said like, uh, "I don't want to go back to Las Vegas. It's too windy there." Like he was. If, just walking from like a parking lot to a restaurant, he was traumatized by how heavy the winds were. So I, I can imagine what the eighty mile per hour winds here were like. And uh, I was... got a message from somebody in Toronto saying that there's a blizzard in Toronto, mm. which is right across the the pond from me. That means, ah, oh, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> and I did verify there there is snow going on right now in Cleveland. Okay, so the story checks lying. out. She's not lying. Okay, well. Um, I, I hope she ends up safe. I hope that 
It would suck if if one of our few female listeners dies while attempting to drive to get home to call into the show. Why would you go there? Come on, I, man. Just, she's, uh, she's just driving in a storm. She's not going to die. I'm just saying it would, <laughs> it would be depressing if uh, we already had one death in Grandma Rosa. We don't want to have... Uh, if you went from having her tied up in bondage gear to dying. Well, I'd rather okay? she's tied up in bondage being... gear. At least that's... <laughs> yeah. At least that's, that's mostly safe. Yeah, as long as you've got a safe word, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and uh, hold on. Um, we have a uh, here. I, I think there's actually her calling in here. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. <laughs> well, <laughs> there goes our female listener. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so I I believed it in the beginning too. It sounded like there was a storm going on outside. <laughs> then you toyed with my emotions. <laughs> the what the even, fuck? even the chat room's kind of traumatized by this. <laughs> like, oh my god, it happened! All right. What were we talking about? Uh, DDoS stuff. I'll go to the next topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the five hundred thousand dollar gambling debt that was owed to Mark Klang, the huge degenerate that went and played a home blackjack game and was fucked up on drugs, was not in a fuck. Right I state. got a flood warning. <laughs> what the fuck? I give up. I'm I'm going to be the one going down the street in a raft, rough. Anyway, go ahead. So he was playing this home poker game and his home blackjack game. They were sure he was uh, a sure loser. He was on drugs. He was drinking. He was not in the right state of mind to be playing for those type of stakes. And somehow he just would not lose. He just kept winning. And he ran up a $500,000. He was up 500000 on them, but uh, they owed him the actual money. And they had to quit at that point because they weren't a deep-pocketed casino. These were other poker players. And we've talked about this before. World Series of Poker runner-up, John Raisner is one of them. Another one was a poker pro named Paul Zima. Also known as Get Zima. that cock out of your mouth. Also known as Zima421, who... Laughably enough, was known for a long time as the guy on 2 Plus 2 who was always bashing scammers. Just always going off bashing scammers. And then he and Raisner and everybody else involved were refusing to pay Mark Klang. And this went on for a few months, and then Klang went public about it in January of this year. We had him on this show. He went on a few other shows. Well, it turned out that Klang made the right move by going public because while they were making every effort not to pay him and to justify why they weren't paying him when dealing with it privately, once he went public, first uh, Raisner and, and one other guy, I forgot his name, they, they came to terms in some way with Mark Klang and Mark Klang tweeted that they're, they're stand-up guys and they're good guys. It was a misunderstanding. Clearly they had some kind of agreement that you know if they pay up that he'll clear their name. So that happened a while ago, which it was shortly after he appeared on this show and a few other shows. But Amazing how that happens. There was still the matter of Zima, 
who just was dodging this. And I thought Zima just wasn't going to pay. I thought, I, I think Zima owed the largest part of it. I'm not sure about it. I think he did, though. And I, I, I it just looked to me like Zima wasn't going to pay. It looked to me like he was going to be the holdout. So I've seen Zima tweeting, uh, just pre- like pretending like all this isn't happening. And like he'll say, "Hey, anyone have any Bitcoin to trade and stuff like that?" Just like like you're supposed to tra- trust him in trades now after he stiffed Mark Klang for for six figures. But say, "Oh, sure, Mark. Oh, sure, uh, Paul. Let me trade with you right now." <laughs> so, all I can think of when I hear that name is that abomination of a fucking beverage. You remember the Zima? Is that yes. still around? Uh, is that still it, a thing? I, I don't know. It was yeah, it was big in like the eighties. Yeah, it's like the stuff all the chicks would drink, and it was just horrible. It was yeah, nasty. it was supposed to be like a clear. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a an alcoholic beverage that uh, you could it's drink. soda with some yeast piss. Yeah, in it. I was gonna yeah. say it's like an alcoholic beverage you can drink if you don't like beer. It's supposed yeah. to be one that tastes better, supposedly. If you can't get a taste for beer, but anyway, Zima, I, I thought this was gonna go nowhere. I thought that it was never gonna get paid. I thought maybe there was gonna be some kind of legal action at some point. Well. Zima was tweeting this past week again about doing Bitcoin trades. So I decided to troll him a little bit. I think I've done so once before where I said, you know, instead of selling your Bitcoin, you should be sending them to Mark Klang. I find that hard to believe that you'd be trolling someone. <laughs> so, so I send that to him and then I get back a tweet and I wish I could read it to you, but it's gone now. But it was something to the effect of, and it was from Mark Klang, Actually, I haven't posted this publicly yet, but Zima and I have come to terms, and he doesn't owe me money anymore. So that was a pretty big announcement, and he did it in response to me trolling Zima. This was from Mark Klang publicly. He wasn't sending me this privately. Publicly, he was tweeting that... Did he know it wasn't public? Yes. At least I think so. He was. I'm sure he did because a lot of people were like responding in the coming days, like, uh, "Oh, great! Yeah, so good to hear that." And he wasn't deleting the tweet then. He just deleted the tweet like in the last day or two. Yeah. So, I, I've just seen a decent number of people that don't really understand how this works. I saw I, I, I saw a girl I knew who was having like a a conversation on Facebook that I think she thought was just like back and forth with her friend, <laughs> and and I mean. <laughs> She definitely wouldn't have been having that conversation if she knew it was in public. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think he knew this is uh, something he was discussing in public, but he just decided right. at that moment, okay, I'm now that this is brought up, now that Druff is harassing Zima about this, you know, might as well let people know. So right. he let people know. I, I don't know if Zima paid the whole thing or paid part of it. I don't know if they came to some agreement. Whatever it is, Mark Klang indicated that he was satisfied with it, and as an aside... The 2 plus 2 thread, I believe, is gone now. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy that... Yeah, let me click on this thread here, see where it goes. Oh, no, it's cl- yeah, it's closed. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's just weird. The thread exists as a uh, one post by itself. And that's it. Everything else is deleted. You got one. No, post- no, no. I, I bet you what happened is it got merged. 
No, it says because it says thread is closed and the the title's been updated to group scammed nearly five hundred thousand update resolved to original poster poster satisfaction and all the other posts are gone. The original oh, post about what happened. Zima used some poll to get that to happen. The, the original and it says reason edited as per agreement between original poster and Zima. So. Ah. So and then they deleted everything, though all the discussion. So so the original story is still there, but also edited. And then everything it's else. The, it's not the crime; it's the cover-up that yes. gets you, Druff. Everything else has been deleted. So this must have been part of the. And keep in mind, Zima was reading this from like very shortly after it was originally posted. So it wasn't like Zima hadn't heard about this for a while. He was on this, and he was browsing. He was stupidly browsing two plus two while logged in. So, so people could see he was reading the thread, and he he would not respond there, which really pissed people off because Zima was so outspoken every time a scam happened. You fucking scumbag, you asshole! How can you do so? Like he he was always the one to jump in and say that, and then when it's finally about him, he won't answer. He's reading it; you can see he's logged in, but he won't answer. So, well, that's that's like Larry Craig denouncing gay people and then taking that wide stance right. in the bathroom, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so they must have finally come to an agreement that. If he pays all or most of what's owed, I don't know what was paid, but uh, that everything will be removed from the thread and certain things will be edited in the main post. So it seems to be over. But, you know, congratulations to Mark Klang in getting all or most of this money when at some points it must have looked to him like he was never going to get a dime. But this shows the right thing to do, the right thing to do if someone rips you off is to go public, especially if the person ripping you off has a reputation to protect. And you know, first you should try to get the money out of them without resorting to that. Then if they if they won't give you the money, then start making reference that you ha- may have to do this. And then if they then tell them you're going to do this, and then if they still don't pay you, then do it because a lot of people are afraid if they out the person who ripped them off, then the chance of getting paid is even lower because you're going to get them mad. But in reality, they get shamed at that point. Then their reputation's ruined. Then they're expected to do something about it to make it right, or otherwise no one's going to ever trust them again. So that's why that's why these scammers will sometimes make it right at that point. Sometimes they just disappear. But even if they just disappear, at least you've chased them away so they don't rip off other people. So... It's always good to put the information out there, both for getting yourself paid and for protecting other people from being victimized in the same way. So uh, good for Mark Klang. I'm glad he got paid. Uh, I I heard that he is playing uh, 1020 PLO again in the, in the casino he was frequently. I think it was the Hard Rock. I think he's back at the Hard Rock playing 1020 PLO in Florida. So... If you want to play in a, an action PLO game, I think you know where to go if you're in Florida. <laughs> that's, that's my guess. So I want to talk about something that happened that uh, a pretty crazy story. Since we're gonna, we were talking about the Hard Rock in Florida, let's talk again about the Hard Rock in Florida. There was a guy whose name was Jan Flato. Jan Flato was playing a slot machine at the Hard Rock, Florida, called the Double Top Dollar Slot Machine. It's at the Seminole Hard Rock. And there was some woman he knew there. 
She wasn't a friend from outside the casino. He met her from hanging out a lot at the casino. And I've seen that happening before. Like at the RingCon, I've noticed that there's these crowds that hang out there that appear to only know each other from the casino and befriended each other through being degenerates at the casino. They also do a lot of drugs together, and there's also uh, yeah, sex for drugs going on there. But let's, let's put that aside. In this case... sounded like that was going on earlier when you were pronouncing that guy's name. <laughs> In this case... The woman he had befriended over time at the casino, her name is uh, Marina Medvedeva. That's another hard name to say. M-E-D-V-E-D-E-V-A. Medvedeva. Marina Medvedeva Navarro. Marina Medvedeva Navarro is her name. So she's Korean. (laughs) She, She was sitting with him while he was playing slots. He knew her from the casino. She wasn't. She didn't just approach him that day. You know, they'd known each other for some time, but they weren't close friends apparently. But they knew each other somewhat, and I guess they even had uh, each other's phone number and stuff like that. So he he was not doing all that hot, and he said, "All right, go ahead and uh, yeah, you press the button. Maybe when you press the button, I will have better luck." So she pressed the button to spin the slot machine. And he won. One million dollars. No, not quite that, but he won $100,000. So he was right. <laughs> he had her press the button instead of him. $100,000 jackpot right there. So he was thrilled. Until she said, well, wait a minute. I pressed the button. Shouldn't I get something? And the casino said, well, actually... Since you're the one who pressed the button, this is yours. Whoever is the one to engage the machine to play, it's their money. doesn't matter who put the money in originally. Oh, my God. That is the law, they claimed. And they said, you know, they'll check the camera. But, you know, if as far as who spun it. But I, I don't think he even disputed that. He admitted she spun it. But they said, look, you know, uh, if you admit she spun it, then it's hers. So she requested a $50,000 check and 50000 in cash. And she was afraid that he was going to attack her. So she actually had him, or she had armed security walk her out. I'm guessing they're not friends anymore. No. Well, so, so th- this is on January 31st this happened. Uh, she... you, know, you know, if that guy was any kind of, I mean, just being a decent person, like I, I would have just offered to split it to her right there, not even knowing what that rule was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so she sent him a text message. Allegedly, this is what he claimed. She sent him a text message a few weeks later, asking, "What, what, what do you think the text message asked? What do you think she would say is in the text message to him after a few weeks?" Uh, how you doing? <laughs> you're, you're close. <laughs> she asked him, "Still hate me?" <laughs> so he wrote back How could you do that to me And her reply was just I miss you Well if she misses him so much I bet if she gave uh, Some or all of the money to him That he would Be happy to see her again What the fuck So now he, Do you, you $50,000 miss me? You know <laughs> Yeah So he claimed that um, He used to live in Las Vegas And that he moved to South Florida because his 88 year old mother was sick and needed his help and uh, 
what he said to the press about this is, I want everybody to know what happened so it won't happen to them. I've played slots all over the country and never had a problem like that. Even the people handing out the money said this isn't right. Uh, he, he said what happened was uh, he was feed- he was the one feeding the cash into the double top dollar machine. It is $50 a spin on this machine. And the most you can win is $100,000. $50 a spin is pretty steep. So let me ask you a question, Drew. Let's say I'm sitting at, I don't play slots, right? So I don't really know how all this stuff works. But let's say I'm sitting at the slot machine and I put my my money in there, you know, whatever. And then some big lard ass comes like walking down and just like bumps her ass into the button (laughs) and says, oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. But she she spins it with her lard ass. Now, does that mean that it's her money? If if if, she, if you win anything, well, th- that could be seen. She'd as be like, oh, "That was my ass well, that yeah, did it." You owe well, me what, the money. What about even one that's uh, closer to this? Is what if someone just runs up from behind you and spins it without your permission? Is that yeah. their money? So now they could say maybe the law is that just whoever you know that's a different case because there's something's done without your permission. But if it's clear on the video that he allowed her to do it, then it becomes hers. Like a, it could be that is the law. I don't know what it's like over there in Florida. Or, or you're you're one of those like horrible people that you're sitting there with your kids at the slots, and the kid <laughs> just reaches out and like you know hits it because it's shiny. Does that mean it's the kid's money? Maybe. Actually, then it'd be the casino's money because they don't have to pay it. That'd be an interesting one. I, I bet you they would try to pull that too. I bet you they would. They'd be yeah, like, they, no, they, there was an invalid bet. Yeah, because the person placing the that wager right. was underage. I'm, I guarantee yeah. you, their oh, fucking sure lawyers they, right. would argue. I'm, that. I'm sure they would have done that and gotten away with it. So motherfuckers. So anyway, he said. Uh, so he's he was doing fifty dollars a spin. Uh, I guess he met up with her in the center bar, and uh, I guess they've played slots together before. And they did this in the high roller room, and then. He, he said that he told her push the button for good luck. However, the Miami Herald went to Navarro and asked her, is this true? Did you really do this to him? And she said, no, that this was her money in the machine and that uh, she actually put that money in and that when she won it, she actually gave, offered to give him a portion of it and he declined it. And then they asked her for more questions, and she declined further comment. I don't believe that for a second, because no way. If this is what happened, um, she would look. She she would just say this: I put the money in, and I spun it. Why would it be his? In fact, they can check the camera; they can see I deposited the money. She she could she would sound much more confident, and she'd be happy to comment until the cows come home about this, because uh, then there'd be no question. Not only uh, is she entitled to. Yeah, some of the money she be, she should be entitled to all of the money if it was hers and she spun it, like the, So what was he doing there? <laughs> was he the side person who was spending once in a while on her money? Like what? That totally would change the story. And the fact that she's declining further comment probably means she tried to weakly defend herself with this dumb story. And when they were asking, well, wait a minute, well then how this happened? How this? Oh, you know, I I, I don't want to answer anymore. Yeah, I don't buy it at all. They're like, wait a minute. Because it doesn't make any sense. If it was her money and she pressed the button, like, why is she offering him any? Yeah, why are you offering him any? How how come the uh, the casino staff was saying this isn't right as they're giving the money? I I don't want to talk about it. Forget it. Forget it. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm done. So so obviously she's not telling the truth here. Now, 
At the Seminole, they talked to spokesman Gary Bittner about this whole thing. He said they keep gambler information confidential and they won't comment. But, again, to kind of back uh, this guy's story, he said the casino was simply following rules created long before there was gambling in Florida. The pusher of the button is the winner of the loot. Now, they wouldn't say that if she had been the one whose money it was. He would have just said something like, uh, this isn't the way it's being portrayed in the media, but I'm, I can't comment on the actual story. That He wouldn't have said, that, well, we were just following rules. If it was her money and her button press, then that wouldn't be, well, we're just following rules. It would have been uh, the version of events being depicted here are not uh, accurate, but we can't comment further. It would have been something like that. Th- this sounds like an excuse, like, yeah, this is wrong, but we just have to do it this way. Something irks me about the whole thing, and I guess it's the whole idea of button press. You know, I mean, whatever. It's not like it's not like there's any technique or skill involved or any of that kind of thing. I mean, it's just a fucking button. I don't get it. Well, I think it's this. To uh, trigger the action or something? I mean... Yeah, I, I think that the problem is, like, let's say... Let, let's say I feed... Let, let, let's say you're in Vegas with me, or let's say forget Vegas. I don't know the rules in Vegas, but let's uh, let's say we're in Florida together at this casino. Did you fly me out on your personal jet? I didn't say. Let's say I paid for you to go to Florida together. I said okay. let's say let's say we're just there, okay? okay? And we're just sitting there, and and uh, I say, you know what? I appreciate all you've done for Poker Fraud Alert and the radio show and all the money you've lost in uh, sponsoring free rolls and Brandon's, thanks for reminding me. Brandon's, Brandon's trips out to Sonic to get watermelon slushies. I'm going to give back to you a little bit. I'm going to open up the Jew, the Jew wallet. I'm going to give you four hundred dollars. First of all, I don't believe the story. Well, no, no, this is a fantasy. Just, just it's a, from it's just a fantasy from... story. It's a fantasy story. Okay. Oh, it's a fantasy, all right. It's a big time fantasy. So, <laughs> so in this fantasy story, I, I whip out four hundred dollars and I say, "Look, I'm going to feed these four hundred dollars into the slot machine, and it's yours. And whatever happens with it, you keep. If you lose it all, then you lose it. If you win, you can keep whatever you win, including the original four hundred. So I feed $400 in, and I walk away. And you hit a jackpot. Uh, what if I were to come and say, oh, well, hold on, I'm the one who gave him this money, so therefore it should be my jackpot. Well, you'd say, well, that's not true. You gave it to me. You fed, Yes, you fed it in the machine, but you gave it to me, and you let me press, and, and you walked away, and I was running the, the money, so it should be mine. So I think most people would agree that you would be entitled to it there. So let's change this a little bit now well Drew, hold on so didn't didn't we do a story or you do a story sometime within the last year about people that were making money by going around to these slots that had abandoned money in them right and that and and they were somehow making a living or making money doing that how, how are they not entitled to that money then if they press the button well, okay, but that's illegal to take over credits that aren't yours. So, so that's well, that's the same scenario well, you're presenting. No, though, no, it's it? not like, because because here I would be saying I'm giving you the money. I'm I'm letting you do it. The, taking over credits that the reason that's illegal to to run credits that aren't yours is let's say I have to go to the bathroom real badly, but right. I, I don't. But I, I'm just too lazy to cash out. Especially because let's, let's say I have like seventy five cents less than the machine. I'm like I don't want to cash out. Explosive diarrhea. I've got explosive diarrhea. I'm just going to leave the seventy five cents. Is the pain in the ass to cash it out? I'll go. Make my diary. I'll come back. I'll run my seventy-five cents. If someone steals it, okay, I've lost seventy-five cents. Whatever. That's my attitude. When I come back here enough, someone stole my seventy-five cents. So the casino—they're trying to prevent people from just 
taking over machines that are abandoned. Because let's say it's more than seven. Let's say, let's say someone left, uh, you know, five hundred dollars in the machine. Does that mean you can just hit the cash out button and take it? No, I mean, you're, you're taking someone else's money. So that that's the whole. But, but it seems like that, that that would be the same argument if those two were sitting there and he put his money in. And she just goes and presses the button. She's she's stealing his credits, now, if, right? If he didn't let her, but if it's very clear on video that he's that you you watch him speaking to her and motioning like press it, and then she presses it, and he looks like he's fine with it, and then when they win, they like he he's all excited. Then it's not it's different than someone just reaching over and banging the button. I think if somebody just showed up behind you and hit the button without your permission, then you'd have a very strong case that they have no right to that. And in fact, uh, if they did this and lost, you'd have a right to demand they give you the money back. Because they're they're risking your money without your permission. But he definitely gave her permission to run it the same way as if I gave you four hundred dollars to go play with, and even if I inserted it and walked away. So let's change it from me walking away to let's say I inserted it, but then just kind of uh, moved over to uh, the seat next to you, and then let you just play it. Again, it could be said that I'm giving you that money at this point; it's yours. So I, I think they're doing this. I think the law exists this way to prevent. Uh, to always make it clear who has ownership of the winning. So you can't have this, well, this was actually my money that's in the machine. And and then how far does it go? Let's say the person who inserts the money uh, got the money from somebody else who said that they they gave him that to gamble, so therefore it it should be theirs. It it can keep going in this vicious cycle of of different people can claim rights to the money that was used to win these jackpots. So probably to simplify this, and I'm not saying I'm necessarily agreeing with this ruling, but or I'm agreeing with this law, but I, I see how they came to it, that they just decided whoever presses the button, it's theirs, provided that they were allowed to press the button. A gringo star, which is a great name, by the way, says the moral of the story is if you're attracting a woman by feeding 50s into a slot machine, she's a gold-digging whore and should be treated like one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tough but fair, as they would say. Yeah, and and this is another reason. Like we we saw this with Jamie Gold and Crispin Lizer in the 2006 World Series. Right. The people that you think you're friends with, that especially ones that aren't close friends, when a, a large sum of money becomes involved, and they they think that they have a way to take their part of it when it's supposed to be fifty fifty, or sometimes even you know theirs and not yours. If they they think they can get some money that you're entitled to. They'll often just take it and say, screw the friendship. And, and you'll see how quickly that friendship evaporates and how much they're, they're going to think about themselves. So, well, in that situation, my understanding was Gold was the one who was trying to, yeah, he was. Trying to keep you know, all he, the money. He right? was, yeah, It's yeah, not like was. Crispin was making a, no, 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 an outrageous no, no. claim no, after it, the fact. No, in that one, Crispin was right. And, and, and Gold proved it by leaving that stupid voicemail saying, yeah, you'll get your half. Stop bugging me. He so was, knowing that, would you go into business with Jamie Gold? No. But I'm just saying I'm saying here that um, Whenever people make friends At the casino and they think oh we're going to go in Half on this and whoever wins the jackpot We get half well unless you have that in writing In some way uh, I I wouldn't do that because If that person wins anything big You'd be amazed how quickly Their loyalty might Disappear so some people are are good people Who are not going to do that to you but others Will surprise you who seem like great people Until there's a lot of money at stake that they they can get that they really shouldn't be entitled to but might be able to maneuver to where they get it and then they'll take it. Hey, now here, here's speaking a, of loyal friends, Druff, you gotta give Trader Ruski a call. Well yeah, so so What's uh, going on guys? Yeah. 
Fredoriski. Holy Green. crap! <laughs> How long have you been there? I've been here the whole show. No, I was just calling in. Holy and, shit! Uh, look at that. Your ears were burning. Whoa. That's like one of those weird coincidences Druff was talking about before. Yep, he just popped on right now. He, he popped right up there just like a ransomware virus. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's see what else we got here. You know, we still haven't gotten a call from uh, this this female listener. So was there was there any resolution to that? Oh, like, basically, I, I, the dude is just fucked out of the money, and that's that. Is that that where we're at with that? Yeah, hold on. I, I'm getting a, a disturbing report here from this. Oh girl who's going to call she says i'm home tried to call went right to voicemail That's the yeah somebody else said that too oh, jeez uh, s s double said he tried to call and he couldn't get through let me see so i think that 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 may be right Ugh. okay she just gave me her number so we can call her there you go i'm, I'm, ch- I'm checking now the phone number works i'm seeing my own number popping up it must just I, i'm not doubting her i'm just i, I think just Sometimes the phone number isn't working well. What can I say? All right. So... Working well? Well, it's rough. <laughs> the definition of a phone number is that you can call it and someone answers. No, okay? I know. So, but, so it's know, just not working. You know what I think happens sometimes? I think maybe sometimes... Not working she, well. She, she said it went right to <laughs> it's Skype. It's not working. She said it went right to Skype. So that's... Uh, not right, right, right to voicemail directly. So I, I don't know what to say there. Okay, we're, we're going to call... I think call... that S-Double said the same thing. He was trying to call in and he said, it was, you, you're not accepting calls. Well, okay. I, so I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know how Trader stuck it. Guess he guess he just got lucky. We're ca- we're calling the girl right now. We're going to find out the story. Hello. Okay, so I, at least we're hearing a real female voice. So we now have a real female listener. Hello, and uh, I am real. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. And uh, do you want to give your first name here? You you can, you cannot, whatever you want to do. Michelle. Michelle. Okay. So, Michelle, I I first encountered her. How long ago was this? You probably remember better than me because it involved an. Yeah, incident. I, I think it's almost two years. Yeah, that's I've what had I thought a too. Pretty. Yeah horrible experience with Caesars, and you did, you helped me greatly. I mean, oh, really? I, to the extent that you could. Yeah, I, I didn't know how much uh, my advice worked, but she she was on another forum, that, which which now I also run, uh, VegasCasinoTalk.com, and uh, she was posting there, and this this whole story about uh, getting screwed over by the flamingo and I, I read the story and I, I felt bad for her, so I said, you know, like, and, and I do this, basically anyone who is, is having issues with, with Caesar's properties, which I know like the back of my hand. So I said, you know, let me see if I can help. So I had her Drug, describe. Do you swear that you have not been stalking Michelle on Facebook? No, she actually kind of appeared to me. I didn't stalk her. I, I'll tell you. If, I'll tell you how this happened. So, so anyway. Because you have a history, Drew. I, I do. But, well, no, I, I, I stalk ex-girlfriends, <laughs> not, uh, not just girls I haven't met before. So anyway. <laughs> But, so anyway, she uh, I, I attempted to help her with this whole thing, and then she kind of just vanished. She kind of uh, just – I never got resolution to what happened. She kind of just fell off, and I thought, okay, well, I did what I could. Hopefully it was effective. And uh, then I, I was – you know, I'm on this Real Grinders group that's run by Ray Davis on Facebook. and Not the same as Grinder, right? No, not, not Grinder with just an R, just Grinder with E-R. Uh- it's real grinders too. Is it just regular grinders is gay? Well, there's some real grinders on grinder. I, I know, I know, but that. but see, just grinder is gay. Real grinders is not gay. That's the way you can separate it. It's very judgmental, bro. Well, look, look. Obviously, it's not gay. We, we got a girl on this show thanks to real grinders, sort of. So I can't be the only female. 
No, no, there's some others. There's there's some others. In fact, the weirdest thing, and I, I bet she's listening either now or will be very soon. She listens every week. There, there's there's a girl who listens to the show who apparently talked to me on party lines like back in the early nineties. But, oh, but 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 had like we got like, we got to get her on for but, an but, interview. No, but the here's the weird thing is that she she found this show totally unrelated to that. It was just a coincidence because my voice is the same as it's been for the last twenty five years that she recognized my voice instantly. And when I started talking about being on party line, she's like, "That's so weird." I remember talking to this guy named Todd on you know Southern California party. Like she remembered the whole thing. That it, we, it we had, got it, to hear. It had what to be young, me. rough '90s style pickup lines were like on the party line. <laughs> so, so she listens to the show. So that's one girl listens to the show. Um, we have an old lady lis- listens to the show from Malibu, and uh, we we have a few others like like handicapped me's girlfriend listens. We have, we have a number of like girlfriends of male listeners who now listen as well and now also enjoy the show. In fact, I think C Money's wife listens to the show. So we have we have a number of like girlfriends and wives that listen. But um, I, I had no idea that Michelle. Condolences to them all. <laughs> I had no idea that Michelle listened to the show. All I remembered of her, in fact, I didn't know it was the same person until she just PM'd me on Facebook today. I, I she had mentioned on the Real Grinders group that she listened to this show, and I thought, oh, that's interesting—a female listener I hadn't heard of. But uh, then she told me who she was on the site, and I go, "Oh, I remember who that person is," and. That's uh, so. Then she said she's going to call in today. So, so the blizzard. Uh, I'm glad you got through that. Were, were you? Uh, what, what did you think of the fake car crash thing I played? Horrible. It's all right. I, I appreciate all the sound effects. Okay. Pretty funny. It's crazy here. It, it's it was 80 degrees last week, and today it's 32 and blizzarding. So I'm fine. Thank goodness I'm not your first female catastrophe. No, no. That was pretty no, has had many female catastrophes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I heard. Nice. So, so okay, uh, how long have you listened? Like, were you listening before that? I, before I got involved with that whole thing with you and Caesars, or was it after that? Right around that time, um, maybe like a little bit before, slightly before, and then habitually, and then even more in the last couple months, just because of all the all of the craziness that's been going on. There have been so many um, just situations from the, the two plus two thing that you mentioned earlier with Mark Lang. That was a, a big deal worth listening to. And the Brandy Blakely thing. And, you know, it's such a small community. So when something happens, everybody knows all the different stories and all the different players that are involved. And it's good to hear your opinion on things because I don't know. I, I feel like you're kind of inside and outside of, of what goes on. You know, you have a pretty sound opinion. You are in the inner circle enough, but keep your distance enough too to, to kind of just get the best and worst of everything. I, I appreciate your take on things. So more than listening to anything else, I do listen to fairly regularly. It's, it's good entertainment. Can oh. I say? Well, good. I well, think- you're, you're right. Druff is definitely inside and outside. He's like a tick. Oh come on! You know, you get, you know, you get your head. Even with the real grinders thing, like you know, you're you're kind of like a fly on the wall. You don't get in the middle of too much of the bullshit that goes on, but I'm sure you are aware of all of the different drama. You know, all the different things that have started to that have happened over time and have really gotten out of control in the last couple of weeks and months. Yeah, it's been well, pretty crazy. I, I like that. Though. I like what you said about the inside and outside. I'm going to use that myself. I'm going to use that to promote the show. 
I'm going to say I, I am the poker insider who's also an outsider. Jeff, you can use my analogy. You're you're the poker tick. No, see that's, that's and you get your you get your head buried in there, but your ass is sticking out. See, she comes yeah. up with something beautiful, and then <laughs> she comes up with something beautiful, and then you ruin it. You you're, you're ruining something so so nice and so poignant that she came up with. Now I'm that's what I'm here for to ruin stuff. Right? Now I now I just you know it's like those videos. Adam ruins everything. Here it's Calwat ruins everything. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, so. No, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you see it that way. And you know, I actually see myself that way. I've, I, I have never put it that way, but I've, I've explained to people many times before. They ask what this show is about, and you know, why should people should listen, or how's it different than these other poker shows? And I say, well, the difference is, I we just come on here and honestly give our opinion of what's going on. We we don't kiss anyone's ass. We don't worry about who we piss off. Uh, we we don't have any kind of bias for for sponsors or anything. We just we just put it out there what we really think. And, and we try to cover the interesting stories, and you know we we do have knowledge of these stories, but at the same time we're we're not trying to protect anyone. But that's uh, the, the way. Uh, you... Michelle, let me ask you a question because you you bring a unique female perspective to to this. Do you think uh, Druff and I are too hard on uh, on Kate Hall? <laughs> not at all. Okay. No, no. I don't think she's hard enough on herself, but oh, what she she is the the absolute definition of snowflake i hate to say it you know i shouldn't be insulting my own kind but i don't i I take issue with women that use the fact that they're female as an excuse for all the things that they can't do or you know that really push the feminism thing i can't i can't stand it we're all the same and the longer that you um allow that you point out that you're female or that you're I don't know that you're heavy that you're short that you're bald that you're any any number and of you've got long things. fingers yeah you, you, you pointy elbows it's 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 ridiculous like no, I get being what a you're female saying. shouldn't she's be a handicap she's trying to work both sides she's trying yeah, to work both sides really yeah. just be a person you know right. don't it's, it's irritating, but no, I don't think you're too hard on her at all. I don't think you guys are too hard on anybody. I think the community just in general is awful to each other regularly. You know, you see some of the, the insults that are uh, so you're saying that floating we, around. You're saying that we're awful to people, but we fit right in because uh, everybody is. <laughs> no, everybody abuses everybody. I mean, whether it's, and, and most of it's in good, a lot of it's in good fun, but right. sometimes it just goes too far. And listen, yeah. if, if somebody can't hack it or somebody can't take it, this is the wrong group and this is the wrong thing for them to be involved in. This is, not, this is not a thing for the weak-hearted at all, at all. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you about yourself here because uh, I, I didn't even understand fully what your situation was when I talked to you the first time two years ago. Uh, are you a are you a poker player? Are, are you just like a casino gambler? What What is your story? What's your connection to, to casinos and to poker? So I, I'm a lawyer by trade, oh, and about three years ago, oh, I took oh, oh, some perfect. time off. So Kate, oh. Kate Hall said she was a lawyer, right? And I, yeah. I know I've got friends of mine that are lawyers as well. Kate Hall said she was making $500,000 a year. Would you say that is typical for a lawyer? So I know the firm that she worked for, and the starting salaries. We're somewhere in the neighborhood of about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, right. 
Which sounds reasonable. And I think she was maybe three or four years in. I don't think she was making a half a million dollars, but she was doing well. I'm sure she was doing well, but I, again, I know a bunch of lawyers and obviously you probably do as well because you're in that business. I don't know anyone that is there for four years that makes half a million dollars. Well, she, she posted some kind of statement that, that had $500,000 on there, but we don't know if it's authentic or, or if there's something there that we, that was in the compensation that we're not seeing because it didn't say like just $500,000 salary. It was kind of, it was kind of broken down in a funny way, but it did add up to like 500, 4,000. So I, I don't I, know. I, it sounds a little, I doubt it unless she's highly specialized or right. a sole practitioner. There's no way, especially working for, I mean, the firm is, is a pretty big firm. There's no way that they're paying them that much. Well, no is, chance. Is it possible they would have given her a bonus? Like if there's some uh, big, case they had where they, they made a whole lot of or money. Ca- part casting of couch bonus or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bonuses though are worked in for the salary. Like it, it, it would have just been all part of the same thing. It it just it does it sounds fishy to me. Okay. So Michelle I I got I, I I'm giddy because I've actually got uh, a female here that I can talk to. So I, I had something that happened to me a while ago the uh, uh ex-girlfriend of mine from a long time ago her sister and they're both very attractive girls but her sister was working at a, a decent sized financial firm in in new york city and and uh ended up filing a, a sexual harassment lawsuit which you know fine you know was, uh, apparently it was actually happening and i fully support her in in doing that if that was the case um she won or was paid a certain amount of money continued to work there I think she was paid like $20,000 or something. She took 15000 of that um, and spent it on getting uh, breast implants. <laughs> uh, no shit. Like, I, I couldn't make this up. So what do you, I mean, my kind of take on that whole thing was that it was a very confusing mixed message from the point of view of don't treat me like a sex object. Thank you for the money. Now I'm going to go turn myself into one. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> it's hilarious and it's horrible at the same time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it For some reason, happened. all I could think of was Jacqueline Moscow when you when you said that. But well, I think I think, um, ja- I think Jacqueline Moscow's breasts are real. I have to give her credit yeah, for that. But wow. but seriously, isn't there something kind of almost deranged about doing that? I mean, yeah, it's sick. I mean, it's it's something that listen, I would probably consider doing it, but. It's twisted. It's so backwards. Okay, I mean, now, how how does she have any credibility as a person? Hold on. I, I before we continue, before we continue, like the call of the wild. All we need to do is get a new female on this show, and someone shows. Hello. Up. They they page me about some potential hot yeah. girl being on the fraud show. Exactly. Oh my god. My <laughs> I, know, I, 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 I knew he would show up. Uh, we're gonna have to roll up. up a newspaper pretty soon. Smack all the guys back. <laughs> is this stench come? <laughs> no, no, no. This is a from, from the same uh, group, but no, it's it's someone same different. group. Well, she's Baltimore. The, no, she's from the uh, the Real Grinders group, but uh, but I actually I happened to have uh, talked to her about two years ago about a Caesar's matter, and then I had no idea. Well, she was yes, listening. we should get back to that too because the story that he just 
mentioned about the the implants and my story, it all kind of is related. And I'll get into oh, it. Oh, you know, got a story really related to implants? Well, no, sexual harassment, I guess. Wait, so who may I ask is on the line? This is a girl named Michelle who is uh, apparently a uh, fairly regular listener that started listening around two years ago after I assisted her with a matter with a uh, seizure screwing her over. Hmm. And I had no idea she was listening until very recently. Like, I, I, I thought she was just kind of gone. And then I guess she's been listening. Hi, Michelle. They just paged me about you. <laughs> what? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's hear this. Well, story. hold on. Does she, do you know who this is, Michelle? Do you know who this other guy is on the phone now? I don't. Okay, that's, that's Brandon Drexel Gerson. And uh, it's like the call of the wild when uh, when a new female appears on the show, uh, like it's like a, the bat signal shows up in the sky, and then he calls her on the show. <laughs> Out of it's nowhere, he appears. Yeah, yeah. So here Hi, he Michelle. is. Hi, Michelle. Nice to meet you. Hi there. Hi there. Okay. Hi there. So, so, so oh, Michelle, you, go ahead. So, so let's let's hear that your story here. Go on. All right. So here's the story, and I you right in the middle of it and I was such a mess because I you know I was traveling on my own I was in Vegas for about a month and I didn't know what to do um long story short I there was a time I am strictly a poker player now but there was a period of time where I was playing a lot a lot of blackjack and that's when Caesars was still in Cleveland it was before it was bought out and I this is so shameful managed to acquire seven star status on my own and just decided as soon as that happened, I would, I'd go to Vegas for the month of pretty much all of May and June during the world series and just stay for about a month. And, you know, without having to really shoulder any of the expense of staying at at any Caesars property, it made a lot of sense to me. So I showed up, um, it was May of, 2015, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when we spoke. Yeah. And the first week or so that I was there, I, I was staying at Bally's, and I had a scenario. It was the craziest thing. One of the pit bosses at one of the blackjack tables swiped me in and went into my profile after he gave me back my card, took my cell phone number, and... I don't know if he wrote it down or was inconspicuous about it, but got a hold of me at some point later, kept calling me over and over and over again. And I didn't know who it was until he finally told me exactly who it was and that he took my number out of the computer and this and that. And it was completely lewd, like, you know, saying, I'm going to come to your room and, and, I can't even get into the crazy things. Well, so, 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 we'll get, let's get into it. Well, no, no, well, hold on, no, no, no. <laughs> I have all the text messages. Well, no, hold on. But before we, before we get to that, guys. though, before we get to that, so he was just making obscene phone calls out of nowhere. Like, how did it start? When he first called you, did he just, like, immediately get into the lewd stuff, or he just started talking? He started talking, and I was not, like, I wasn't letting it happen at all. I was not accepting of it. I, I was... I ignored his advances at first, um, and then and you had never more and more aggressive. Person, right? And what's that? You had never met this person. Never met him. I had no idea who he was. And I'm the type of person too. I'm pretty guarded um, when it comes to just things like that. With listen, well, it sounds perfectly reasonable. Like some some chick I don't know. 
calls me up out of nowhere, I'm not going to be interested in that either, you know? Well, oh, not only that, but, I mean, he took my information out of my profile yeah. know, after he swiped yeah. me in. It was so creepy. And, you know, he knew – there are a couple things that he knew about me. I don't know how much information is really on those profiles when they swipe you in, but he knew my age. I know my profession was in there. He clearly knew my status with Caesars. So he knew a couple things. And here I am traveling alone for the majority of the time that I'm there – spending a lot of money and so you know to him that was i guess an opportunity whatever well, i'm, I'm, I'm no brandon drexel gerson when it comes to women but even i know that uh, a uh it's not going to be a plus in a woman's book when one of your hobbies is stalking them yeah if you, if you just like <laughs> randomly pick her number out of a system and call her that's unlikely oh work. that's just so <laughs> awful in all fairness so bizarre in all fairness, Druff would probably let a male pit boss jerk off to his voice if it got him to the buffet. No. <laughs> but, listen, come on, Brandon. Brandon, you don't listen to the show. I, I'm not a buffet. I'm not a buffet person. It would have to be a, a, a better restaurant. It had to be a uh, at least one of the higher end restaurants. Not not a buffet. Come on now. Right. Not a buffet. Oh you got like two fifty of the Homestead Steakhouse. Yeah. That, that now you're talking. Now you're talking. Not the buffet though. <laughs> Drew would be like, "Hey, how, how'd you get my number?" No, oh, wait a minute, free steak dinner. Okay, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'd say, "Okay, here's my, here's my room number. You better show me the voucher first. Oh, oh yeah, no voucher, no no voucher, no nookie. <laughs> Great. Long story short, no, no, it's all right, it's all right. So the phone calls. I quickly ended them. I wouldn't answer them. And then it became text messages. And they be, they were long. I mean, extended, long, just crazy things that he would, things that he wanted to do to me. Mm. And if I didn't respond, what he would, first it was sexual, and then it was threatening. It was crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. Things that somebody that knows you extremely well would never even be comfortable saying to you. Mm. It was absolutely mm. absurd. And I didn't know what to do. So for a couple of days, I finally ended up blocking his number. I was able to figure out who it was. He was texting me from his phone, from his cell phone. I noticed it was a Vegas number, and I did a reverse number search, and I was able to deduce. I knew his first name. I put two and two together that this is who it was once I found it, basically whose number it was. I'd want to get, try to get the fucking guy fired. Yeah, I would too. Well, so that's that's kind of what happened. Good. It, it didn't go so smoothly for me. So basically, I, I kind of just let it sit with me for a couple of days, and then I decided once it stopped, he, you know, he had no way to reach me. I switched hotels. I um, checked in under like a, I had confidential, so nobody could tell. You know what hotel I'm in or what room number. Oh, assume name? You checked in under an assumed name? Yeah, you know how they'll do that well, if I, you ask them. You know what? i got to start doing that so they stop pranking my hotel room when I'm doing these, uh, these radio shows. <laughs> That's what i got to start doing. That or you can do you can just make it so, like, there's a way to do it when you sign in, at least at Caesars property. They will put you under anonymous or, like, as if you're not even there. So if somebody calls the hotel looking for you, They'll just say we don't have a guest by that name. Ah, that's that's the key here. Now, now I know how to avoid these calls. Thank you. Okay, go on. 
it's the best way to do it. So I decided after about 24 hours or so that I would go to security at Bally's and just directly report it to them that if they have a duty to more or less at least protect the people that are there visiting, you know, there's no reason they should let this type of thing go on. Yeah. So I went to security and I brought them the text messages and what went on next was just absolutely absurd. Um, they took all the messages. They interviewed me. They said, let us get back to you. We're not exactly sure how to handle this or what we want to do, but until we have all the facts, we want to make sure that, you know, what you're telling us is accurate and true and this and that. And I gave them a couple days, another like two days or so. I didn't hear back anything. I didn't care I never, I didn't want to deal with him again. I didn't care if he lost his job. I didn't care what happened to him. I, I actually, that's not true. I cared, I was hoping that they would fire him, but I wouldn't have to deal with it. You know, I didn't want to face him again. I didn't, didn't want to discuss it anymore. just wanted to know that it was handled. And I wasn't looking for anything from Caesars. It's not as if, like, any sort of, there wouldn't be any sort of monetary award or anything like that that could erase the situation. I just... I wanted to know that there was some sort of justice. Yeah. I didn't hear anything. And I started to get really agitated. So I called security and talked to the manager or the woman, whoever I was dealing with. And she said, we're still investigating. We need a couple of days more. This is after two days. So I decided to take it directly to Human Resources, which is at Caesars Palace. And I don't know, this is about four days after it happened. I met with to the human resource gentleman and explained to them the scenario. And I said, listen, I don't care what happens to this guy on a personal note, but I'm an outspoken female that can defend herself. God forbid if something happens. And that's why I'm coming to you. It's the, the young girls that countless, it could have happened to countless other girls that wouldn't speak up, that wouldn't say anything, that wouldn't defend themselves. I want to be an advocate for them. So if, Nothing else. This guy should lose his job just on those merits alone. Hell yeah. Human resources said, okay, well, we'll get with the security people and we'll continue to look into well, it. Well, did you show them the text messages? Point, did they see the text messages? I gave them everything. Hmm. And I guess at this, at this point, they're kind of concerned that, I, listen, they're absolutely... They acknowledged how wrong it was and that it should never have went on. And human resources, I don't want to mention his name, but one of the main guys in a roundabout way said that security completely and totally dropped the ball like it should have been handled immediately when I first went in there. I, I should have had to wait a couple of days for some sort of resolution. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then he looked over the text messages and his chin was on the floor. So I guess they went back and spoke to security and another two days later, and this is Todd, this is right before, or maybe right around the time that you and I spoke, I get a call from them and they said, we're handling him. He's no longer employed with the company, but you can't return to our properties. And really? I said, well, so what, what was me? You, why did you have they, to be kidding me? Yeah. Why did they claim that to happen? Because I, this was the explanation later. I made such 
a huge big deal about it by going to security and then demanding to talk to somebody in human resources and demanding resolution. I made such a big deal about it and I couldn't just let it go that it was disruptive. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is really okay. I mean, you allow no, 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 these wait, wait, to a go minute, on. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait it's a minute. Victim an employee, blaming. To me, it's an, victim blaming. An employee of Caesars goes through your personal information uses it to ra- harass you, and because you follow up on it, you're somehow at fault? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't understand that either. And, and, That's ridiculous. Uh, also, uh, when I talked to you at the time uh, two years ago, you didn't mention any of this. It was, you had a different problem going on at the time. This is new to me, what you're telling me here. Was this uh, – are you yeah, sure? Yeah, this... I was in the thick of it. I, it was one thing after another with the properties. What, mm-hmm. It was – yeah. So now, I was – I was, I was gonna, given a ban. And, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. Do you think that perhaps they uh, they kicked you because of the other stuff that was going on, um, which I don't think was worthy of kicking you out either? But do you think that you know because there were a few things going on at once that they just decided you were too much of a headache and wanted to get rid of you? Do you think that's what was happening? Potentially, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: the way that they went about it was absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. Whether or not they had grounds for something else, this it's totally inappropriate. No, I agree. And not only that, you like be reasonable. You know, I never got an apology. I never, never got anything from it. So for that, you know, that entire summer, couldn't play WSOP. Couldn't. I mean, listen, for what it's worth, I wasn't supposed to set foot on any of the properties, but I did. I played a little bit here and there, got in trouble a couple of times for showing up and playing. And then after about nine months or so, I was able to return and I haven't had an issue. I won't stay at any of their properties now at all. I absolutely refuse, but I will play in some of the rooms. And, you know, I lost my status, which sucks. I spent so much time and energy racking up points and, and getting all, you know, how it works. Yeah, well, so I, I've, I've, got a few, I've got a few questions here. So how did you get your uh, ban removed nine months later? Did you ask them to remove it? Like, how did that happen where they just nine months later said, okay, you can come back? So I have a host. Well, when it was um, the horseshoe in Cleveland, I have a host here that I he's actually a close friend I worked with, and you don't want to get involved when it was still really fresh and really new. But after a little bit of time, he gave me the entire procedure for getting reinstated. And I did it, you know, I petitioned Caesars and I said, this is absolutely unfair. I want to continue to play there. It is completely out of character for me to be disruptive and to create drama. And I'm a professional. I spend money with your company. It's absolutely ridiculous. It makes zero sense. And ended up, reconsidering and I also you know the other part of it is if I can't play any WSOP events or if I can't even sit in cash games what's the point of going to Vegas in summer it's absolutely ridiculous so I explained my position and they were willing to let me come back okay and you know I chose my battles after that though I don't why would I continue to give them my business handedly like I did before it makes no sense for me to do that so, so here's another question for you. S- since you're a lawyer, and I don't know what kind of lawyer you are, but um, once they told you you're getting banned for, you know, for whatever reason they, they claimed it was, 
uh, and, and you knew that you had been your information had been compromised by one of their employees who then sexually harassed you and was sending you lewd messages. Um, why didn't you at that point, when they put the ban on you, threaten to sue them over what had happened? Well, I wasn't going to threaten them, obviously, outwardly, but I did speak to an attorney who he's one of the main attorneys that takes on Caesars in Vegas. In fact, um, I can't remember her name, but the female that repeatedly got dragged out of both Planet Hollywood and Caesars for card counting. Um, I'll think of it, but he represented her. He constantly would take on Caesars, and I explained the whole story to him. We had a meeting uh, at least once, maybe twice, and he said, listen, we can file charges, but unless you really are interested in pursuing the sexual harassment thing, and if you can come up with some sort of monetary reward that you think would... I don't know, pay for your troubles, we could do this. But if you are if you don't have a specific goal in mind, there's no sense. It's, there's no sense in, in trying to sue them. It's impossible to sue, to sue any of the gaming, anybody in gaming in that city. It's just absolutely impossible. You know, the lawyers are in bed with the casinos. As an individual, you have, there's no way. There's no way that you can ever get anything accomplished. Okay, I, w- I would. And if you think... start screaming lawsuit, that's the end of it. Well, you could also have threatened to take this to the media. So, yeah, I, I think you had something there, and it's it's over, it's over now anyway. Like you're you're back, presumably still, but uh, uh, you you had something that you could use against them. Where I had leverage, absolutely. And and here's the thing: I did I did say like you know, number one, that I would go to the media, and I I also said, listen, word of mouth is the worst thing in the world. It's the best and the worst thing. And I told them that I intended to make it known. And, you know, anybody that was close to me knew the situation and the story. And there's only so much I could do. And really, I more than anything else, I was pretty traumatized. Like, you know, it's a lot to deal with. I had all of these plans. I had everything all figured out. You know, I wasn't putting on leaving any of the – I was staying at the properties for five nights – every week that was my summer so i had to like revamp my entire stay my entire the whole summer completely inside out and more than anything else once it was all done and over with i just wanted to be left alone i just Mm -hmm. wanted it to be over and left alone and really some of the on top of it some of the things he said were so crazy and just so out of line like I had to process it. Well, now, now can I I... revisiting it over and over. You said you have, that... you have you have the text messages. Would you be willing to send me these text messages privately? Yeah, I'll send them to you. Oh wow, okay. They're crazy. Yes, send them to me Facebook, or I can give you an email address. You can send you can email it to dandruff at pokerfraudalert dot com, or you can send it on Facebook. Either way, I, I would like to see them. That's uh, this is a pretty disturbing story that this would happen. Um, I, 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 I now that the wound is not so fresh, I'm more than happy to share. You yeah. know, when the wound was still extremely fresh, it wasn't something I wanted to deal with. But I think, you know, at this point, something needs to be said. It, and I'm not afraid to put it out there. You can share whatever I send you is fine. It's oh, really? Absolutely fine. I know that he's no longer with the company. And Okay. Well, I, I, that, I, nothing I, could happen. I would like to see them, and anything you want, you don't want me to post, uh, you can tell me that as well, and I'll keep it private. But I, I would like to see it. 
Um, here's just some general questions about you. Uh, I, I assume that uh, you're single. I'm in a relationship. Oh, you're in a relationship. Okay, I, but you're not married or anything, mm-hmm. right? No, okay. no, I was. You were. No. Okay. Were, you, were you married at the time two years ago or no? No, no. Okay. It's been a long time. And and do you uh, do you have any kids? I do. I have three little girls. Three little girls. Hmm. Okay, so. So, so I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, so you just you just uh, the the bat signal just turned off. Brandon, was it the three little girls that did it? Which which factor was it? I mean, that should be a good thing, you know. It means I put out if I have three kids. Well, that might mean you you put out to one person, though, right? Yeah, I did. Well, see, that's uh, it's, it's you know a lot of guys that they they don't want to if if they think that you putting out means that the only way you'll do is if you you have three kids with them, then uh, they may not want that. So, okay. A- anyway. I just wanted to. I'm just trying to get an idea of uh, the demographic I'm dealing with here. And and I now are you one of these women who doesn't like saying how old you are? Because I, I have, I mean, I have kind of an idea of your age, but I don't know specifically. So do you reveal no, your age? No, I don't care. You? I'm forty. I don't 40. care. I, see, I thought it was around there. I looking at your picture, and I, I've seen like a few not real clear, but some kind of like grainy black and white type pictures on on your Facebook. Um, so I, I guess I have to admit to Calwatt now that I was stalking your Facebook, but uh, for, uh-huh. uh, so you, you got me. I, I my own words defeated me. But uh, from looking at it, I said, I said this is someone that looks fairly close to my age. That was that was what I thought. Yeah, by I was looking. about to I, say, Drift, you ain't no spring chicken either. No, okay? it's, I, I thought it was somewhere around there. I, I like I knew she wasn't twenty five. I knew she wasn't fifty. I, 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 I could I could tell it was somewhere near me. So. I guess I guess we have our answer. Okay, so that's uh, sorry. Are you coming back for the World Series this year? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. And what what type of games do you play? Are you, are, are you a no limit player? What what type of player are you? Strictly no limit. Okay. And ha- have you ever been at a table with me before, or no? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure no. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. So we we have uh, another female listener. That's good. And uh, see, I, I, I go out of my way to help somebody who has uh, some issues with Caesars two years ago, and I pick up a listener. That's, I, I've got to just start doing that. I've got to start volunteering to help people everywhere, and then I'll, that'll make the show grow. But uh, no way, you don't, you don't want to do that. Too much time and energy. It's a waste. <laughs> well, you're saying it's a waste to bring this you to the, the show. This group is the most is would take anything from anybody. You can't. You give a finger, you'll have your whole arm taken. No, you know? I, no. It, it's actually, uh, you know, I, I offer to help people with situations if it seems like, from what I'm reading, I feel like they're kind of getting the shaft, and I think my advice can be helpful. But I, I don't want to get involved if it's uh, if it's BS or I think the person is causing some of their own problems. Like I'll see people complaining about the way a casino treats them. And then I get the whole story, and I go, oh, okay. Like, even if I think the casino is, like, somewhat in the wrong, like, if I can see the person caused their own problems to a large degree, then I, 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 I don't bother. In fact, I'll even be the one to state, hey, I see why this is happening. Because there, there's advantaged players who get abused and uh, you know, not treated the way they should by casinos. But there's other ones who really, really, really push the envelope and then cry foul when anything 
happens, which they they think is uh, you know is rude or inappropriate or or, or, or overly reaching. Like you've, you've you've got to always understand your situation. You always got to understand what you're dealing with. You've got to if if there if there is like an adversarial situation where you're trying to beat the casino by taking advantage of certain things, then you, you've you've always got to weigh both sides here. You're trying to get something. They're trying to stop you. You've, if, if if they catch you, you've got to at some point realize when it's time to stop. It, all that's got to figure in. Otherwise, it can cause like a shame spiral where there's just more and more bad things happening. I'm not saying that's what happened to you, like with this guy with the... Uh... No, no. Well, but for what it's worth, and I will admit this, you know, some of the, some of the shenanigans and the drama and maybe perhaps... Um... Listen, I didn't bring on the situation that occurred, but... I was pretty loud and outspoken prior to that. So maybe like setting a little bit of the, the groundwork, laying the groundwork for their reaction was a little bit me. And, you know, also I, I had really high expectations and I was pretty demanding, but in no way did I ask for what went on. No, you no, know? no. You know, what, what happened there is inappropriate. You know, there's, there's no way, there's no way that can be explained no matter what occurred before that. Like there, there should not be an employee. They're looking up your info and then, Calling you and, and texting you lewd things like there's there's never any situation where that could ever be justified. So I, I would like to see those messages though for sure. Someone yeah, I'm, did that I'm to me. I would definitely. Right yeah, I was gonna say if someone did that to me, I would definitely ensure that they got fired. Yeah, I would too. I mean, Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, Druffle try and get a waitress fired just because she won't bring out his steak on time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let's see. We got uh, so anyway, we're we're uh, happy to have another female listener. Is there is there anything else you have for us? Let's see if the chat room has any questions before you get out of here. Let's see. Uh, I got to find the chat room window. I have a million windows open here. Here we go. Uh, if the chat room have any questions for Michelle, dirty. I dozen. see some talk about lawsuits. Yeah, I see talk about dozens. <laughs> uh, uh, well, this Larry Laffer saying this isn't the whole story. I, th- I think we've spent enough time on this. We don't need to probe. I'm a, I will send you the messages. Here's what I'd like you to do if, if, you, if this makes a lot of sense. Maybe look through what I send you, and then I'll come back on and we can discuss the content. Okay. So I, don't, I don't think just discussing it without you looking at it really does it any justice. Yeah, that's it's fine. all speculative otherwise. That's fine. I know I know how to contact you on uh, Facebook. Wants I'd to be see happy the to messages. come back on and discuss it. Well, Dreff wants to see the messages to get some new pickup lines. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was thinking. I was thinking maybe I can uh, freshen up my game here. <laughs> if I see the message, let me go, tell oh, you, there, yeah. I, there's some. I'll put it to you this way. I've been around, and I, I, I know a lot of things. Two or three of the things that were written, I had to look up an Urban Dictionary. I, I had no idea. <laughs> wow. what they See, now, I, now I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, now I'm interested. I'm gonna find. I'll find them in the next. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this too because, like, like from all my time in chat rooms, I, I saw a lot of really nasty stuff. Like, so unfortunately, I got acquainted with a lot of things that I I normally would not have been exposed to or had ever any interest in learning about. So, I, I want to see if I'm aware of these things as well. Now, There's now, here's, something here's a, else. I'll tell you that much. Here's a question before we we end this here. What do you think it was about you? that made him so obsessed because obviously there's a lot of women going through there and um you know so there's a lot well, of we don't real... know druff you might be number 12 that she did the well, that okay. the guy did to that day it's you know? possible but i think if he did it enough time that's I... what i was gonna say i i really i think for him 
I got the impression that it, it's just something that he does, just the way that he is. And perhaps I'm one of the only ones that ever spoke out. I don't think in any way that I was necessarily singled out. Did he ask you to give him a dirty Sanchez? <laughs> Is he would have just asked nicely while I was sitting at the table. I would have considered it, but it's the fact that he just assumed that it would be okay to harass me once I left the table. Now, so he—he would have—he acted completely fine and professional while I was seated and playing over the time that I was there, but waited until he was behind closed doors to act like that. It, it was unbelievable. I guess. Maybe he thought that because I was traveling alone and spending money and whatever, that I was naive. And unfortunately, he picked the wrong person in the fuck with. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he did see you as like a sugar mama type. Maybe he thought that uh, if, if you're alone and, and seem to be playing at you know, decent-sized limits, that uh, maybe he can squeeze you for money. But then it doesn't make sense why get so, like, overtly sexual. You'd think if, if that were the case, he'd try, like, a romance angle rather than, like, all this really dirty stuff. It started that way. It started with a little bit, like, a little bit of romance, but then he quickly realized that it wasn't going anywhere and that, it, you know, it wasn't interested in his advances, and that's when it became aggressive, and he got angry. And it was weird, too, because I didn't, like, I didn't respond to any of the texts at all not respond to any of them and it, he was conversing with me almost he was almost like talking to himself like very aggressive because I wasn't reacting and then it just ramped up more and more and more and it's time this is over the span of maybe six or eight hours as I wasn't answering messages he just got even more aggressive and, and just was out of control now, did, you, did, did, you, ever, did you ever uh, see what this guy looked like or how old he was he looked exactly like Will Ferrell. It was pretty funny. <laughs> he was maybe ten years older than me, hmm. maybe. Okay. Well, I'm actually it, like someone that age. You think would have learned not to do this by now? I, I kind of picture like a young guy doing this, but the fact that he's like fifty doing this is crazy. I don't know if it had something to do with his line of work or just you know being in, in Las Vegas. I don't know, but. Definitely lacked morals in any way, in every way, shape, and form. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know how he could be, how he could work there so long and not have, you know, been called out previously. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. See, I asked the chat room for questions, but the problem is we're not getting very good quality questions here. We got uh, um, ask her how big his cock was, um, <laughs> spit or swallow. <laughs> Are there dick pics? Uh, that, that's what we're getting from the chat room here. So they're, they're mad I wasn't asking their questions. They're like, "Why aren't you asking these? We, we need to know this." So anyway, um, I will send you. I'll send you all of these. What's the most you you've ever won? What's the most you've ever won? And what's the most you've ever lost in a single session of blackjack? Oh, that's a good question. So. Perhaps about a week or so before this occurred, I had a $28,000 session over about an hour and a half at Planet Hollywood. Won or lost? One. Oh. And my biggest loss, I know when to walk away. I can't really stomach more than a $1,000 loss. 
and that's playing, you know, usually I'm playing two hands at once and $50 each. So if it's not going my way, I walk. That's it. Now, were you just playing regular blackjack? Were you card counting? What, what were you uh, doing there? Um, there was single deck, but once I couldn't find any single deck anymore, uh, usually, yeah, just regular, just from a shoe. Um, I think now that I think it's all six. Yeah, I think it's six decks. All right. Straight blackjack, no side bets, nothing funny. Buy the book. Now, now how, how, did and, you, how did you get up to twenty-eight thousand when you're you're betting uh, an amount that were a thousand would end it for you? Are you did you increase your bets when so, you were winning? Yeah, I kept just increasing, 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 and just going my way. And I, at one point, I was doing five hundred dollars a shot, and. Not just enough. I got up and walked away. The chat room is unhappy. They think you're avoiding the card counting question. I count. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. You know, I've uh, been a card counter myself. I haven't played blackjack in a while, but uh, when I was, I was. Uh, I stopped after that summer. I, it's been probably eighteen months or so. I haven't played a hand. <clears throat> All right. We got a, a question from S Double. Yeah, I see. Here. I see it. I see it. Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it anyway, go even ahead. though it's completely unfair because you haven't met any of us. But he wants to know, uh, murder, marry, fuck. And so you got to pick one of us to murder, one of us to marry, and one of us uh, to kill or to fuck. Me, Druff, and Drexel. That's kind of a Rexel's real the guy you this question only because how could she even make a judgment? I hey, they're asking it. I know it's it doesn't make any sense. What about but... poor Trader Ruski? He's left out here. <laughs> Trader Ruski on the line? <laughs> he's here. Trader Ruski. No, he's gone. <laughs> All right. So you gotta you gotta appease them. I know it's silly because you haven't met any of us, but do do what you gotta do. All right. Well since Brandon showed up on time. And was so efficient. I guess I'll uh, have to fuck Brandon. Wait, how did how did he show up on time? He showed up in the middle of the show. Like you know, I I I called or you called, and immediately he was at. Oh, he because, he, because he because he immediately yeah. because he's Johnny on the spot, you know. Oh, that on time. I got one of these old school Motorola pagers. Remember those? Yes. Oh my god! And it just okay. beeps, and it just says one four three one four three, and that's the international signal for the. Okay. Attractive girl on the so, the radio So, Druff, I got bad news. One of us is getting killed. Yeah, and I think and I think it's going to be me. I, I think because so, you because you helped her out. She's probably going to marry. All right, uh, that's go ahead. A, that's what Finish I'm it off. Go ahead. Finish go ahead. it off. Go ahead. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, <laughs> you answered it. You answered it for her. You see, you you guided her to the answer. See, that... now this is going to be held over my head. That's unfair, though. No, you had to pick one of us. It's all good. You had to pick. See, that's the problem. You have to pick one for each one. So you're. I think it's you're better the to first... say that we don't get to know each other for me to, you know. Michelle, you are not the first girl. You are not the first girl who's wanted to murder me, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, what did you uh, what did you tip what did you tip the dealers off that twenty eight K score out of curiosity? I tipped at the end of every shoe, so I said probably when it was all said and done. This is always such a topic in, in this little group too, appropriate tipping. Um but it was all said and done around five hundred dollars. Yeah. All right, that's that's good. That's well, how does uh, Drexel do it? How does Drexel do it? He just kind of saunters in here. 
and immediately he's getting fucked. How does he do it? That's true. Michelle, what is the Amazing. best based off your play over? I guess what is this like years you you were you were playing blackjack? What was the duration of your time playing like mid high stakes blackjack? Um, about three years. What was the best regular play? Ever, what was the best comp you ever received during that time from a casino? Like a sweet, extravagant suite or a show or meals? Is there one thing that stands above and you know them all? I'll People like to hear. Like, I had you know, any. Yeah. I had anything and everything I wanted, as long as I was playing and as long as I was at the same standard regularly. Shows always rooms. I never had to worry about. Um, it sweets regularly. I don't think I ever paid for food at any of the properties. I mean, if you play enough, you get whatever you want. They'll do anything to keep you happy and keep you there. What what property was your favorite or where did you stay more or play more than others? Was there one specific place or did you equally spread it out? I spread out my play quite a bit. I like staying at Planet Hollywood a lot. I mean, as far as the actual suite inside, um, and I I really like Caesars. But the play is the same anywhere, really. It's just whether or not you can tolerate the shittiness of some of the casinos. Like Bally's was a complete and total shithole, but I had a lot of fun there. Right. You know, I, I just realized the mistake I made two years ago after giving this assistance. She had all these comps, and I, I never asked her to uh, to get me any free food for the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't know how I let that one slip by. I, I should have. Uh, now you have it for yourself. I have what for myself? Are, you have seven stars, correct? No, I have seven stars. I don't get food though. I get hotel rooms. But uh, no, I, I I really don't get much food. I mean, I I've accumulated a lot of rewards credits that I use, but those are I you know the cheap Jew in me sees that those could also be exchanged for free play at at. Well, but point. in all fairness, you only play once every two years. Well, so, yes. But <laughs> what do you really want? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? You play. You come out. See you in two. I mean, you play every Olympic year. I mean, what listen, you listen. Want, you know? The thing is here. The thing is here, Brandon. You're 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 ruining the image. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to say I'm the seven star, and I'm getting mistreated. I'm yeah, but there's food. no secret. You openly talk about it. It's not. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be the persecuted seven star here, and now you're uh, you're making me look like some uh, like advantage player or something. It's not nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, well, Michelle, it's, it's been uh, interesting hearing from you here, and uh, you got to know a new, new old female listener from uh, two years I didn't know existed. I knew you existed, but I didn't know you were listening. Now, Mich- well, I'm sorry, Joe. Michelle, one of my sources tells me that you're also an acclaimed author. Is this correct? What? You have I've sources? done a bit of writing. Hmm. How you do have you, some books out there, don't you? How do you know this? I'm, well, I'm just, come on. I mean, I, I have people that tell me these things. I don't know. You just is, came, that, you, is that correct? Have you, you written just, books you before? Came, you just came on there, and now you just know she's writing books? I didn't even know this. Stuff. I, I, I'm asking written, her. I don't know. Pillow talk, yeah, bro. Yeah, I've written. Uh, uh, gambling yeah. or gambling books? No, not, no, no. Unrelated. Well, are you Unrelated. kind of surprised that somebody knows that? Is, is that yeah i mean if you google's your friend you know it's pretty pretty well, you can I'll, find out anything about anybody what, what about really, 
is are these uh, novels maybe about uh, a, a romance springing from text messages by any chance? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, a psychology and then um, a book that I wrote with my father about gaming, so, mm. but not gambling related, not at all. Oh, but gaming but not gambling? Yeah. Gaming not like gambling sports, related. I think she means. Sports, yep. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. wow! I, I like how there's just like information already flowing here. Like I, I, I think Brandon's like the man on the outside, and then he has all the information. He just uh, very nice, very he just, nice. He just comes. In I and do learns. some freelance stuff too, so it's all over the place. I do quite a bit of writing. Hmm. Well, okay. Uh, so definitely send me these text messages. I will take a look, and, I will. Uh, and if we have. Uh, and did you say openly what casino this occurred at? Did I miss that, or you never said? At Bally's. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Was it an Asian dude by any chance or a white guy? A white guy. Maybe okay. the I mean, I don't know one. anyone at Bally's. I'm just kind of curious. Well, he's not there anymore. That's, a, that's still a pretty crazy scenario. Yeah, it is a crazy... I, I want to see these messages. That's... Uh, yeah, that's... I will locate them and I'll send them to you in the next hour or so. Oh, good. I'll get good. them to well, you. I can't wait. This is... This is uh... And do you have anything you want to promote? We still let people <laughs> promote things, right? We already know she has it, books it, out, but it, it, we've had guests. I used to be on here, you know, and co-hosted, but then we had an anniversary show, and it was a little weird. But anyhow, we let people, if they have anything you want to promote, like a website or a book, or we had this one kid who wrote about PLO, talked about that. Anything you want to give a shout-out to, a promotion, something like that? I'm good. I'm good. You know, there was... I think I did enough self-promotion. I, I remember on the uh, the other site where this whole thing first came out, not the thing about the text messages, that's new to me, but I remember there was some story involving a manicure and then she was posted, she she made some kind of post with her holding something and then people on the site were trying to analyze if she really got a manicure, it, it just got out of hand. Like, yeah, they, really talking about this, nobody the was concerned site? about the content itself, everybody was concerned of, about the freshness of my manicure and whether it was really my hands or not my hands, it was... Pretty, yeah, and then there were even people saying, you know, that maybe it's not really a girl, and like there was a there was a lot of uh, conspiracy theories over there on the on the sister site, and uh, and it's true, people really weren't focusing on the importance there, and uh, I, I looked past that though, I looked past the uh, the manicure no manicure situation, and uh, I looked at the, I looked to the meat of the story, I, I got the I got the answers, and uh, up until. I realized it was the same person on the, on the Real Grinders group when I talked to Michelle. Uh, all I knew about this person w- was her hand. Like all, all I'd ever seen of her was her hand before this. So I'll tell you, this Real Grinders thing is really uh, picking up some steam. It, huh? it is. It's 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 really been uh, a big thing in 2017. Ray Davis, uh, he got something and going there. And it's growing. Yeah, he got something going there somehow. It- there's like all these other. I, I see a lot of people in in the poker community that are part of it. Like, there's so many people who are part of this that just kind of pop up out of nowhere and respond to posts. So, that's that's why I post about this show on there. I figure, why not? And uh, it's good you it's free good, advertising. It's really nice. It's absolutely. It's nice to see everybody come together and and embrace each other. And you know, I've noticed that there have been a lot of friendships that have really developed as a byproduct of this. But there's also a lot of trash talking and anger and, and jealousy and rage. There's so many good things, so many bad things. And then there are just tons of scammers. It's just full of scammers. What's, what's funny about Real Grinders, when it first came out, I kind of laughed at it about the, the $3 subscription per month or whatever they wanted over there. But then 
it seems like the main part of Real Grinders now is actually that Facebook group rather than the, the site itself. It seems like the Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, I don't group think group. anybody really Wait, goes Wait, $3 for it. what? Like back in October, we, we laughed about Real Grinders saying, ah, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they want a few dollars a month for some new site that like, you know, what, what's the point of this? We're, what do you get? For three dollars, we so. couldn't even tell. That's what was so funny about it. Like it was, it was so weird. And then I was sure it was going to be a fail site. And then I hear about this whole story with with that Brandy girl in in January, and it had to do with this real grinders thing. And then I find that Facebook group, and that's where all the action actually is. And that, of course, that doesn't cost any money. You, just anyone can join that. So, but but there's it, it's a very. But what do they group. even promote that the three dollars gets you? I don't even remember. It, was, it seems like it kind of changed focus since October, since the Facebook group got going. So it's, It was supposed to be membership to the website and then private access if you pay the membership fee to blog posts and pictures of naked girls and their, I guess, their own poker room and their own blackjack room and whatever. <laughs> and I don't think anybody ever used it. Yeah, you it know, was a fail, I like... don't... I never oh, paid wow. I had no idea. Right, right. So, like yeah. when I when I saw that idea, I thought it was ridiculous, and then that's why I was so surprised to see this year. In if I'm going to pay three dollars, it's going to go to Bang Bros. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like in in, Jan- <laughs> in January, that's why I was so surprised <laughs> to see that that's where the action was, but it was on Facebook. So somehow that got parlayed into a successful Facebook group. So that that's where the the action is. That's why I, all the listeners here, if you want to join that thing, it's called Real Grinders. It's on Facebook. It seems like that's. Uh, yeah, but no one's making no money off no Facebook group, though, right? No, that they're not, but at least, at least it's popular. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I don't know if it's well, making there, money. There's some question as to whether or not there, anybody's profiting from it, but regardless, listen, I'm probably at the risk of potentially getting removed or banned. I will discuss this. It seems like Ray has had a lot of drama, like every week or so, some sort of drama pops up. I don't know if if you've noticed that, but it keeps things very exciting. You know, there was the Brandy thing, and then there was some stuff with Tesla, and then I don't know if you were a party to the stuff with, I think it was Robert Mizrahi about yeah, three yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we talked about that. In fact, he got mad at me because I, did. uh, I, I wasn't uh, as positive about him as he was hoping. But, uh, you know, I, I just I said, look, I'm just I'm just stating what I'm observing here. I'm not even on anybody's side. I'm not friends with them as Rockies. You know, I'm just I'm just stating with what I, what I've observed here, what I think. And uh, yeah, Ray seems to get into controversy a lot. or He likes to get into drama a lot. Uh, it, but uh, for whatever reason, that that also seems to attract a lot of people over there. And uh, so he's basically like the black version of you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe if I was black, I'd have a bigger audience here. That's a good question. It's a good point. It, it's just amazing. He will just out of nowhere create some sort of drama that will it'll go on for a week. It'll be the only thing that anybody talks about, and there'll be 400 comments on a thread and people screaming and yelling at each other and calling each other names. And then, well, listen. Three days later, I'll, I'll tell you this little. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this little thing. I never. Someone added me. I guess you can do this. I, I you know, I don't know much about technology or Facebooks or any of these things, but I guess someone could just add you because I never, I never requested or I didn't know about it, but one day it just popped up on like my newsfeed that I had been added to this group and I didn't pay much attention to it, but back in January, and this is all to Raymond's, you know, I mean, you know, this is props to him, but back in January I was in the Bahamas 
and that's when this uh, what was her name? The the girl the, the Brandy Brandy uh, Blackley. Yeah, yeah, that's when all that went on. And I'll tell you, I'm playing in this. It was a horse tournament at PCA, and there's like ten people, like you know, in the table behind me, and everyone's talking about it. And they're on their phones trying to read it. And these are people I never even, you know, like some of them were, you know, pretty big names in poker. Others I wouldn't have even thought they knew about this. I didn't know about it, but everyone in the Bahamas is talking about it. And they want to read Twitter. And, and, you know, then, you know, Jeannie, my friend Jeannie's with me. And, you know, she's like, well, I want to go up to the room and hear Todd interview with Alan Kessler and Rain, you know. And but everyone in the Bahamas are talking about this. You know, so I guess it goes back to the old adage is no such thing as bad publicity because, I mean, these are people, and, and then you know what everyone's saying, people that aren't in the group, they're asking everyone to add me. You know, add me to this group. I want to read. I want to read. And, you know, it's not even a real story. I mean, it's about someone that no one knows. It's not like it's a famous poker. Like this, this Brandy girl, she wasn't anyone any, anyone new in poker, right? I think I read Alan Kessler met her once. Yeah, it was. You but know, it, she wasn't like a known high limit player right. or something. The, the whole thing ever... was, it was kind of an odd story. But, but I, once I really delved into it, I'm like, you know what? I, I looked so much into this, but I just realized like none of this matters very much. <laughs> but the fact that matter. people it in the Bahamas for a day. Yeah, we're talking about it, and everyone was that intrigued. And there were like some young people, there were some Asian people, there were some older people, but everyone really wanted to know. It was, it was really, really quite bizarre. Like, I, and I think you know, like you said, that's kind of how this whole thing got steam, right? But the, the group already, Absolutely. yeah, the group already had a lot of popularity by then. I just hadn't really heard of it. But by the time I joined in, I found there were a whole lot of pl- poker players already part of that. Some of whom were actively posting, yeah. and it's a big cross section there. It's a cross section of just like these recreational low limit players and fans of poker, all the way through, uh, you know, some fa- fairly known names. Not like really huge names participating there, but uh, but there's some you know, fairly known names that actually read it and comment every so often. And uh, so, well, I'll, I'll say one thing. What what impresses me about this is I'll see someone post something like I had Ace King and this and you know because that's fine. There's nothing wrong with people that you know or wherever in the middle of Oklahoma playing their one two game and they have a question or they want to you know. And then I look and there's like 150 comments about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's <laughs> like wow. Like I mean, and, and th- I'm not mocking it. Like it, that's very very cool because I don't think there's ever been anything where there's been so much input at least instantly like that where somebody you know wins a tournament online and asks a question and within minutes there's 30 40 responses you know but anytime you have there are are a lot of like keyboard warriors and there's a lot of flaming people for whatever stakes or whatever level that they're playing at you know there's there's a lot of constructive criticism there's a lot of um help for people that, you know, ask where should I play or how did I play this hand or right. how much should I budget for WSOP? There's so many good things, but there's so much hatred and so much anger, too. It's unbelievable. But that's and, just the Internet in general. I mean, there's going to be trolls yeah. no matter what. Well, I, I, th- I would just say I, I, I don't even notice it being that bad there with that. I guess because I got desensitized from Poker Fraud Alert and its, it's uh, predecessors. There's so much trolling and nastiness on these sites that uh, I, I guess the real grinder stuff seems tame to me. So, but I will be honest. Some of the things that I've read, and you're, you're going to get good with bad, and people that are experienced, of course, you know, it's sometimes even hard for me. And, and 
you know, I, I'm not a troll. I wouldn't call myself. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll like, I'll mock things like in a funny way, but never like mean or vicious or cruel, but somebody will write something, you know, and this is just, you know, me summarizing, but someone will write, I had Kings. I went all in, they had Queens and they flopped a queen. What would you have done? <laughs> it's just like, how do you even respond? I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's not really a lot of detail. And of course, you know, you'll get trolling and people making fun of you when there's those kind of posts, but but that's just the internet in general. I mean, we're, we're, no matter what you're writing about, what site you're on, there's always going to be that vile and, I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's just, it goes with the territory. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree. All in all, though, I think it's been good for, for the community. It's It's been, it's amazing how everybody's come together. It's good because there's one place for everybody to go and meet and talk and all of that. And I agree. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, hopefully we can pick up some of those people to this show too. That'd even be better. We can just like pick up listeners. Absolutely. Just uh, leech listeners from real grinders. But I, I actually, well, pretend- you know, it's funny if you ever want to hear every single podcast, but poker front alert, all you have to do is post and ask, what is a good podcast to listen to? Cause you never, ever see the name of this show published. You never do anywhere. They can have the 50 greatest poker shows you can't miss, you have to listen to, and, you, and, and I'm not knocking the fraud show. I'm, no, no, just, no, we, we actually got credit. Just, listen, the, the Global Poker Index actually did list us. We didn't make the final cut of, like, final three shows or whatever, but we there was a first cut, and we were one of the shows listed. But I don't how know many were how, in that cut? I don't know. The ones that were in the cut were not even worthwhile. I mean, the ground is, is, is nothing to write home about. Chicago Joe is all right, but I didn't think any of the other ones are really that worthwhile. The two plus two podcast is the most boring, hard to listen to thing I've ever. I tried listening maybe two or three times. I couldn't even get through the episode. Uh, Adam, Adam Schwartz is he's listening right now. He's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, depressed because he said that he's he's a listener Ruff to the show. Ruff is smiling. He's a listener to the show. No, look, all these all these shows. Honestly, they they bring. Different things to different people. Everybody's looking for something different with with these shows, what they listen to. So, some people that love this show that think it's better than all the other poker shows out there, and of course I, I appreciate that. Um, but there's other people who hear this show and they think it sucks, and then they listen listen to one of the other shows that you may think sucks. So it it just depends what you're looking for out of these shows. Like for example, this show is not tight. It's not short. It's not post produced. It's not. Like a, a, a slick That's show. I was going to say, there's a, there's, it doesn't have so much rigid. It's not very rigid. It doesn't have too much structure, and that's not for everybody. You know, you, you can get on, you can become unhinged at some points, which is good. It's human. Not everybody can deal with that. Some people want tucked in, manicured, one hour a week, that type of thing. The fact that this is just kind of always open ended, it works for people, I think. Yeah, especially to put them to sleep. I know that's we have a big uh, insomnia contingent here, including Calwatt, who may is he Calwatt? Are you even still awake? Barely. Okay, okay. It's a, see Calwatt. We're always fighting the time zone thing. We have a West Coast bias with this show, which just gets worse every week. We keep starting later and later. We started close to wait. Nine. What time? What time zone is Calwatt on? He, he's he's in New York. He's in upstate New York. So it's it's uh, it's. Oh, almost, you moved? No, uh, come on. I thought he was in California. He he was in San Francisco for like two days. This whole time he's been in New York? Yeah, you, you've just put him in San Francisco in your mind, maybe because you want him to be gay or something. Hmm. But no, Kyle, Kyle Watts, you know, we deal with this every week. I, Jesus, that's got to be late for him. Then. It is, and, and he... And he, oh, you know, shit. He, 
and, and he's he's got a family and he's he's got a job and like we I appreciate very much the the fact that he stays up as late as he does for this show and and I thank him by just starting the show later and later every week. So it gets harder and harder for him. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm so start, what do you start do to feel you're trying after, to push me out? <laughs> Callawat after these shows aren't you like fried the next day do you have to take kids to school and be a dad or do you just take that next day off kind of how does that go? No, my wife usually does uh, the kid thing in the morning. So, but I mean, what what is your average next day after a, a late night fraud show? Like, are you when do you start? When are you useful again? Is it like <laughs> mid to the afternoon, or do you still get up early and fight it? Like, what what is your recovery after a fraud show? Well, I morning? mean, arg- arguably, I'm never really that useful anyway. So, right, but no, I mean, I, I'm usually up ten ten in the morning, something like that. Wow, that's that's pretty early, considering. Well, and you don't go back to sleep? Like, I, I wake up early the next day, too, but then I go back to sleep. Well, I don't consider 10, 10 a.m. to actually be early. Well, it is when you stay. It's, it's almost 4 a.m. right now. Yeah, so I'll get six hours. You know? Okay. All right. I mean, six six hours is fine if you don't do it every night. But six hours, you know, just a, a few nights a week is okay. Well, All right. I don't know what to tell you, Drump. I got two kids. Six hours seems good to me. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. There comes a point uh-huh. where... Four or five hours is a treat. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't. I don't really get eight hours either. I, and mine's kind of all split up too. I'll get like a few hours here, a few hours there. I usually don't. They even say get... you need to get at least four hours continuous sleep for it to be quality sleep. Oh, I see. I rarely get that. I get. I get like two, then three, then two. Like I'll get. Well, this would like explain that. a lot. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not the one falling asleep during the show. I, I'm always the last one standing. You got three hours on me, man. What do you want? No, I, I tell you what. Anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move to Asia, okay? And then we're gonna see who lasts longer. Well, no, that's unfair. You should move to Hawaii. That, that's the same difference in time. We're close to the same. It's only two hours, isn't it? Well, it's it's, it's three, three hours. It, it's it's three right now. And during it's daylight savings, two or three, right? Yeah. It's, it's two or three from you. It's three from us. No, it depends on daylight savings time. If there's daylight savings time, it's three. If it's not, it's two. Right. They don't. They yeah. don't change. I know the it clocks. varies. Yeah, they don't change the clocks over there. So, hmm. anyway, okay. Well, thank you, Michelle, and uh, please send My me the, please send me the text messages. I what I'm a little afraid of. I'm going to be honest here. I'm a little afraid of something involving you. Uh-oh. When, when uh-huh. I when I dealt with you two years ago, um, you kind of just would would disappear. Like I'd send you a message and you wouldn't respond like for ages, and then you respond like. Weeks later, so I, I want to get the text messages tonight. Like I, I just, I'm afraid you're going to disappear. Well, I've done yeah, it for I'm, 10 I'm years actually looking. I'm thing. signing into my computer now, looking for them. I will not sleep with that. Oh, I have them right here. We can. You know what? You want me to send them to you now? You yes. can Discuss them on the air if you want. Those Look, Michelle, here. you might as well just send them because he's going to stalk you on I was Facebook. Say, let's just, let's yeah. just do this now. Hold yeah, on. Uh, me, other, otherwise, you're going to wake up to like a hundred messages. No, you don't have to do it right now. I'm just saying. Like, no, I, no, it's. It's literally four pages. Well, no, I've got to, I've, we're going to move on anyway, so we'll we'll talk about this next week or something. But I, I do want to get them. Though. I just don't want it to. I don't want you to disappear again. I, I, I don't want to hear from you in 2019 saying, "Okay, I'll send you the text messages now." Like we we need it tonight. That's all we need. <laughs> I can't even say no. There's no. What are you going to do with these text messages? I want to see them. They've been I mean, built up so much. I I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid. sometimes people on radio say, "Oh, I'll do this. I'll do that," and then when the call's over, they disappear. And like I, Michelle, I, Michelle, do me know, a favor. Cover, is... Michelle, cover your ears for a second. All right, just cover your ears. Dr- no, <laughs> Drexel, no. he wants these text messages. 
because mm-hmm. he's going to jerk off tonight. No, come he's on. going to read him and masturbate to him and then pass out. All right, Michelle, you can pay attention again. It's so hmm. sick. Come on. When you see the, I mean, we t- normally it's not sick. Nothing upsets me, but when you see these, I would say, Druff, what, what's the email address? It's a dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. Just all lowercase, one word, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. They're coming right now. See, I, I, I wouldn't jack off to these because it's a guy writing. Like, I'm not going to be turned on by some dude writing to her. Ruff, we already know that you're looking, at, you're looking at the girl's dad, okay? We don't no, know no, what you're going to jerk off If to. she was sending me text messages that she wrote that were inappropriate, then then maybe we'd have a shot at that, but not not from some guy. Come on. We we know you're into Statler and Waldorf porn and all sorts of weird <laughs> shit. So, I mean, you know, who knows? Okay. Well, this will be interesting to see. It's uh, not every day you get... A copy of text messages, dirty text messages from a host to uh, compromise the phone number. Wait, it's a host or a pit boss? Or the pit, pit boss. boss? It was pit boss, not a host. That's right. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see if Druff's girlfriend <laughs> sees these on his phone. I'd love to see him explain these away. <laughs> well, at least they're oh from a dude. Well, they're from, they're from yeah, a dude. Get rid they, of the evidence. No, that'll be that'll be easy to explain because they're from a dude. So that she she knows I'm not gay. So that that I can say. It's a copy of text messages that were inappropriate that were sent to some girl. Now, if I if, if it was the other way around, of a girl sending inappropriate text messages and I had them, that might be difficult to explain and mm. convince her. It'd be one of those things I'd have to say it's a coincidence that, you know, I happen to have these, but they're not mine. It's, it's like one of these things, you know, it's like your, your mom finds a porno magazine under your bed and you say, oh, it's not mine. I'm just holding it for a friend. Uh-huh. It's like that. So his number's on here. You probably, if you're going to share them, just maybe remove his number. Yeah, I, I, I would redact it. Don't worry. I, yeah, I would say do that. And I think so Chico Loco's Chico, been a long time. Chico Loco's got a number to call, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Go, hey, man, I hear, I hear you oh, on the You know what, actually? I take that back. Leave the number on there. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I hey, like it. Hey, man, I hear you want a good time. You want a good time <laughs> no, tonight? Man, why you why you fretting my girlfriend, man? Hey, I, I, I hear caught you. Hey, dude, I hear you like Dirty Sanchez. My name is Dirty. My name is Sanchez. I'm real dirty. I'm gonna come down there. <laughs> yeah, don't redact that number. Fuck it. Fuck him. Let, let him get a lot of calls. I agree. Well, oh, it's been totally. a couple years too. Give and him I, a little taste I'm, of his own fucking medicine. I actually, ha- I haven't received anything yet, but maybe it's just slow. I'll, I'll trust that you sent mm-hmm. it. No, yeah, I sent it. So, and, you know, I'm looking through here because it's been a while since I looked at these. It's funny, I completely forgot. I don't think I replied even one time to any of these. It's, it's <coughs> wow, crazy. Yeah, you're gonna. Is this this see, is his cell number. Crazy looks like. Is this his cell What's number? That? His cell number. Yeah. Is this? Oh. Okay. Yeah. So if, if I accidentally, Michelle, if I slipped, if I slipped and fell, and I accidentally sent him a dick pic, that would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's gonna get all these messages out of nowhere. He's gonna have no idea how this happened two years later. Like just oh like, my god, how awesome would it be if, like, if these get posted and and PFA gets a hold of it and he just gets like an endless stream of dick pics? He it would be, be like poetic justice. He, he, really be, he better hope he changed his number since then. It would be poetic. Or justice. He, he probably will be soon. Can you imagine? I can't imagine that he wouldn't after having something like this happen. I mean, you know, how and can he not? Some poor grandmother in Montana has got the number now. And she's gonna <laughs> two days worth of dicks. Yeah, joking. she's going to get dick pics and all this other dirty stuff. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> I tried to I tried to leave a good Christian lifestyle. What's happening to me? 
Oh man! Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send them via Facebook too, so you have them. Yeah, for some reason it's not coming through. Them. It's just uh. Let's see, I think I can attach them. On, let me see. Okay, well, you can put them in a Facebook message, I would think. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, you can. Okay. Okay. Well, well, yeah. Send them to, on Facebook if you can. If I don't get them on Poker Fraud Alert soon, I'll let you know, and you can resend it, and we'll get it somehow. So. Michelle, thank you for coming on. It was interesting getting to know you here. And uh, and this time, uh, don't disappear. I won't. Okay. My pleasure. Okay, thank nice you. Nice talking to nice you. Nice meeting you, Michelle. Nice meeting you. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that was Michelle, and uh, a real female listener. For those of you that think this is a sausage fest, this show, it, it is again, but it the listenership, not completely. I, I gotta I gotta admit it, Drexel. I'm jealous, man. You just saunter right in and you're getting fucked. Yeah, well, it's amazing. You really are a pussy whisperer. You well, really are. At least, at least I can get married if I need to. Well, okay. Let's um, moving on to the next thing. Um, Bovada has a sister site called Slots.lv. We already went over this. It's not Sluts.lv, which strangely enough is, is not an operational site right now, Sluts.lv. But Slots.lv is. It's a casino site run by Bovada. And Bovada, they have a lot of deposit bonuses, uh, Bitcoin deposit bonuses and all kinds of deposit bonuses. And sometimes fairly high, you know, 25%, 30%, sometimes even higher, sometimes even up to 100%. But they always come with a catch, these bonuses. These bonuses, and this goes all the way back to when it was Bodog, and it and it, it's true on Ignition, the site that they claim they don't own but really do, that these bonuses, while they're pretty frequent, you have to do a lot to clear them. Clearing meaning you have to play a certain amount uh, of, of casino games in order to cash out the money. It, it's not real money to cash out until... You, you've played a certain amount. And usually when you're playing negative expectation casino games, uh, by the time you play enough to clear the bonus, the money's gone. You'll have lost it. Well, this is further complicated by the fact that Bovada and Slots.lv, for that matter, have a policy that when you have money in your account, that the bonus money comes out last, not first. So let's say you have $500 in, the, in your Slots.lv account in real money and you have a bonus for $200. That doesn't mean you can risk $200 without losing anything. That means you'd have to first lose your 500 and then play the 200 So that's that's the, uh, the little trick they have with the bonus money, is you're not free-rolling them. This is just extra money you have behind after you lose your original money. So you may say to yourself, well, then that's pretty useless, especially if you're going to try to take advantage of this in any way. But no. Because there are ways around this that people have discovered over time. And it has been found that since you only have one bankroll on these sites, that if you were to protect the bankroll in some way with some other bet temporarily, then your bonus money is able to be used. So, for example what people would do is uh, they would make a deposit, get the bonus, and then sit down at a poker table with all of the regular money, not play, just sit at an empty table, 
protect the regular money at the poker table, and then then they'd have the bonus money to play with because the only money that's available in their account to bring to the casino at the moment is the bonus money because the regular money's been sat with at the, in the poker room. So people were using trips, tricks like that. They also were register, you know, registering for tournaments. Sometimes they'd be betting on sports. Whatever it was, they, they would find ways to protect the original money. So this has been something that's been going on uh, on Slots.lv and Bovada and all, all these. This has existed for a long time, this little bonus bug. It's not really a bug. It's kind of just the way they designed it. Um, recently, they have been clamping down on this. So the reason they've been clamping down on this is because there have been some people who have found a new way to really abuse this, whereas before, when this is happening, they kind of were uh, not concerning themselves much with it. But now that people have... Uh, found a way to really abuse it and free-roll them. Now they are really clamping down hard. Basically what's been happening is that um, people realize that what they would do is just um, repeatedly depositing, running the bonus funds, playing at high stakes, you know, so try to re- either run it up really fast or lose it, the bonus money. And then if they lost it, they just keep making more deposits over and over and over again. And then eventually, after making enough deposits and protecting the actual money they put in, one of those bonus funds will catch on just from getting lucky at some point, and then they'd clear the funds, and then they'd cash the whole thing out. So it was pretty much a free roll, because even if they play, you know, even if they deposited 50 times... And busted the, the the bonus money each time. They'd still have their original money they deposited, and they could just cash it back out at that point, and they'd still be even. So it really was a free roll. So this was going on, and 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 people were even discussing this with one another. I don't know if publicly, but there was a lot of uh, talk in the online advantage play community about doing this and about how you can just do this with basically no risk. Well, the risk was found. A guy who calls himself Juice Master posted on 2 Plus 2 said, On March 10th, I opened a Slots.LV account. I used one of their Bitcoin welcome bonuses. I don't remember which one. Uh, I I believe the bonus allows up to eight attempts. I don't remember how many attempts I made, but on the third or fourth try, I ran super hot, and my account ran upward to 32K. Upon satisfying the playthrough requirement, I immediately attempted to maximum withdrawal of 9,500. I... I was told I'd be receiving 2500 every three days with the total of 9500 was with, until 9500 was withdrawn. On March 13th, I received my first 2500 On March 16th, I got my second 2500 However, 10 days passed after that, I did not receive my third installment. I continued to play every day without using any bonuses or anything like that. Finally, I received an email that I, that I canceled my withdrawal, and I was unable to log into my account. So I called into customer service to speak with their security team. I then found myself on the phone with a man named Diego. And Diego seemed respectable and reasonable at first, but he started asking me all kinds of questions that seemed very bizarre to me. For example, he asked how much I was betting per hand. I told him I was betting between 50 and 500. He then told me it was very bizarre I had such a wide betting spread. And, and, and I said, are you serious? How weird is this? I felt like I was being accused of something, but I didn't know what. I mean, this is so stupid because it's obvious what this guy's doing here. So then he, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but then he went on to write this. That uh, he said, uh, he said, he he asked me if I know anyone else with a Slots.LV account. I tell him 
Yes, my mother has one. <laughs> you, you think an advantage player taking advantage of the bonuses here? You think his mother is just coincidentally also a player on there? So uh, I, I tell him, yes, my mother does, and she also had her account locked. He then tells me that I'm violating a second turn of service by multi-accounting. I ask him how exactly I broke this term, and he responds, I don't have to tell you. I know they haven't linked IP addresses because I've never logged into my mother's account ever, and she's never logged into mine ever. Let me make that clear. We've never logged into each other's accounts from the same household. I, I live downtown L.A. My mother lives in Lake Elsinore. I demand to know what evidence he has of my multi-accounting. He assures me that he has evidence but won't tell me what it is. The only possible way they could associate my account with my mother's is by noticing the Bitcoin she used to deposit was once on my computer. <laughs> Come on. It, like, this is an insult to everybody's intelligence. Obviously, he was using his mom's name to make an account, too, and use the same Bitcoin to deposit on both. Um, so, and he thought he was clever by only playing on hers from her own house. So he'd go to visit his mom on the weekends or something and play, from her, play on her account. And they, they realized that it's, a, you know, I don't know how they realized it's uh, associated with him and that it's his mom and uh, closed that account, too. So he's bitching that they've... Uh, Locked his funds and won't allow him to uh, withdraw the rest. After he withdrew five thousand, but I guess they've locked some of it, including some of his original deposit. So here's the truth. Um, I understand the point he's trying to. I mean, he's trying to pretend like he wasn't advantage playing or multi accounting when it really was. But I understand the point people are making that if there's a deposit bonus and you make deposits with it and you've found a way through their own software to protect the original money and play with the bonus and you and it keeps letting you deposit and get bonuses and you happen to run it up well you want it fair and square why shouldn't you get it the point is here nobody's regulating bovada nobody's regulating ignition nobody's regulating sluts or slots.lv so they they're not likely to cheat you, but at the same time they don't want you cheating them or angling them. And if they think what all you're doing is depositing so you can run bonus money up to either win a lot of money off them or break even in the worst case, and they see they call that abusing the bonus, they know you're trying to angle them, and they're going to try to angle you back. So that's basically, you try to steal from us, we're going to try to steal back from you, is what they're doing. So, I'm not defending it, but at the same time, You've got to understand the risks when you do things like this, that uh, you pull shenanigans with them, and they're going to try to pull it back on you, and you have no recourse. Uh, Another thing that's been happening recently is Bovada has been clamping down on prop betting. Uh, Bovada has finally come to realize that prop betting can be very profitable if you know what you're doing. We have Daly, for example, on the site, who's an excellent prop better, who makes a lot of money doing that and has excellent prop bets, but the problem is getting action on them. You just can't bet on prop bets in very many places, at least not very many reliable places, which will pay you. So Bovada, there's a lot of prop bets, if you're a good prop bettor, that you could find that are very positive expectation. The problem is Bovada is aware of that, and once they find that someone is primarily a prop better, they cut them off very quickly. And I hear they're cutting people off quicker than ever. When I say cutting them off, they don't ban them, but they prevent them from placing prop bets for more than like $20. So some people attempt to get around that by making accounts in friends or relatives' names. And they think they're all clever until 
Bovada, you know, catches something that associates the two accounts, either the same IP address or going on from the same device or or just some, something that they can associate a banned prop better from a, a new person who suddenly shows up betting props, and they, they freeze both accounts, and then you have to convince them uh, to reopen it, which isn't always easy. Again, they're, they're not necessarily trying to steal from you, but at the same time, uh, they see what you're doing. That one is a little more defensible, because that one you're just creating new accounts to place bets that they're actually really offering. And, and, and so... Basically, they're trying to say you're too good for us. Don't continue playing, and then you 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 play under an assumed name. So uh, the the point is here: these days really do seem to be over as far as Bovada and its associated sites are concerned. Whether you think they're doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing or somewhere in the middle, it's not going to be successful anymore. Don't do this stuff because they are very very hard line now in catching that. What will probably happen is they will probably freeze your account at some point. Or you go to withdraw and they will not let you withdraw. Something's going to happen, which is going to be a lot of hassle, and they may end up keeping your money. And if you think you can go to 2 plus 2 and whine about this, think again. Uh, Nobody has very much sympathy for an obvious bonus whore or angler. People have sympathy for those who are wrongfully targeting you. Like If you're playing on a poker site and the poker site just takes your money, Without good reason. Yeah, you're going to get backing on 2 plus 2 about that. But if it's clear you're trying to game their system and they catch you and take your money, no one's going to give a crap. They're going to say you had it coming. And this guy created a thread on 2 plus 2. It has all of like uh, five posts and none are very supportive of this guy. So, and he created this like a a week ago. So, uh, no one's going to come to your rescue. No one's going to be outraged on, on your behalf. So, my advice is anything that's associated with Bovada... Even if it's tempting to angle or abuse their bonuses, don't, because they're really watching out for that now. So don't angle or abuse their bonuses. Don't uh, sports multi-account. All these things that you think are clever and are going to make you money on there, it's, even if they worked in the past, they're not going to work anymore. So that's, that's just my advice. I'm not trying to even make moral judgments about this. I, I understand why people do this. I don't even feel bad about Bovada when people pull this on them because they're... You know, the whole point with casinos, it's a constant game of one-upmanship. The casinos constantly trying to weigh, find ways to take the players' money, and the players fi- trying to find ways to take the casinos' money. It's it's a back and forth. So, um, I don't fault the casino so much for trying to make money from its customers, and I don't fi- fault the customers for finding advantage plays when the casino offers things that are vulnerable to put the player in the driver's seat. So just, uh, even if you're tempted, don't do it. So let's do a, a roll call here. Uh, Calwatt, are you here? No. Calwatt, are you here? Yeah, he is here, I think. Very temporarily. Very temporarily. What about you, Brandon? No, don't play uh, slots only. Oh, thank you. And uh, Trader Ruski, have you woken back up? I'm right here. No, no trader risky. I see, I see him, but but I don't I'm hear here. Him. I don't see him. Just making tea. No, he's gone, man. Yeah, he's been gone a while. I just see his picture. I just I just kind of feel like he's with us. Okay, so the no limit Hold'em bot that was named uh, Libratus that beat all these uh, really good heads up players, including Doug Polk. 
it is it has been fine tuned to be even better and is going to be playing again this time in a way for real money it's going to be playing in china of all places in an exhibition match it's going to be renamed it's it's uh i don't even like the new name let's see i can find it it's called uh uh, Leng Pudashi. I don't know what. I think it's uh, maybe that's Chinese, but it's, it's that means in some other language, cold poker master, which even sounds Asian. Leng Pudashi is the name of this bot now from Liberatus, or Liberatus, not even Liberatus. The match uh, apparently is already taking place. It it started on April sixth in China, which is almost a day ahead of us. So. It's uh, They're probably starting the second day right around now. They're only going to be playing 36,000 hands. And uh, it's it's going to be going against a number of Chinese players, including 2016 World Series of Poker Bracelet winner Al- Alan Du. And uh, I give it, I'm going to give the Chinese credit. You know, they had to pick a, a team name for their uh, their human team. And they told them, look, you're in China, but you don't necessarily have to pick a stereotypically Asian name. So they thought about it. They said, okay, we came up with an idea. They said, what's the name of the team? Our name is uh, Team Dragons. (laughs) Yeah, Team Dragons is the name of the Chinese team that's going to be playing the bot. And they're going to be playing for $290,000. But it does not appear that anyone is putting up this money who's playing. It appears that's just a stipend that is, I don't know who's funding it, but someone's funding this. And it's a winner-take-all prize. I believe either uh, the computer will win and the uh, those that develop the bot will get the 290000 or the players will win and they'll split the 290000 which is being put up by uh, unknown parties. So there's no money as actually being risked. And it's also being conceded that because the match only has 36,000 hands, that the players have a higher chance to win due to variance. The other match where they all lost was 120,000 hands. And that made it more likely that the superior skill would show through, which was clear that the bot had the most skill of anybody. So we will see what happens there with this match in China. Dive Bar Dave is saying in the chat that the the intro to this bit and the main bit were about the same length. It's probably true. And that's even with just me talking because we have a a, a tired Calwatt and uh, and Brandon who has lost the energy to talk as much because uh, Michelle's gone. No, I don't play on slots online. Okay, and that too. Okay, here's here's a topic that's uh, not about slots online. The Trump Taj Mahal has sold. The Trump Taj Mahal, it's it's been discussed for a while that it was for sale and that it might sell. It it actually has sold. The Atlantic City Trump Taj Mahal, which uh, was once considered a crown jewel of Atlantic City and rapidly became a has-been, especially when the Borgata came on the scene. Uh it has been sold, and the new owner is the Hard Rock, which we keep seeming to talk about on this show tonight. 
Uh, now, keep in mind, even though it's called the Trump Taj Mahal, it was not owned by Donald Trump. He did not sell this. It's, uh, it was owned by Carl Icahn, who got it in February 2016. In fact, Trump hasn't owned it for a long time. But uh, Icon uh, agreed to sell this to the Hard Rock about a month ago, but the sale was not final, and there were even some rumors that it may not go through. But it did, and uh, this is what Jim Allen, the chairman of Hard Rock International, said. We are excited to be part of this revitalization of Atlantic City. <laughs> That's, that's never going to happen. There's not going to ever be a revitalization of Atlantic City. It's only going to get worse. Uh, creating thousands of jobs to help local employment. We are 100% convinced that Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic City will be a success. <laughs> I, I wish I could bet against this. This is going to be such a fail. Uh, then Icon, he responded with his own take on this. He said, we're extremely happy with our ownership of the Tropicana Casino and Resort, and after considerable analysis and deliberation, we determined that we only wanted to own one operating casino property in Atlantic City, because they own the Trop, too. Uh, A sale of the Taj Mahal therefore represents the optimal outcome for us. We wish Hard Rock and its partners the best of luck with the Taj Mahal. It it is the optimal optimal outcome, because he, uh, he gets rid of that troubled property, which has become a disaster, and wasn't even open anymore. So they're they're actually uh, I, I guess they had a press conference yesterday. Though I I didn't see it, but I guess they had that. They're going to attempt to reopen the Taj Mahal as the Hard Rock Casino in the spring of 2018. Hard Rock has never had a property in Atlantic City. They've wanted one there, but uh, they do not have one. And uh, they also attempted to build a casino at the Meadowlands Racetrack. But uh, New Jersey residents voted down that idea. They actually had to be voted in in a referendum, and the referendum lost. The Taj opened in 1990. At the time, he called it the eighth wonder of the world. And uh, it, it pretty much... It was all downhill from there. Though at, at one point, it was at least a, a pretty relevant property in Atlantic City. It even was featured famously in Rounders. But uh, the Borgata was... You ever a, stayed there before? No, no. But I, I think I've told the story before. When I, The first time I went to Atlantic City was in 2007. And, and my then-girlfriend, Miri, uh, she kept insisting we stay at... Uh, the Taj Mahal, because she kept saying she heard that was the best place. She really wanted to stay there. She was obsessed with the Taj Mahal. And I said, no, no, no. I heard the Borgata is the best place. We're not doing it. She was very pissed at me. I just put my foot down. I said, no, I'm, I'm getting the Borgata. So we went to the Borgata. Then she was happy when she saw the Borgata. She thought it was nice. She was uh, impressed with the Borgata. So she was happy with that. But then, of course, we went down to take a look at the Trump anyway. So we pulled into the Trump, and there's like a bum sleeping in the hallway between the garage and, and the casino. <laughs> And right then she realized we we totally made the right decision. And then the poker room had all these like shady people hanging around in there and the, the whole place looked like a complete dump. I kid you not, and I have a picture of this on my phone. The last time and maybe it was there the first time, but the last time I was at the Taj uh three two thousand fourteen, 
they had a sign in the first men's ba- in the first men's bathroom when you walk in off the street, and the sign said "No bathing allowed." <laughs> I kid you not. They had a fucking no bathing sign in the bathroom because homeless people would go in there and shave and freshen up. I guess crazy. That's, that's funny. Uh, now the Trump they had uh, labor issues too. And I, I thought the union was wrong here. Basically, the, the the Trump was losing money. The Taj Mahal was losing money, and they so so they were trying to tell the union, "Look, uh, we can't give you all the benefits you had before. We just can't afford it. So either you've got to take cuts, or we're going to have to close." So the union basically gave them the finger and said, "All right, screw you. We're, we're not giving up benefits. We we're used to these benefits. This is what we've bargained for." So f you. Find a way to well, pay for. Hold it. on, that's actually not entirely correct. Just just to give it better, you know, just a caption for the audience. The Taj was owned under previous ownership, which still wasn't Trump, and it was going to get closed. This was like three years ago, two and a half years ago. Icon came in, bought it, pumped like fifty million into it, and then that's when that happened. Well, you know, so you it know, wasn't you know, like but, but, you know but what I, I'm saying. I, like I think, he actually uh, basically saved it. Because these people are going to be out of jobs anyhow. Right, no, but I thought and I thought there came... was a problem first, and then Icon bought it, and then then he had the, the, the problem. The, the problem, the, well, the problem was it was going to go bankrupt. They they didn't have enough money. Well, I know they didn't that's, have I, enough... that's what I'm saying. I, what I remembered, and I, I don't know this 100. percent What I remember is that they had these labor issues with the previous owner before Icon. Then Icon bought it and said and said he would inject money into it, uh, but he would only put the money in if the union agreed to these concessions and they again said F you we're the, not doing it. Okay, the main the main concession and I'm not I'm not discounting anyone and, and you know, like you said, I don't think it's as easy as saying that, that I mean he basically did call their bluff, but it was over health care. That oh, wait, was wait, wait, the main I, issue. I'm, I'm seeing it here. I'm seeing the uh, I'm not hundred percent correct here. Here here's here's what happened. When he they actually did uh, give the concessions the union. They actually did give up the the health care and pension benefits, but he also tied this to tax breaks that New Jersey had to give him, and they refused that. So then he still didn't contribute the funds. So it was actually the tax. I, I'm pretty him. sure it was the health care though that closed at the, the end. The, no, that was what the, was the last? I, well, I believe okay, that. I when, believe when the Taj when the Taj closed, they were actually on strike. Right. In fact, they probably still are on strike. But weren't they on strike for these health care? Benefits that they wanted that were similar to other casino employees in the city. I'm pretty sure that was the case. Yeah, I remember reading yeah. a lot about um, this. Let me see. It's a, the union attempted to negotiate with him and his company to restore their benefits. Okay, so okay, so so because um, they I, had scabs in there. Okay, up I, until I, like I, when it closed. I, I think I think I see what happened here. I think when he took over, he said he wanted these concessions that he'd inject a hundred million into it. But they had to give these concessions, including losing the health care and the, and the pension, and, and he'd also have to get these tax breaks. Well, so then he they the union said okay to the concessions, but then he didn't get the tax breaks. He's like, okay, well then I'm still not doing it. So then, then they wanted their their stuff back, and uh, to restore their benefits, and he said, no, we can't. Yeah, we still can't give it to you because we don't have the money, and so uh, that that's that went until the end, and then it finally closed. So. That, that's what I believe occurred. That they, at first they agreed to give it up, believing money is going to get injected there, and then it never got injected because he didn't get the tax breaks. Then they wanted to bring back the benefits, and he said no. So, But the, the bottom line is here, uh, when you're working for a property that's about to go under because it's losing money, 
Uh, if you're told you've got to give up such and such benefits for us to stay alive, you've got to decide. You know, do I is no job better than a job with reduced money? And I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It's like if they say we're going to cut your salary in half, you probably say, okay, f you. I'd rather have no job. I'd rather go somewhere else, uh, make more money. If they say you've got to just lose your health benefits, but yeah, which isn't good. I can understand why people don't like that. But if if it's that or just lose a job completely, you may you may want to give up the health benefits because that's not necessarily being done out of greed. That's being done to keep the company alive, and that's. I can understand a union not wanting to give that up because the company wants to make more money. But if the, if the company's not surviving and is about to close, then you really do have to consider what part can we do to keep this open and keep everyone's jobs. So anyway, that's all done, and we will. Uh, I, I think I think we figured this out here, but uh, it's going to. Well, you know up. what I mean. When you say that that area is never going to be, I mean, it's never going to be the same, of course, but a lot of market experts have basically just said it was a market correction, that there never should have been that many casinos, and now it's basically somewhat correct. Um, I know I was reading an article just recently, and it said that uh, all the properties that are remaining, I don't remember, is it five that are there now? Five or six? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that that they all showed profits for whatever the last quarter was that they reported. But you know what? I can see the Hard Rock going in there, and they're marketing it to like this young crowd. They put some pretty hip clubs in there, and you know maybe like a Nobu, like they have in Vegas. You know, I don't remember there's a there being a really good sushi, you know, play. You know, whatever. Just you know, like a beach club. I don't know, just something hip. I know the uh, Revel tried doing something like that, but just kind of making it for young people, like a a big, you know, beach party on on the East Coast and the place to be. And, I mean, I could see it taking off. I mean, I could I could I, see I the Hard Rock brand in general is a successful brand. I, I still don't um, see it. I see – I think Atlantic City is just a has-been that is it, – it's, it's getting its well, market. Well, I'm talking it, about just the property per se. I'm not talking about the, the entire region. I mean, look at the Borgata. Through all that's happened, the Borgata is still profitable. I'm just talking about – them making a profit, running their business and making a profit. Well, I know, and and being but, a I, but I think I think opening up another casino at this point, I think it really is saturated, and it's only going to get worse because, like for example, New York keeps talking about opening up uh, casinos there, like in New York City. Um, if this happens, that's going to kill Atlantic City because a lot of people still come from there. It, it, it's happening that more and more East Coast. At one point, if you wanted to gamble on the East Coast and didn't want to fly all the way to Vegas, you go to Atlantic City. That was the only option. Then the Indian casinos opened, and just more and more casinos yeah, were opening. You, but you know what? When I moved, I moved here and right after nine eleven, and within months, maybe a year of moving out here, I heard I read the same things in the paper every day. I read the same articles, and everyone was worried. The first thing they were worried about, this happened twice since I've lived out here. And what was a concern you think I read in 2002 about Vegas's future? Take a guess. Um, 2002, whether people aren't going to fly out here because of a 9-11? No, the, no that Vegas's future was doomed because of the, all the Indian casinos springing up oh. in California. And we were going to lose all those weekend tourists and, and you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, think about it. I mean... You know, even though it's only 15 years ago, go back to 2002, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about these card rooms, but I'm talking about full-fledged Vegas-style casinos. 
they weren't they, maybe there was what one or two in California. I mean, they weren't prevalent at all. No, no, there were more. There I mean, were more. A lot of them were not I mean, as uh, they they were not as large as they are today. But they were. I mean, they weren't Vegas, they weren't Vegas style casinos. There were some. I, play, I, I played in some back then, so I, I know that. But. Well, well, right. But I mean, what I'm saying is they were far and few between. I mean, well, just go look at the numbers. There's a lot more. There's so, more today, and, and the ones that were there are much bigger today than they were in 2002. But uh, what what I'm saying is, I can still believe. Like looking back at that, I know you can say it's just hindsight, but looking back at that, I can see why those did not kill Vegas because Vegas it's not just about gambling. And even in 2002, they had already made that transition away from just gambling. And these these out-of-the-way Indian casinos in California, they can't provide the same degree of, of entertainment and and the allure that, that Vegas itself can provide. So even if people well, just... I'll tell you, I, I stopped off maybe 10 years ago at this resort on the way to San Diego. I think it was a Pechanga. Is that the, the, the big one? That's one of them, yeah. I bl- yeah, and it, it, it was amazing. It, it could have been a it could have been a resort on the strip. I mean, it was that big, and I remember thinking I'm there on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week, and I'm there like at noon or one o'clock. You know, we just stopped off to check it out and maybe have some lunch or something. And the place is packed, and I mean, I'm walking around, I'm looking at you know. And back then, I don't know what the laws are now, but back then they didn't have Vegas. Everything was the same as Las Vegas, except for they didn't have Vegas style roulette or craps because of a provision in, in their or, agreement. Or, or sports bet. For, well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's just a given. There's nowhere in, in, in the United States. But, but you know, so they dealt craps. I don't know. Have you ever seen this? With, yes, with yeah, the card the cards. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, and then the way they went around roulette is apparently the way the law was written, written was that it stated that you could not have any game that a result occurred by a dealer spinning a ball. And that's how they worded it. So what they did is that was what brought the introduction of the mechanical roulette wheels where there's not an actual dealer. That's how it started, by the way. I don't know if you know that now no, you I see them that. in all these casinos. And, you know, part of the reason is it just it's cost effective I and mean, you pay, you know, a one time fee or you pay a monthly you know, leasing fee for these roulette machines. But you don't have to worry about dealers, you know, and, and they run 24 hours and they just sit there if no one's playing. So but but anyhow, you know. I walk into this place, Struff, and it's, I guess, the middle of the week, and all the blackjack games, I remember, I remember, I mean, I remember looking at this. They're all $25 and up, and I'm just thinking, I mean, maybe there's a couple, like, 10 or 15, but the, the majority of them were $25 games, and it's packed, and it's a Tuesday, and I'm just thinking, where are all these fucking people coming from? Like, why don't they have jobs? Where are they, you know, you know what I mean? That it's a, it's, it's a weekday in the afternoon. And but anyhow, that resort itself, I remember thinking this could this was like nicer than the Treasure Island or Excalibur or Luxor. I mean, this was a, a nice full-fledged resort. But anyhow, after that, even the doom for Vegas was, and this was before Macau even had a Sands and a Win and in any other properties. People were of the belief they were doomed theirs that thought that the high roller market in Vegas was done, mainly Big Baccarat, which brings in, as you know, a ton of income. You know, the, the Chinese gamblers, um, you know, why would they fly all the way to Vegas when they can go to Macau? And they were going to lose all that money, and they were especially worried because this was still roughly, you know, right after 9-11, and people weren't traveling, people weren't spending money. And a lot of people predicted the doom of Vegas then, that there wasn't going to be any more expansion, and, you know, it just it was going to be a really, really bad period, maybe some contraction of casinos, and it never happened. So I guess what I'm saying is anywhere now, 
you know, I don't know the actual numbers, but I could probably guess probably what would you say 90% of, of this country within what maybe a two or three hour drive of a casino at the most. I mean, that's kind of how it is now. You know, most of this country, yeah, yeah. When, when I left, when I listen, when I left Florida in, uh, I graduated college in 1999 and I, you know, that was in Florida state. That was in the panhandle of Florida. So I wasn't near any of the action anyhow, but when I left Florida, they had nothing. They had a hard rock, which just, you know, the one they have now that just had slots only. And there was not no poker, no table games, nothing in that state. And now I, I still haven't been down there, believe it or not. But now from what everyone, you know, what I've read, what I've seen, it's basically a full, full-fledged full Vegas casino down there. Uh, I mean, is that correct? They have, you know, the, the craps, they have roulette, they have I, table I, games, I, they have I don't slots. Know Florida, I don't know Florida that well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they've expanded a lot. Um, but, but, but I guess the, the point I'm making is, what would you guess? Like the average resident of this country in the continental U.S., would you say that, that the majority of them are within a two- or three-hour you know, drive of some casino, some land-based casino somewhere? Um, a lot Is of that... them are. Not, I know Texas doesn't have it really. Like they have a, I think they have some very limited form of gambling there, but for, for a lot of them, I, they have the Oklahoma. I think Texas just has bingo. Yeah, they have the Oklahoma casinos, but you have to be in the northern part of Texas to be close to that. So a lot of those people don't have it, but of course the eastern Texas has uh, Mississippi. So yeah, there's a, I, most of the people are within a reasonable drive to a casino, uh, but it, it's still different. It's still different to just have a casino. Like you mentioned Pachanga and be, being nice and looking like a... a, like a it was gorgeous. Like a, a nice, a nice gorgeous. Vegas resort, but the problem is if you want to leave Pachanga... You leave and you're just part of a, a regular city, you know, called Temecula, that's in Southern California. Yeah, that's, that's not, the one then. That's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's not even that close to anything in in uh, in Southern California that you'd want to go to. So you're just isolated there, and and it's it but starts. You it, mean for the consumer that's visiting the property? I'm talking about for somebody from somebody in the area. It's fine if they just leave there and go back home. So like people living by Temecula, yes, there's a a big advantage. Uh, for them to just go to Pachanga rather than travel all the way to Vegas. But but even a lot of those people will go to Vegas because they still like what Vegas brings that that they don't get they just get the pure gambling out of the casino that's by them and it's it's different. So that's that's why is that Vegas it's a whole city of, of a lot of different things Vegas that these that you can't replicate by just throwing a right. you know even but, a nice But one. for the serious gambler and that's what you know Vegas caters to or at least wants to cater to most of them you know, you could go to somewhere, you know, even Caesars, Bellagio, and you don't even have to leave the resort for your entire duration. Many people don't. I mean, I'm not, you know, not talking about those that come with kids and family and, the, you know, they want to do that whole thing. But, I mean, you tell me, has there ever been a time that you've come here by yourself just to gamble, not having any other expectations of the trip and you're alone and you've never left where you were staying or, you know, or within maybe a small little radius? Yeah, and I yeah. know I have yeah, many yeah, times. Yeah, that's uh, yes, but I'm just I'm stating that. Um, but you, even if you don't do it, you know you have the option to. You know it, there's other stuff out there. Even if you choose not to, like oh I don't feel like I'm just going to hang out at the casino. It's a different feeling than like I'm in the middle of nowhere and I'm kind of just trapped here. This is my only option, and I'm here for all these days. It, it's it's a different feeling than where you have a whole city of this and you have a whole city of of entertainment and dining options that you don't really have. And that's why these California casinos. Uh, while some of them do well, uh, they're still not 
taking away from Vegas as much as some people thought. Atlantic City is a different situation. They also have some other challenges, like the the it, it, the neighborhood's very bad. There's a lot of crime there. There's a lot. Of, the place is kind of seen as a slum. Uh, a lot of the place actually is a slum. Uh, so there's uh, the problem is a lot of people were coming to Atlantic City even though they didn't like it very much, just because it was really the only option on the East Coast to gamble without having to fly to Vegas. So as casinos opened, they were much closer to where these people lived on the East Coast, you know, in Maryland, in, uh, in, in Boston, in Connecticut, you know, all these places that, that got casinos, and many times nice casinos. They're like, okay, well, I didn't like Atlantic City that much anyway. Now I have somewhere else to gamble that's close to me. Screw it. I, now I really have no reason to go there. Whereas Vegas, I think people come because they actually like Vegas. They like the city of Vegas. They like the atmosphere of Vegas. That's different. I think Atlantic City doesn't have that many people that truly like it, but just more went there because that was the place you had to gamble. And But maybe but maybe that, that was the case. But now then explain how it's still have, you know making a profit. Well, All because... the casinos that are in the city – I don't know when, when I read this statistic it was probably for maybe like the second quarter or third quarter of 2016 all had profits. So well, because, all because they, they the have first a, because time they in. have because right they've 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 it's been whittled down to much many fewer casinos and they still have a big market of people that are close or fairly close to it in New York City and and uh, and throughout a lot of Jersey. This is the place that you're closest to. So that's why a lot of people still go there. Even if they don't love Atlantic City itself, it, that's the convenient casino to a large section of the population. But if you take away the New York City crowd, which is obviously huge, then you've got a problem. If you lose the New York City crowd for Atlantic City, you've got a problem. It, it's already kind of moving in that direction. And I'm not an, an expert on the East Coast market. I don't go there very often. I'm actually going to be there pretty soon, but I, I don't go there uh, very often. So... Uh, there's a lot of people who know more about this market than me, but uh, that, that's my observation. It just it, it reminds me a bit of Yahoo. Yahoo, they keep talking about all the different things that they could possibly do with it that that might revitalize and make Yahoo relevant again. Well, they've been talking about that for a decade. Now. I know, and, I mean, and it, it isn't going. It's a done deal, it, it, right? They it, missed it, the boat. It, it just it just keeps declining. And, and uh, I don't think it could ever be turned around. And that's why I, I feel about Atlantic City. Yes, they can keep closing properties and, and eventually, you know, they, they're going to have it's never going to have like no gambling in Atlantic City. There's, there's always going to be casinos there. Uh, and, and it's possible, you know, yes, it, it can keep making corrections and closing properties to where everyone in that area is forced to a few prop, one of a few properties and then they're all going to do well by default. But I, I, that's why I'm just questioning opening something new. I'm not questioning that. Well, they're not opening something. I mean, it's already we're not you're not talking about spending two billion dollars like the Revel did or you know two point two billion and building something from the ground up. It's already an established property. They'll come in there and they'll probably spend you know maybe two hundred million dollars renovating it, which they you know they have the money for that, and you know just making the room, refurbishing the rooms, and just making it more you know of of this era. I I remember when I I was there last time. That was one of the things I noticed. The rooms are really outdated. I mean, they had some nice rooms, but, you know, the furniture and the electronics, it was all just outdated. I think there's a lot that needs to be – I don't know if $200 million can do it. And, and also, I, I think that probably even the outside has to be changed because it's got that whole Taj Mahal look to it, and they can't uh, – I presume they want to get rid of that and change the outside of it. I, th- I have a feeling it's going to be an expensive renovation. So I, I just I, – and then it's a matter of once you spend that money, then you've got to be profitable. It's not just you spend the money on renovation. You well, but money. at least it's not like a company like the Revel where 
you know, they went into it and they didn't have deep pockets. And, you know, after a year of not making a profit, they were already headed into bankruptcy. I mean, the Hard Rock is, you know, they're deep pocketed at least. Their brand is. They have yeah. money in the bank. I mean, I'm not saying they can sit there and afford to hemorrhage money, but at least they can go into this and, you know, if it takes some time, at least they're going to be able to keep the lights on. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a better situation for them for sure. So Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's interesting just to see what's going to happen. And, you know, you still have the Revel, which, I mean, this is just hilarious. I, you know, I don't know if you've read anything about it, but I've, you know, maybe every two or three months I'll just Google, you know, read the news, the latest about it, because this is a property that was supposed to open up, you know, originally the middle or reopen, I should say, the middle of last year. And then it was, you know, right around Thanksgiving and then it was New Year's Eve and then it was, you know, during spring and this place is still shuttered and this guy i believe his name's glenn staub staub uh he he's a he is a real estate magnet based out of florida and he's the one that bought it for literally for pennies on the dollar and he's been fighting with you know the city and, and the commission for for about two years now over various things and uh, anyhow it's still not open and you know every time you go on the website they have a full you know a full website now promoting the resort and saying it's going to be open soon and we're taking reservations and you know now uh it's been I don't know, about at least close to a year since it, it you know they originally promoted it, it's going to be open but that place is just going to be a disaster anyhow uh whether they have gaming or whether they don't just have it as a full-fledged uh you know hotel um they don't need that i mean i, I could see maybe the hard rock slash you know taj mahal reopening and and just taking some of the market share and, and but two two places, not gonna happen. Especially two big places like that, you know, just not gonna happen at all. Um but it's interesting. I mean it's interesting to see what's what you know what will happen. Like I said, I stayed there I think three times I was there for at large, which is like, you know, the barge that I do here with Jeannie and my other friends, uh they have that there once a year, so the first two years I went to it, it was at the Taj. And, you know, I have to admit, it was kind of cool to play poker in that vintage poker room. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to go to a casino. It's, it's so weird. I never really understood this. How, you know, West Coast poker and East Coast poker, like we're talking about rappers, like rap wars from like the 90s, are so different. And what I mean by that is when, when I went there for the first time, you know, one of the biggest things I noticed is there's a ton of stud. There's a ton of stud players still. And you don't see that kind of action, even, you know, somewhere like Commerce, where you may see one or two stud games going. But I remember the first time I went to the Taj, there was like maybe 10, 12 stud games going. And it's just really odd. Like, why would one coast partake in a game, you know, so heavily, but the other coast doesn't even play it? Like, you know what I mean? It just seemed kind of strange to me. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with... Uh... With this hard rock, but we won't see for about a year because that's when they claim they will open. Yeah. If 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 even then. So Brandon, have you been to Caesar's Palace? I assume you haven't to the parking garage since they started charging in the South Park on April third. I have not. I uh, think the last time I was at Caesar's maybe September October of last year. It's been that long. Okay, so I I was I happened to run into that. I just very, very I read short, I read your very, post very on shortly, the Vegas Casino Talk. Right, very shortly after they opened this, I and I didn't know this. I, I saw them building it in February, but I I it wasn't done. It was it was still a free lot then. The self park. 
But um, they abruptly announced on March 30th that on April 3rd they were going to be charging for Self Park and that the system was ready. I had not seen that article, so I pulled up and was surprised by it. I pulled up and saw the uh, that little arm that's preventing you from driving in. And usually when you reach one of those arms in a parking lot, you've got to press a button, it gives you a ticket, you take the ticket, the arm opens, you drive through, and then you do something with the ticket before you leave. Either give it to an attendant or you put it in a machine, whatever. You guys are familiar with that. But this, in traditional Caesars form, was already highly confusing. So I pull up, I'm just about to press the button for the ticket, but I see all this writing all over the uh, the panel where you would be pressing the button. Not graffiti-type writing, but you know, printing on there for different options. And it's not laid out clearly. It's kind of all over the place. So it says, if you're a Total Rewards member, you have platinum gold, seven star, or platinum diamond, seven star, free parking. I- insert your card here. Then in another part of the panel, it says, insert your room key over here. And <laughs> another part of the panel is, pre- you know, press this button to get a ticket. And uh, what else? There was, I think there's a fourth thing you could do, too, there. So, it, oh, dri- scan your driver's tra- license. Right, scan you your, right, right, right. The very bottom yeah. to scan your driver's license. So there's four things you can do already, which is crazy. For, uh, pulling in, there's there's four things that you can choose to do: scan your driver's license at the very bottom, insert your room key, insert your total rewards card, or press a ticket, uh, press your button to get a ticket. And it's 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 not like well ordered on there. It doesn't say, well, do this first, do this second. It's just like all over the place. If you have this, do this. If you do there wasn't an option for a total rewards credit card then, huh? No, no. So You'd actually, well, I'm just saying because that's one of the perks of oh, the Oh, really? Card. No, no, it wasn't there. So so I was already confused. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Should I get a ticket and then yeah. do this? I, I had no idea. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to start with the safest thing, and that is to put in my total rewards card. I'm a seven star. I should get the free parking. So I I, uh, I almost pressed the button for the ticket, but I, I decided I'm going to do the seven-star card first. So I put the seven-star card in, just sits there, does nothing. Okay, lovely. So I pull it out, insert it back in, still nothing. Then I look, and in small print, it shows how to insert the card. You have to insert it upside down, where they stripe up. You know, that magnetic stripe on the back, it actually has to be up. So, okay, okay. I turned the card over, put it in, and it gave me some weird error code. And when I say weird error code, it wasn't like your card was not red, please try again. That would be a normal error code. I got something like, uh, um, you know, error 053, something, <laughs> something stupid like that, that is meaningless to anybody who, does not, who did not design this thing. So I said, okay, uh, now what do I do? Maybe, so then it said, like, error whatever, uh, and then it's press button for ticket. I go, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm afraid I'm going to be roping myself into paying here because the, the normal rate to park there is $10 per day. You get one hour for free. Then $7 if you're there for like a f- up to a few hours, and it's and then it's $10 if you want to be there for the whole day. Uh, what is what is the perk for locals? Is it like MGM <laughs> offered, which was the first eight months or whatever it was until the New Year started, that it was free for them as well? No, is that you, what they're doing? No. You, you, a local from with a, last, with a Nevada ID gets 24 hours for free. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, but but that's reasonable. I mean, if you're a local, why would you need to be there more than 24 hours? What if anyhow? you're what if you're staying here? You know, what if you're uh, okay? Well, if you're staying there, then most likely you'd have a platinum or higher card, and you'd be able to stay no, for park for free. I just think it's stupid. Why not just let you park for free? Why, why this 24 hour rule? It's dumb. Uh, so anyway, 
so it's uh, so I was confused what to do. So I I tried one more time. I pulled it out, put it in the right way again. This time it said something like "Welcome, Todd." So I knew it must have read my card to know who I was. And uh, then I think, well, should I press the ticket? Nope. The gate opened. I go, okay. So I took my card back, drove in. I'm all proud of myself. I go, wait a minute. No ticket was ever dispensed to me. So, yeah, I got in, but how do I get out? Getting out is the harder part. So I still don't know. I, ha- I, it's, uh, I haven't driven the car out of there yet. So I, I drove in, and I parked. And then I, I went to the hotel check-in. And a, a fairly new employee checked me in there. This is not in the uh, Seven Stars Diamond Room. It was just at the. It was late at night, so it was uh, just at the regular front desk. And she asked me during the check-in process, "How many cars do you have?" Now, what would you have answered there? One. Ah, look at Calwatt's still awake. Barely. Wow, I, th- I for sure you were gone. Yeah, that's what I answered. One, because I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking. Okay, that's the answer to the question. I have one car. How many cars do you have? One. Okay. Then I go. Oh crap! I should not have said that. Why? Be- why do I have to associate this with my room? Seven stars supposedly have free parking, and it's not for any time limit. I can I can park as long as I want as a seven star, for free, whether I stay in Caesars or not. So. I, I thought, wait a minute, why do they need to associate this with my room? I, I'm afraid that's just going to give potential, more potential for fail here. I no, that's exactly what you're doing. So it's exactly what you're doing. I had the same fucking thing happen to me at the bank this week. So you're saying I'm correct to be skeptical of that? Oh, yeah, Drew. I mean, I, I went in there. I've got, a, I've got a transfer that I do twice a month, right? From my personal checking account to our joint accounts to, like, cover bills and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wanted to revise it down, right? So we go in there, and there's a new-looking guy, and he he brings them up. And I'm like, okay, I want those exactly the way they are. Just change the amount. And then I see him going in there to, like, add a new one. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I, can we just edit those? Just all you, I want everything the same, just change the amount. What should have been a, you know, a minute in there turned into an hour, where he ended up deleting the ones that were there, trying to add the new ones in, failing to add them correctly, just fucking everything up. He goes over to this manager guy, and he's just like, um, yeah, so I did this, and then this isn't working. And the manager is like, why didn't you just change the amount? <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and as an IT guy, you're, you know, I'm kind of sitting there biting my tongue as I watch this guy fumble through it. I almost want to be like, just give me the fucking keyboard, you know, and yeah, I'll that, do it for you. Right. But it's the same thing. You're, you're giving, you want to limit what they can do. So that you can limit what they can fuck up. Right, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly that's what exactly, I was thinking. You have to do Right, that. so that's what I said to them. I, I was saying, I don't see why we should add another variable to that. I don't see why we, why do we have to associate this and then give another possibility that I'm going to be charged when I shouldn't be? Why Why not just let the seven-star card handle the whole thing and pretend I have a no, yeah. no car? Well, this new employee was very unhappy about that. She kept saying, no, you can't do that. Uh, you know, I need to put the car on there. Um, we, we need to associate it. I kept saying, why? And she says, uh, well, don't worry. The system knows you're seven stars. It'll waive it. I said, but why do we even have to take that chance? Why don't we just 
not and she couldn't understand. She could not understand. I said, okay, let me break this down for you once again. If I am, let's say I'm not staying here. If I'm seven star, I can come here and stay as long as I want in the casino, and then leave whenever I want, and I won't pay, right? She said, yes. I said, okay. So then why do I have to associate this car with my room? I should be able to park. Why don't we just pretend I have no car and just let my seven-star card handle the parking part? And she, so she was still not having it. And uh, they, they didn't have that in her hour training seminar. Yeah, so, so, uh, so then she says, well, uh, you just have to, you, you just have to, well, the system needs to know. And she just, I said, please just enter zero cars. And she kept saying, I can't do that. I have to enter one. You know, you, you have to have your cars. And so I'm getting mad here. I'm going, look, I, I told you I don't, just forget I said it. So anyway, she finally gets flustered enough to go over to the supervisor. I didn't ask her the supervisor. She, she went to the supervisor who immediately agreed with me. Now, the supervisor didn't agree that they're going to fail, but the supervisor agreed that there's no reason to have to associate a car with it, with it, with the room, and that my seven-star card should work fine, and yes, yes, she can put zero. That, that woman was so not wanting to put zero once I said one. Like, like it was like a sin. Like, no, that would be lying to the system. She didn't say that, but that's the way she was feeling. Like, I told her I have one. How, how dare I say now I wanted to put zero? Anyway, uh, I talked to the supervisor, and the supervisor said, you look, the system's only a few days old. We haven't fully trained all the employees yet about, about what to do with this. You know, you're correct. Yes, you can put zero if you want. And uh, she... So if, if you come to Caesars, you meaning the listener here, and you get free parking, meaning if you're platinum or above, platinum, diamond, or seven stars. I would suggest do not associate this with your room because Caesars is notorious for fail, especially with new systems. They're terrible with new systems. They have tons of bugs in new systems here, and they are likely to screw something up. So you want to keep the points of possible failure to a minimum. So I would suggest only using your total rewards card to get in. Now, I think I know what they're going for. I think what they're going for is to try to make it like an integrated room key where you don't have to fumble around with two different cards. You don't need your total reward card to uh, to get into, in and out of the lot and, and then your room key to get in and out of your room. You can just use your room key for everything. I mean, yeah, but you need your total rewards card to play anyway. It's not that much of a pain in the ass to use your total rewards card to get in and out of the parking lot. It's not like you're going out in and out 10 times a day. So I wouldn't be screwing with it, especially at this point. I wouldn't associate it with your room at all. All you're doing is you're, you're giving it a chance to fail if it somehow does not properly see you as the tier that you are, and it'll charge you $10. And Sometimes it'll take it out of your rewards credits. You won't even know until it's too late. I wouldn't bother with all this crap. Now, the only good thing I've seen out of this whole parking mess at Caesars is that they've finally added something. Uh, they've added uh, an exciting piece of 2007 technology. I'm not even kidding. Or actually, maybe 2005 technology. W- when did the win open? Was It o- It wasn't 07. It was, it was either 04 or 05, I think, when it opened. But uh, when the win opened, they had this new feature that would show you how many open parking spaces there were on each level. And when I first saw that, I said, wow, that's so cool. Well, Caesars in 2017 has finally gotten on board with that, and they have that now. So the self-park now will tell you how many spaces there are on each level, which they didn't have before, which I think they just added to justify why they're charging for parking. Now they have a new thing they can point to. That is useful, but they can point to, oh, look, this is where the money's going. 
So if anyone bitches, they say, well, look, we're doing upgrades. Look, we had to, we had to put this in. We had to pay for it. So uh, one little tip about Caesar self-parking, by the way. Uh, if it's later at night, and I don't even mean like super late, like starting like 11 p.m., a lot of spots open up in the lot that are good spots. And it's kind of counterintuitive. You'd picture like, oh, Vegas, it's a 24-hour city. Everyone's, everyone's probably there at 11 o'clock. It's probably the busiest time. It's not true. So a lot of times people who have the best spots that came earlier in the day leave and those spots open. So there's a lot of spots. Yeah, you know why that is? Uh, it's probably also employees. Is that it too, you think? It's because of the forum. That's around the time people start leaving the forum that worked there. Yeah. You yeah. have to realize that they're, they use that garage as well. And you got you're talking maybe on a weekend, maybe five, 6,000 employees easily. Well, they, that, they have that signs work. that say they're not supposed to. I know some do anyway, but they have signs. They, oh, they I'm not talking about Caesars employees. Those signs are for Caesars, but I'm talking about, you know, people that work in, in you know, like Joe Stone Crab or, you know, any of the upscale oh, so, so, shops. So you're, so you're saying the forum shops, they're allowed, they're allowed, of, oh, they're allowed to do exactly. the forum shops? Okay. Yes. That's where, they, right. When you see signs that are like for employees, those are actual uh, you know, because I've had friends that have worked there, and I've asked them, like, Jesus, parking's got to be a disaster, you know, having to work there and navigate through there every day and getting in and out. But, yeah, those signs you see are for people that are actual direct employees in the casino, which is still thousands of people. Yeah. You know, but add on another five or 6,000 that work in the forums, and you got you got at the peak time maybe 10,000 people trying to get in and out of there. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, the worst thing, if you ever get – you know, I, the last time I visited uh, – Trader Ruski, we met, you know, he loves Spago and I love Spago as well. The last time I, I drove down there and I met him was on a weekend. I think it was a Friday night and I just happened to be getting in my car to leave right maybe five, ten minutes after Celine Dion let out. And it, it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to get out of that car. Yeah, I've seen, I was I've miserable. Seen, I've never been in I was one, miserable. I, I've never been in one, but I've driven in. It was literally a traffic jam in that garage. Right. I was miserable. I, I've driven in seeing the traffic jam getting out at times like that, and I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not leaving right now. <laughs> that's what I That's what I th- thought when I've driven in and seen that. So, yeah, so anyway, uh, if you come in like 11 o'clock or later at night, uh, definitely drive on level four, level three. Go towards the the end, towards the elevator, because you'll find spots right there. And uh, you only have to park in the crappier spots if you're coming at an earlier time when th- those spots are all likely full. So that's a little tip for the Caesars lot. I would love to see Caesars and many other uh, Total Rewards properties introduce seven stars only self-parking where they send you some sort of thing to hang on your uh your your mirror i know like they have at the rio i know the rio is is crappy though because it's for locals only and even if you are a local it's only hit and miss whether they're going to send you one and i even tried i remember i tried i came to them and said look i'm a local give me one and they said it's not that simple you know you they they told me it's this very difficult process to get one if you're not just automatically sent it and i tried and tried and i finally gave up but um that's they need that for seven stars. They need to just issue seven stars, like a, a thing you can hang on your rearview mirror, and which would allow you to park in seven stars only spots, which will be the best spots in the lot. That would be a really nice perk for seven stars because it's so frustrating at some of these properties to drive around and around and to try to find a good spot, and sometimes you have to end up far away or you, know, you have to search for a while. It'd be, it would be so 
Nice. Go, ah. Well, in their view, the way they alleviated that was about four years ago when they made the Flamingo only valet only for seven stars. But a lot of people don't want valet like me. A lot of people. Well, don't, I mean, I would say a lot of people. You're, you know, it's probably less than. I mean, if you asked, if you took a poll of a hundred seven star members and asked how many of them will never valet their car, what would you say? I guess maybe in the thirties. You know, the majority of people. You know, I, I would guess the majority of seven stars, if they were told they had their own valet just for them, they would be acceptable to that. See, I, I don't know. Um, I, see, I don't know the numbers, but I, I do know there are a number of people that uh, think like me that just see the valet as kind of a pain in the ass. It's uh, that just really prefer to just park it themselves and uh, and walk it themselves and and have a you know know the time. The, the worst thing about the valet is. You know, Tom Petty said the waiting's the hardest part, and he's right. It it really is because you just sit and sit and sit, and you don't know when it's ever coming. You you just you, you, it makes you don't see any progress being made. You're just standing, 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 waiting for the car. Sometimes it's a long time. Sometimes it's a short time. You don't ever know. Where when you park your car self parking, you you know exactly where you're walking, what progress you're making, when you're going to get there. It, it's 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 easy, it's straightforward, and you're in control of your own car. You don't have to worry about people messing with your car. Uh, denting it, uh, stealing things out of it. You're you're in full control of your vehicle. I, I always hate relinquishing control of my vehicle to strangers too. So I, there's others that feel like this. It's not just my idiosyncrasies with this. So. Right, but also you know, but a lot of if it wasn't your car, if you had rented a car like a lot of people do, would you care who was handling yes, I, it, who I, was driving? It, well, I I go through that a lot too when I'm traveling and I rented a car. Now I care less. But I, if, if given the choice between self-park and valet, unless the self-park is really inconvenient, then I, I choose the self-park because I still like having control of it. It's, it's so tilting to me to go to the valet, give them my ticket, and stand and stand and stand and just never know when it's coming. And I've had some nightmares. I always thought if, you know, the few times I valeted when I was seven-star, you know, show them your seven star card. Make sure they realize you're seven star, and they've always been pretty prompt. No, in the few I, times I valeted, but it's it's not a large sample size. So. Yeah, well, at Caesars, no. But when I, I remember at the Rio, I had a, I showed them the seven star card. I, I stood there for like twenty five their minutes or something. It was horrible, and uh, I said never again for that. And uh, the the only time I've done it at Caesars was when I was when I broke my ribs at Caesars three years ago. And there I was, you know, it was so painful for me to do anything. I, I didn't want to walk all the way to the self park. So, uh, so by the way, we've lost everybody except you, Brandon, just you and I, with Trader Ruski was gone a long time ago. And Calwatt, he, he gave us this final hurrah with, uh, his story about the bank. Then he just fell off. So just me and you, we're almost done with the show though. Um, let's see what we have here. Uh, MGM is going to be... Yeah, what's, what is left on the agenda? I don't even know what the agenda just, was. Just, just, just the, uh, I was going to mention MGM is, is raising their parking prices, and then we're just uh, talk about the, uh, the rates, the, the rake and the comps at various Vegas poker rooms, and that'll be it. All right. So, uh, to quickly cover the MGM thing. They were the ones who introduced the whole concept of paying for parking on the Vegas Strip, which seemed crazy at the time, but it uh, apparently isn't so crazy because it's actually uh, it's, it caught on everywhere. 
But MGM is not satisfied with just charging for parking. They are going to be raising the parking rates on April 12th. So they said that uh, they're going to be adding a new tier to the self-parking rates. Uh, Before they had parking for free for an hour, then parking for uh, one to four hours, and then parking for four or more hours. Now they're adding a new rate. There's one for one to two hours and one for two to four hours. So they're finding a way to uh, charge even more. Because the uh, well, I will say this for those that are listening: if you do come here and you don't have free parking for any for those two massive properties, I think other than all the MGM and all the Caesars properties, I know that uh, the Cosmo either they just started it or they're going to. Um, what other properties charge for parking now? I, I, know, I, the, I know, obviously, Palazzo doesn't. Yeah, I think I think it is only Caesars, uh, MGM Properties, and and Cosmo. Okay, well, I, there's nothing that you can do about the Cosmo that that I know of, other than you know, I assume if you're a platinum card holder there, which is our highest, you know, card level, you probably wouldn't have to pay, or if you're an invited guest. But for the other two properties, if you're here enough, uh, it's pretty simple what you can do if you just never want to have to deal with it. And this is what I've done. Um, both properties have a credit card, uh, and, and I'll just say it real fast. We'll make this a long segment. But, uh, the Total Rewards Visa, that's for Caesars, all Caesars properties, and the M Life MasterCard, um, and they give you other, you know, small perks. I think like you get secondary uh, card status. So I think like at MGM, what is that? What's it? I think it's gold, and then it's pearl, and then it's platinum. I think you're. Per- or platinum, something like that guaranteed. Same thing with, with Caesars, your platinum. And what's the entry level at Caesars? Is that gold as well? It's gold, yeah. Yeah, so you're the, you're the second one. And you get like, you know, bu- skip the lawn from buffets and some other s- small perks that aren't really worth it, but you get the free self-parking. And uh, so, you know, it's worth it. There's no annual fees for either card. In fact, both cards um, have 100, I think it's, Hundred dollar. I know that's what MGM had, and I think that's what Caesars. Yeah, yeah. Had the, after, after buffet spend, offer. Right after you spend, uh, after you spend seven fifty in three months. Yeah, exactly. I, in fact, I know, I know MGM still has this the offer of seven fifty, and then you get a hundred dollars in express comps that you can use for any you know kind of food, anything owned by MGM, or you can actually even convert it to free play. But anyhow, there's no annual fee. Um, the only thing you'd have, and another good thing about it, if you're not out here, and this is a, a very good perk. Um, if you're not out in Vegas a lot, but when you do come, you play pretty heavily. As long as you use that card once every six months, I believe, uh, it's just the same as if you put your card in, put a dollar in a slot machine, or bought in at a blackjack table. It shows activity, so you'll be able to rede- you know keep all your reward credits. Meaning, like you know, what, Caesar six months or is it? Yeah, a year? Six months, I always yeah. forget. Yeah, six months. Yeah. So, you know, I don't play at, at, you know, those properties very often. I mean, I'm a local and none of the games are really appealing to me, but I swipe that card, even if I just, you know, put $20 in gas on my car and I'm, I'm good for six months. So that actually is another pretty decent perk. That's just a way to make sure you don't lose whatever comp dollars you have on your card. Yeah. Um, if you don't have good credit, uh, you know, meaning you probably can't get approved if you have a trusted or a family member that I should say trusts you. 
you know, you could always do that as well and have them add you on as an authorized user, a spouse, a parent, a brother, a sister, and you'll have the same benefits as, uh, you know, the cardholder. My dad, for instance, is on both my cards, not because he has bad credit, but just because we didn't see a need for both of us just to get, you know, our own individual card when we're only really using it for that perk. So that's the simplest way. And if you get that card, as long as you're in good standing, you make your payments on time, you'll never have to worry about parking, uh, nor will you have to worry about losing comps, letting comps get expired, et cetera. So that's something to think about. Again, it's the MLife MasterCard and the Total Rewards Visa. And then, you know, I did both those things. And if I do have to, you know, park any of those properties, and I, I try not to because uh, it's a clusterfuck. I mean, imagine – Caesars, the way it is, it's never been the easiest garage to especially get out of if it's busy. Now imagine you're waiting behind people that have to pay yeah. or they have to navigate it. It's it, it, it just it's yeah, awful. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a so, pain in the ass. So yeah, yeah. So but anyhow, those are the two routes I would go. Um, you know, there's no reason why anyone should ever have to pay for parking. I mean, there's just it, it's it's yeah. You should really avoid fucking it. absurd. Yeah, I agree. It is absurd. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk a bit about the rake at various Las Vegas casinos, because I get these questions a lot about uh, what's the best place to play poker in Vegas, and that's a hard question to answer. So There really isn't. There isn't. There's no real way to answer this. So it, it depends what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for a... Um, like let's say you want limit hold'em at, at mid or high stakes, you, you have to play at the Bellagio. There's no other game that runs, um, so a lot of it's game dependent, and uh, there's a lot of other thing factors that uh, you know how nice the room is, how nice the staff is, uh, what kind of comps they give, what kind of rake they charge, uh, how, how how many fish there are in the game. You know, each room has different things that are good and bad about it. I'm not saying there aren't rooms that are better than others, but uh, there's no concrete way to give an answer to that of what is the best room. So we're not going to attempt to do that here, but uh, Poker News made a nice list of the maximum rake, and these are these are rake games, and I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, games of the time charge. So if you're playing at Bellagio, you know, 2040 limit of some sort, for example, uh, there's going to be a time charge of that game that's not going to apply to this. But the, but the, uh, the comps per hour will apply, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, so I'm really talking about any game that has a rake. And we're going to be talking about what the max rake they can take out of the pot. That is, no matter how big the pot is, it's the maximum they can take out of it. And and also how what comps you're going to be earning. And a lot of times these comps are not real comps. You can't you often can't convert them to free play or use them everywhere. But usually they're, they're some sort of like food comps that you can use to order food or buy food at the property. So uh, some some are better than that. But well, I would actually say more times than not, you can't convert them to free play. Yeah. I, I don't recall. Um, and I've, I've only played in the upper, you know, I, I don't know about places like Cooters or, you know, just the smaller properties. But I've never even heard of a casino that lets you convert poker comps yeah, into yeah, free play. I, I, I haven't either, no. So, okay. so anyway, I'm going to give you the list of them here, and then you can decide for yourself uh, which ones you prefer. Now, when you look at max rate and comps, you can't just subtract it. You can't say, well, the max rake is four and the comp per hour is two, so four minus two. Well, first of all, you're, you're going to probably be raked much more than once per hour. 
Uh, so that's uh, that's one thing. Uh, second, uh, comps again are not real money. That's just uh, to buy things, usually food there. And there's even ways you can lose them; they can expire. So it it, it comps are not worth the same as real money, uh, as far as these type of comps by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it's still worth knowing what they are and factoring that into your decision. So the aria, I'm doing the alphabetical order as they're listed here. Max rake of four dollars, you earn two dollars of comps per hour. Bally's, Ario is an MGM property, by the way. Bally's max rake of five dollars. That's not good, because uh, of all these I'm listing here, there's not going to be any above five dollars for max rake. So the max rake is five dollars and only one dollar in comps per hour. So that's not. A, not you a also rate. have to remember, I don't think that those numbers include any possible casinos or poker rooms that may offer some sort of high hand. I know we don't have that many bad beat jackpots in Vegas or a couple places that have it, mainly I think local places, but I know some of the places you mentioned have like high hands, like, you know, straight flushes or, you know, four quads of, you know, certain thing. I know I've seen that, you know, in, in various poker rooms, um, you know, on this trip, like I know I've seen like Flamingo or maybe it was Bally's has some sort of, you know, promotion like that. And when you see those promotions, don't ever think that casinos are being generous or not. You're paying for that. Yes. Yes. So you're always paying for it. Yeah. And I, and I don't have on this list, which ones have this, uh, these high hand promotions and which ones don't. But, uh, anyway, uh, so Bally's is not a good one. There's Caesar's property, but they have a $5 max rake and only $1 comp per hour. Bellagio, $4 max rake, $2 comp per hour, same as uh, Aria, both MGM properties. Binion's, this has been place, same thing, $4 Binion's doesn't have a poker room anymore. Oh, it's got, well, So scratch that. So how, how did they come up with that? This is a recent article. I don't know. That's they cool. lost their poker room about six, eight months ago. <laughs> okay. This must be old research. Boulder Station, $4 max rake, $1 comp per hour. And they have a they have a bad beat, so add another dollar to that. Yeah, add another dollar. Yeah, those usually are not good for the player because the house takes their piece of it. So it's not just you're paying for it; you're paying for it and more. Uh, Caesars, four and two. The they Canter- used to have a high hand. I don't know if they still do. Yeah, I don't know if they do. You might. It's been a long time since I've been there. Uh, the Cannery, four dollar max rake, but only one dollar comp per hour. Club Fortune. They have a lower rake, only three dollars max. You only earn one Club comp per hour. Fortune. Where's that? I don't know where it is. I, I was going to never you. heard of it. If you can find fifteen Club, years, never heard of it. If you can find Club Fortune, you're going to save a little bit of rake. But they're not the only three dollar. I'll get to another three dollars soon. Excalibur, four dollars max rake, two dollar comp per hour. Flamingo, they have a high end. Flamingo, another Caesar's property that's not a good deal. Five dollars max rake, one dollar comp per hour. Golden Nuggets, Jesus, four dollars. Max rake, $2 comp per hour. Green Valley Ranch, $4 max rake, $1 comp per hour. Harrah's, oddly enough, breaking the trend of Caesars properties being crappy. They're only $4 max rake. Only $1 per hour comp, but only $4 max rake, which is interesting. And Caesars Palace is even better, 4 and 2. So it's funny how there's variance within the Caesars properties. Luxor, which is an MGM property, sticks to the 4 and 2. Mandalay Bay. By the way, a quick aside, uh, I don't know if I was if I've been on radio since or if I ever told you this. I was at Harris to go to uh, Ruth Chris. It's the only there used to be uh, two Ruth Chris's that were in the city. You know, you know this already, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. audience might not that that weren't uh, in neither one of them were in casinos. One was by the Palms, and the other was on the east side of the Strip. And 
you know, it was okay. You know, Ruth Chris, in my opinion, is anything amazing, especially living in Vegas with right, a lot of better steakhouses. But the one good thing about it, it was open late, like 2 o'clock during the week and, and 3 a.m. on the weekends. Anyhow, you'd get a kick out of this. I ended up – I had a comp, and I ended up going to the one in uh, – at Harris. It's the only one left in the city. And when I ordered – I was already done ordering. I think I might have even been done, done with my, my meal. I had a balance after you know applying my comp, and I asked my server what the RC – equivalent would be oh, no. if i wanted to use my rcs and they could not answer me <laughs> so i had them and i wasn't mean about it you know okay i asked to speak with a manager i had a manager come over and the manager literally was blushing out of embarrassment said i'm so sorry i i can't answer that well at least you got and a I nice just, manager in, Tah- in tahoe i got that awful one who was offended and, that i wanted to know but what they told me you know which lol i'm never ever gonna do and you know you, you would have died laughing as well as you can give me your card and we'll slide it and I'll let we'll tell you. That, that's exactly like, no, no. No, that's exactly yeah. what I got in Tahoe. That's exactly what they and, told me. But she was also nasty about it when I didn't like and that they answer. Weren't being, they weren't being nasty. They weren't being mean. They literally didn't know. But what struck me, and you know, I was with my dad and I said this to him. I'm like, with all these people, and this place was packed, and you know, it was during the week. I need to make a reservation. I mean, it was you know, it was a good crowd with all these people that come into this place. Like they've never been asked this before, right? Like the I, I server the didn't thing. even know what the, what I meant. Right, when I, I said you know, I had the same thing in Tahoe. I had the same thing, and I wondered the same thing. Like, how could this not have come up before? I realized not everybody realizes about the one to one, two to one. But how was I the right, first but person? People to ask that are them staying that? there that that are you know spending hundreds of dollars on a meal. A lot of them, I'm sure, have, have RCs and and have asked that before. I mean, they, everyone just can't be that stupid that they just hand a card and they never check what the yeah, well, you know what what. What the rate is, but anyhow, they didn't know, and I didn't press it. I didn't, you know, whatever. You know, I just paid cash. It wasn't that much. It was, you know, maybe seventy, eighty dollars over what my comp was. But I was just astounded that nobody could answer. Oh me. yeah, and and well, I'll tell you, the Tahoe food and beverage manager was furious about this whole story when I when I told him everything. Um, he was furious because he said that they trained everybody that they have to know this, and the fact that nobody knew, and the fact that the manager got nasty with me for wanting to know. Well, you know, really infuriated yeah. him, and and also the uh, that manager who got all bitchy to me and nasty to me about it, and we had that whole you know, confrontation. And, and uh, for those that are listening that might not understand what we're talking about, we what we mean is by ratio. And you know what? Is Caesars or Caesars properties the only one that even does this? Yeah, I've never like, I've never been at MGM or, or yeah, they're, they're the or anywhere this, where yes. there's a higher charge. It's a dumb thing. Not yes. a one-to-one right. charge. It's a dumb for, thing. It's for, so your rewards credits will sometimes be worth a, a half a cent instead of a cent toward, for each one to, uh, towards paying for food in certain restaurants. So it's, it's right. just a, another dumb thing. Caesars does so many convoluted things that make things unnecessarily complicated and confusing for everybody that even people who know the program really well, like you and I, still run into questions and still don't know what to do. So, and, so But nonetheless, it's, it's astounding to me that, that – I mean literally the waitress didn't even know what I was talking about. Right. That, I don't remember what she said, but I asked her in a roundabout way. Had she been there for a while? And she, I don't, I don't remember what she said, but I remember her inferring that it's not like this was her first day. She might have been there for years. I had the same thing. Just like, I had the same thing in like, Tahoe. How can they, you not know this? How has no one I, I, ever asked you? I had the same thing in Tahoe where everyone was confused, and then when I got the manager, she knew what I was asking, but didn't know the answer, and then 
uh, told me the same thing. Why don't you just try it and see what happens? And I said, no, I don't want to pay double for my meal if it's wrong. And I even asked her, I said, how do we do a compromise? Double, how... it could be triple. Who, who the hell knows? Well, no, it's never I mean, more you... than two. To, it's never more than two to one. But I, oh, but I, okay. but I told, I told her, look, how about we make this compromise? I'll try it, but if it doesn't work, then you comp half my meal off. No, oh, no, I can't do that. So I said, well, well then give me the information. She, anyway, she got so mad at me. And, and what she really got mad at me is when I said I'm I'm just surpri- I'm a little surprised the manager doesn't know this here, and that's when she got really mad at me and got nasty and shouted at me. But uh, the, I guess another violation she committed was the food and beverage manager in Tahoe made sure that every manager knew that if there's ever a confrontation, if there's ever any unhappy customer where something goes on, he wants to know about it immediately. And she purposely did not tell him. So he only found out because I tracked him down, and he was furious that they, yes. that she tried to cover this up, and and that he had to find out through me. So he was especially mad about that one that she violated that too. So, uh, huh. but but yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I'm like, look, I'm not I'm not asking for anything free. I'm not complaining about anything. I want to know how much my meal costs. That's all I want to know is how much I am paying for my food, and you can't tell me at your own restaurant. Like, uh, why is this an unreasonable question? And uh, I, I well, felt, obviously, I mean. You know, our situations are somewhat different because I wasn't treated rudely. And, and but at the same time, I, you know, I, I don't I didn't blame the employees, nor is I sarcastic or, or rude to them because it's not their fault. They just weren't trained correctly. I mean, yeah. I, how can I get mad at the waitress for not knowing? That just means no, I was, she was right. never she was never educated. That, that's how I felt. That's why I, like when the man, when the waitress for me in Tahoe was, no. was clueless, I didn't get mad. I just I just said, OK, well, you know, can you get the manager I'd like to have, talk to ask her about it? Like I, I figured, OK, they just didn't tell her. Then then the, uh, the the manager came out and from the very beginning, she was flustered. She was like treating me like I'm an asshole to want to know this. And uh, and that's like she was getting more and more irritated and, and, and like. She she was giving me this like really like phony friendly thing which I could tell was like almost like sarcastic and it was it was really grating on me and then when she uh, so that's what finally led me to say I'm just surprised the manager doesn't know this and that which made her yell at me she she blew her she blew her top at that point and uh, anyway um, and then she actually tried to defend afterwards that it's okay to blow her top at me if she felt insulted I said you can't. You can't tell me as a manager of a restaurant you have a right to shout at the customer how, how can you even say that so uh, so anyway uh, she got in trouble there but that was someone i didn't mind getting in trouble because you know she she treated me with complete disrespect and uh and i, I wanted to know something reasonable anyway going back to this harris uh four dollars uh per hour max rake one for comps the luxor four and two just like all these mgm properties seem to be but wait maybe not uh, mandalay bay are they still owned by mgm mandalay bay's been owned by mgm for a decade now, uh, if no, not longer. I, I, no, I know they they were. I just didn't know if they got sold or something. Okay, Mandalay no, Bay still, no, own, still owned like by they're... MGM. They're uh, they're four and one, only one dollar per hour comp. And MGM, same thing. MGM itself is four dollars for max rake, one dollar comp per hour. Mirage, four dollars max rake and two dollars comp per hour. However, they're going to be changing it to like a weird two tier comp where it may be one dollar or maybe two dollar. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but. The Orleans is the best deal. The Orleans is three dollars max rake. Oh, they also okay. Add another dollar. Oh, there's another dollar for the jackpot. Okay, never mind. Every every game has a jackpot okay. unless you're, I think you're like three or four handed. You could tell them you don't want a dollar drop for it, but okay. yeah, every game okay. is. And a dollar twenty five for the uh, comps per hour. Palace Station four and one. Planet Hollywood, another Caesar's property that sucks. Five dollars max rake, one dollar comp per hour. Red Rock four dollars and one. Samstown. This probably has a drop too for the jackpot, but three dollars and one twenty-five, just like Orleans. You know, it's interesting. 
you wouldn't know it by ever going there, but Samstown used to be a pretty good stomping ground for mid to high limit poker way back really? in the day. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Wow. That 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 was where Mike Matisau, if you ever read his book, uh, I don't know, what was the name of that book? He, it was something with the devil. Check Raising the Devil, yeah, maybe? Yeah, Check Raising the Devil. Yeah, he, he talked about how, and that's how I found out about it, how he got into the poker world by dealing there. That was his first job ever. Out of uh, high school, he dealt there, I guess a couple years after high school, because he had to be 21. His family owned like a furniture business, which they still have in Vegas. And uh, anyhow, he ended up quitting dealing, and he played in, you know, funny enough, Limit Hold'em. They had like, you know, 10, 20, 20, 40, which back in the early 90s, those were big games. I mean, you know, those were some of the higher games that you'd find. And Samstown had a had a bunch of high action, you know, in like the mid-80s, late-80s, and then it kind of transferred over to the Mirage and went back and forth. But uh, never would have thought or known that that was a, you know, place wow. that there was, you know, decent high-stakes poker. But uh, it is the case. Um, other thing I want to add, I know the Orleans has this going now. Remember, Aria used to have it. A lot of these other places probably still. The numbers that Druff just read for the comp dollars uh, per hour, a lot of those places are double during graveyard hours to promote and bring traffic in the rooms that are normally dead. Uh, to me, whether it's a dollar or you know, for swing shifting during the day or $2 from like 12 to 8 a.m. or 2 to 10, which is normally like the time frame, it's not going to make me play you no, know, at a no, different time. But believe it or not, for some people, it is. And I guess sometimes I, I, I think I remember they've had promotions that are even better, maybe triple what the normal rate is. But uh, a lot of those rooms have those kind of promotions just because they have employees that are there. They have, you know, shift bosses and they don't want them all sitting around. You know, they don't want the room idle. So, that is a way because there are people that actually do care enough about that that they'll come in if there's some incentive like that. So if stuff like that's important to you, always ask if they have any graveyard special or any kind of rake special because a lot of them will, and they don't really advertise it. I know the Orleans has had this for years where it's – what did you say it was, $2? Yeah, it was $3 comp, max rake, $1.25 comp uh, per hour. Okay, so yeah, it's double then. On their graveyard shift, which I don't know what time it is, but maybe it's, it's like I said, it's either like 12 to 8 or 2 to 10. It's 2.50 an hour. Oh. Um, you know, which at a place like that, it adds up. I mean, you play 10 hours, it's 25 bucks. Yeah. You know, which, you know, isn't a lot, but at New Orleans, I can buy anything you want for the most part. <laughs> so. Okay, so and so then we've got um, so Santa Fe Station, Silver 7s, and South Point are all the same with $4 max rake, $1 per hour. The Sun Coast. That same, just like uh, the other few good ones, uh, $3 max rake, $1.25 per hour comp. Stratosphere, 4 and one and then two crappy ones at the end, two major properties. The Venetian, $5 rake, $1 comp per hour. And the Win, $5 max rake, 150 per hour. So the bottom line is here. The Win, which is really at the Encore, by the way. Yeah. They closed their poker room in the Win about a year ago. and. Mm. Uh, I've, I've never, I haven't played, but I've walked through it and buy it. Looks like a very beautiful room. Just the chairs, the layout. My favorite thing about any poker room, the thing that's most important to me, um, you know, besides obviously having a decent game, is being able to navigate through the poker room easily and, and not be jammed in where I'm sitting. Yes, yeah. I, I don't agree. care how gorgeous it is. 
If you know, remember the Bellagio, especially like during the World Series, you have to back up and you're hitting people and you can't yes, hit yes, your it's chair. Uh, but the win, it's kind of like how the Venetian was before they closed half the room. It is so spacious. You could like lay down in parts of the poker room on the floor and, and, and no one's going to bump <laughs> into you. I mean, it's it's very, very nice. Yeah. So, again, these are for all just for rake games. And who knows if this information is outdated because they had a casino listed there without a poker room anymore. That was in Binion's. But you see here that there's a number of them that are $5 <laughs> max rake, and there's no reason to play at a room like that. You, you might as well go to one that's four or three. Uh, if you don't want to go to the, you know, the Sun Coast, the Samstown, or the Orleans, and you know, they also may have a, uh, a jackpot. It would be nice if this list had the jackpot drop, because that's important to know, too, as you mentioned. So what do you think the logic is when someone from marketing – you know, for Caesars, you know, not a property, but the company, and they're talking to determine that Bally's is five and MGM is four or Harris is four and the Flamingo is five. What goes into that thought? I, I think it's like, not, why I, would one lower tier property be a dollar more? Than I think, think I think company? each property decides on their own. I think they're not. I think they're not connected in that way. I think it's just uh, they all manage separately and. Uh, they all make their own decision of what they think the right rake should be. It's a double-edged sword. <clears throat> on, on one hand, these poker rooms, especially the ones that are not attracting a lot of pros, may say, hey, uh, we're just attracting recreational players who just sit down, don't really pay attention to the rake. They're not Four or five, it's going to be the same thing to them, but for us, it's a big difference. So we're going to charge five. Uh, <clears throat> then uh, others may say, hey, if we charge five, the word may get around that our rake is higher than the property next door, and people are going to go there. So I have to admit, if I was if I was running a poker room in a place like Bally's, I, and I, I noticed that we're mainly getting recreational players, I probably would charge five because not, because those kind of players don't ever ask what is they, it right. Rate. They don't ask, nor do they know what it should be or what it is elsewhere, and they just play and they they're they're just like, okay, well, am I going to get lucky today or not? That's all they think about. They don't think about oh, it's, what's the rake? What's my hourly rate? What's you know how many big blinds per hour am I winning? Like they don't think like that. So. That's that's a reason to charge more. And in fact, the general dumbing down, which has actually been like a self dumbing down. It's not it's not the casino's fault, but the 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 average gambler has gotten less and less informed of the games they're playing over time, which is the reason for the prolifer, prolifer, proliferation of games like uh, six to five blackjack and uh, triple zero roulette, anything like that. That would have been twenty one. Yeah, that would have been unheard of in prior years and people would have laughed at such games and there's nothing wrong with that running a business more power to them i know that that's what i'm saying I mean, that they they realize the casinos just realized that the gamblers are not as informed as they used to be and that they probably were giving gamblers in the past too much credit as well it's a combination of those two so they've just they have to find this happy medium between uh you know what's the most we can charge while number one uh, not driving people away who will notice it's too expensive, and number two, to where it's not so high that people lose every time, because that's a casino does not want you to lose every time. You're not going to come back if you if you go six times in a row to a casino, first six times in a casino, every time you lose, you're going to start. You may not want to come back for a seventh. If you lose the first ten times, you're definitely not going to want to come back unless you're, you're a real sick gambler. So you have to have memories of winning. You have to have memories like you have a chance, which will sometimes even block out the times you lost. If you have a memory of a good session and then you have 
three bad sessions, you're going to remember the good session probably a lot more. You're going to look to that almost like with hope, like, oh, I can reproduce that. And you're going to remember all the money you won then and how good you felt. And that's going to make you want to come back. If you have no memories of any good sessions or if it's one memory out of 20 and the other 19 you've lost, you're not going to want to come back. So that's why uh, for these casinos, they, they want you to be able to come away a winner once in a while. Enough to where you feel like you have a chance, but in reality you don't. That's their that's their perfect spot. So they're they're yeah. still they're constantly experimenting with that, and they're constantly pushing to see what they can get away with. And there's been the general trend that they're in fact pushing out the informed gambler. A lot of the places are just setting the rules in the game so badly that they actually want to drive away the informed gambler. Even if the informed gambler is still playing negative expectation and is expected to lose, they're just not worth the trouble or, or even the variance to deal with these people. It's much, much easier to just uh, have the guaranteed losers in there that will play pretty much anything at any odds and not even understand what they're doing. Just They'll understand the very basic rules of the game. And that's it. And that's that's really the casino's dream is to have players like that, and they're realizing that, which is which is unfortunate. But as Brandon said, there, it's a business. They're just trying to find the way to make the most money. So, uh, I've I've never gotten mad at casinos for doing this. I but at the same time, I uh, casinos shouldn't be mad at <laughs> at people who, uh, who who then attempt to turn the tables on them. I can understand the casino trying to prevent those players from doing so, but uh, they can't be bitter about the reverse occurring of players seeing how to get over in the casinos. And I'm not talking about things like cheating. I'm talking about uh, advantage play methods, which uh, it's all, all part of the game. So anyway, that's it. I don't I don't have anything more. Uh, Brandon, I, anything you wanted to talk about here that uh, hasn't been brought up? We talked about Rickles, I assume? Yeah, we talked at the beginning about Rickles. Now, you, you saw him how many times here in Vegas? Well, I've seen him five times. Most recently, I saw him... Late last year, like in September or August with uh, Lawn Cigar. Yeah, I think we talked about this uh, on radio about you seeing Rickles, and I said, I, I should do that I sometime. think we did, yeah. So yeah. I saw him at the Orleans, and what, you know, what differed is, uh, I mean, you know, like you've said, and, you know, everyone knows he was old. You know, was he 90? Yeah, he was, the, he was 90. I think he was 90. Yeah. Um, but more so than in past years, when I last saw him, I told myself this is the last time I'm going to see him alive. Um, I didn't think he'd be back at the Orleans. Maybe, maybe like one more show. You know, I think he came out here four, five, four times a year, something like that, quarterly. But and the reason why I say this, he was so incapacitated the last time I saw him. You could tell that his body was giving out. His mind and brain was was still sharp. I mean, at 89 years old, uh, he you know he didn't have cue cards. He was reciting everything from memory. He was still very very sharp. But he couldn't. He couldn't stand. Um, you know, he, he literally he could not stand up. He had a chair, and when he wanted water, or, you know, to get something, he had an assistant that would come out. And when the show was over, he had someone come up and lift him up. I mean, he couldn't even walk, um, and you could just tell that his body was giving out. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 amazing career. You know, it's funny the kind of stuff that he does, the comedy that he does. It it, it it's a dying art and mainly because people are so fucking sensitive now yes, yes. that if anyone did the kind of material that he did, you'd have these Caitlin halls and all these other people calling for boycotts. And, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I'm just repeating this. I'm not endorsing it, but I'll give you an example. You know, people, you know, on the fraud 
site, you know, they're talking about his, his, you know, sense of humor and, and just how vicious he could be. This is one of the routines he's done every time I've seen him. He'll find somebody, the audience that's African American, and then he'll find somebody close to them that's, uh, you know, white, and he'll say something like, you know, to the white person, you know, better hold on to your purse. You have a colored right next to you, you know. But <laughs> and that's what he would say, and everyone would just die laughing. But you know, if anyone else said something, do you know what I mean? It, it would just people would be protesting and boycotting the place but somehow he was able to get away with it and at the same time you also knew you know and he when he was done he's like i'm just kidding i love you i love everybody you know and you could tell when he was done the man didn't have any hatred in his heart i mean it was just how you know it was a different era you know but that kind of comedy would not be tolerated you know comedies and stereotypes about race whether they're african-americans or jews or you know you know polish or whatever you may be he played all of that and uh, but he still did it in a way that didn't come out spiteful and, 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 you know, evil like I guess it would be today if somebody did that same kind of humor. And does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. Yeah. So and that's not all he did. I mean, you know, he, he'd do a little bit of that. And, you know, but the thing about him is, you know, he, he'd, he'd insult you and then he'd be, you know, really nice and say, I'm just kidding. I love you. I just want to make people laugh. Like, you know, he made it clear that wasn't how he personally thought. It's almost like he'd apologize. <laughs> um yeah, when he, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, when he, when he mentioned about his his mind being a lot better than his body was, it actually reminds me a little bit of, of Vin Scully, who just retired from uh, the Dodgers, his uh, broadcasting for uh, 66 years. He uh, or 67 years he broadcasted. He, this is the first year since uh, 1950. I, I think he started in 1950. The first year that was the first year I guess since 49 that he wasn't broadcasting for the Dodgers, which is crazy. Uh, so. I watched him one time when they had him, I think in his second to last year, they had him throw out the first pitch in one of the games. And not only could he, like, basically not throw the ball, they had to, like, move him really close and still, like, the ball just barely left his body. But uh, he he had a hard time walking. And, like, you, you could tell that he wasn't uh, – it was tough for him to get around. And he had already not – he had already – told them he can't do road games like that his last few years he wasn't doing road games anymore uh or, or he, he did a few but mostly it was just home games so it was already hard for him to travel but i, I how think, old was he last year uh he he turned 89 in november oh, jesus so, i mean what do they expect I no mean, no i know i know i'm not i'm not yeah. blaming for this i'm saying now his mind yeah, is still no, very sharp you hear him and aside from a few slip-ups that may not have occurred when he was younger, uh, he's still very sharp. He sounds almost the same as he did when he was 40 years old. So it's it's amazing how sharp his mind is still. Well, but you, but that's I could very tell, similar to Rickles. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, could, he went on, the last time I saw him, he went on for an hour and a half. And, I mean, look, I do radio, and I forget what I'm saying sometimes half. I'm like, what, am I, what were we talking about? And he just went, you know, an hour and a half without any breaks, without any cue cards, just a couple pauses for some water, and he didn't miss a beat. You know, he and you know, it's 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 been roughly the same routine all five times I've seen him. You know, he's probably had the same routine the last twenty years. You know, it's not like he's he's changed things, but still, you know, to go on for an hour and a half at eighty nine years old, and you know, another thing I always loved about him every time I've seen him, um, I think, and I've read an article today about this. He's been at the Orleans since. 2006. So I guess that was right around the first time I saw him. Had to be 2006, 2007. 
And I saw him like every other year since, but before that he was at the Stardust and then the Stardust was imploded. And then he, you know, came to the Orleans. Um, and what I found kind of hilarious is he would just every time within the first five minutes, he brutally trashed the Orleans. Like, how the fuck is this place still open? I tell these people, they don't clean this. New, and he called it the New Orleans. Called the Orleans. I, I always wondered if he did that on purpose or he really didn't know. You know, he's like, I tell these people that own the New Orleans, if they don't clean this dump up, I'm never coming back. Like, and he trashes them ruthlessly. They got a bunch of fucking idiots running this, you know, and he would just bash them. And, uh, you know, what's, what's funny about the Orleans is they get a lot of big name, like, 80s and even 90s big name acts that like almost are now dead to to the point that they can't even get like a gig on the strip <laughs> even like at a low tier well look, do, i mean do you know the orleans for like the last decade plus five years has gotten the same like you know more or less the same comedians like, year in and year out i can already tell you what are we we're in four months into the year i can tell you who'll be there you know this because it's the same people that have been there the year before the year before they get dennis miller Okay. I mean, Dennis Miller, you know, he had, I mean, I wouldn't say he was ever like an A, but he was, he, what, would you say he was an A lister for part of his career? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a big show on HBO. He, you know, he had a failed attempt at Monday Night Football. Dana Carvey, okay, Dana Carvey's always there. Um, I, I, you know, he was, he was big. You know, he was, he was like an A list actor in the 90s. Um, yeah, he he what, is the, the problem. Dana Carvey once once the church lady was was lost and and the and George Bush wasn't president anymore. Then he kind of faded from yeah, relevance. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the guy? Uh, Stephen Wright. And I, I would never say he was like an A list comedian, but you'd think he can get a better gig than the Orleans. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. And he he's been there. I've seen him about three or four times. Um, but anyhow, and there there are a couple others. And I've always found it odd that that's where like. You know, they just make their living not going to these small, like, college campuses and little small auditoriums all over the U.S. touring. And that's, like, that's what Dana Carvey does now. He goes to these little, you know, auditoriums that play in front of, like, maybe 600 to 1,000 people. And that's how he kind of grinds a career. Well, when you, you know, uh, when you really hit bottom, that's when you're going to cruise ships. That's, that's really the bottom. Yeah, well, you know, and then before cruise ships, you end up in prim. <laughs> and, and you know, it, seriously, you know, for like, you know, how sad is it? Like, if you're the band that like had like a couple like number one or top ten hits in the '80s, and that's where you're playing on like New Year's Eve, <laughs> like at State Line. I'm serious. Like, look at some of the names, and you'll find like, I don't know, like Kenny Loggins or. Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if Prim is below cruise ships. It's pretty close. I think it's Prim than cruise ships. Like, I don't know. You tell me. You take. Way more cruises than me. What are some big names that no? There's like I not, would know the you thing, would, there's like almost that, none. That, like that's the point. It's like they um, they have some specialty cruises, where, but that's a little different because those are much more expensive. They probably pay them better. Where the, like there's this '80s cruise that Sirius XM does that um, that I supposedly was going to get in in 2016. They had one in 2017, but in 2016, uh, Dave Lerman was supposedly going to get me and him on board for free like to run the 80s game on board but he screwed the whole thing up there's like some 80s trivia game that he was going to have both of us run and then get a free uh, cruise there but he messed the whole thing up and then we ended up not getting it but um, th th they have a number of acts on there of, of known 80s bands 
But I, since the cruise is a lot more expensive than a typical cruise going to the same place, I imagine they're paying the uh, the performers a lot better. It's still not performers that are that relevant today, but it's, it's ones that wouldn't be on a regular cruise ship. But okay. on, on, on a regular go. cruise ship, you don't you don't see very much. As far as you tell me, if you've ever heard of any of these acts playing at Prim, which for those who don't know, that's literally on the border on I-15 heading south, right? Like literally like a minute before you enter the state of California. There's three casinos. There's uh, Buffalo Bills, Whiskey Pete's and Prim. And they're all like, you know, within walking distance. All those there's like a monorail Uh, two are on one side of the road. And then one is right across the street. They're all owned by the same company. I know they were owned at one point by MGM. I don't know who owns them now. Um, what was interesting, when when they were first built, they actually had one of the hotels that they used as a dormitory. I don't know if you know this, because there's no city there in print. So everyone would have to come from Vegas. And, you know, people talking about maids, housekeepers, everyone that – or I guess from California, I guess it would be from like Baker – so they actually had dormitories, and that was like a failed experiment, and, and that didn't work. So what they ended up doing, uh, and I don't know if they still do this, but when I moved here, uh, what they did is because it's, it's you know, roughly 40 miles, uh, you know, each way if you live in Vegas. And it could be further if you live, you know, further, you know, like North Vegas or, you know, East Vegas. So what they would do is they'd allow you to work 10-hour shifts four days a week, and you'd have three days off. And that was the kind of, you know, compromise the fact that you're traveling so far, which a lot of people like. But think about it, like the pit bosses, the cooks, the maids, the, you know, the bellhops, everybody had to be imported because, like I said, there's no city there. It's literally like there's a prison, you know, nearby and it's all just empty land. But uh, anyhow, have you ever heard of a band called Los Lobos? Yes. Okay. It sounds familiar. I don't remember who They're they the are. They're the ones who did uh... – this is kind of weird because when that movie La Bamba came out in in eighty seven, um, even though the like they did the song La Bamba, you know, like uh, Lou Diamond Phillips didn't actually sing it. I mean, he was the star of the movie playing Richie Valens, but he didn't really sing it. Los Lobos really did it. So then La Bamba actually became a hit again. Like their version of it was a hit in eighty seven, even though this was a song from the fifties. Huh. So that, that that's all I know them for. Patty Labelle, she is a resident. Prim player or singer, Patty LaBelle. I know the name. I don't. I couldn't tell you the, the song. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. I know that's a country singer. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, an R and B guy. Yeah. So those are all acts. I mean, that's literally. I mean, you can't even play the locals market in Vegas. You got to be way out, literally way out in the desert. Well, Patty LaBelle. So I just looked it up. I, I figured she was old because she was. Uh, I, I knew of her. Uh, from the seventies, and she is seventy-two now. So she's wow. she's about to turn seventy-three. In fact, she's born nineteen forty-four. So that's uh, <laughs> she's getting pretty up there. But yeah, it's you know it's it's funny. Just, just like um, poker players that were once really big on the scene and seemed to be doing well and seemed to be winning all the tournaments, and then just you kind of forget they're there. They're just gone, and then. One day you think about, hey, what about this person? I remember they were like winning all the time in two thousand eight. Like, why aren't they around anymore? And then you find you don't out think that, like you don't think like Tyler Bell's with her manager, like an office somewhere, 
maybe like not even off as like a Waffle House. And she's like, bitch, you couldn't even get me Laughlin? We're at Prim? <laughs> I'm sure she's used you to it. You couldn't even by... get me Mesquite, motherfucker? Like... I bet she's used to it by now. She's just happy to have any work. But that, it's kind of the same with a, a lot of these singers. Like, you, you, you remember the songs. You remember their names. Like, you remember, oh, yeah, I remember he did this song in, in 84. And then you, you think, well, wait a minute. Like, yeah, that was in 84. Now we're in, in, in 2017. It's 33 years later. And, the, like, what have they been doing in that time? And you know, they have to, unless they saved a lot of money from when they had their hit, which is, which is unlikely, yeah. they, they've, got, they've well, got to find some, some work. And so they, they, as they get less and less relevant, they have to keep going to more and more failed like, places. Like 2004, 2005, after his embarrassment to, to – uh, he lost to – Mike Tyson I'm talking about. He lost to uh, – uh, Lennox Lewis, and then he fought like some, I don't know, some like second tier, maybe even a third tier boxer and, and quit like in the second or third round. That was the last time Tyson ever fought. Can't remember the guy's name that he fought. But after that, and this is just was such an embarrassment. He was so hard up for money. And now he does autograph signings, which is at least, you know, a little bit respectable. I mean, hell, Pete Rose has been making money doing that for 30 years. Yeah. And that's been Pete Rose's income Literally, like you find a weekend where Pete Rose is in somewhere like, you know, selling autographs and, and you know, then going into the, the sports book and betting on the ponies. But anyhow, right after that fight, when, when Tyson lost and when I say right after, I mean, maybe like a year or so, um, he still needed money. I mean, he was that broke that he got hired. This, this was such an embarrassment. They set up. This was at uh, the. The Planet Hollywood might, you know, it might have been the Aladdin while it was being transitioned into Planet Hollywood, but either way, it was the same property. And they had a punching bag right like in the casino, and Mike Tyson would just sit there punching the bag. <laughs> and he had this is true. Google this, people. I'm not making this up. But he literally was was punching a fucking bag in the middle of a casino. And I don't remember. I never went down there and saw it. You know, now, this is also the same place I gave Ma- Robert Mizrahi his own poker room too. I don't know if you remember that he ran the. No, no, it was, was, Ma- like, it was but... Michael Mizrahi. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Didn't I say Michael? You said you said Robert. Oh, okay. I meant, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I actually uh, went. To, I actually went to the grand opening of that. I, I forgot how I got invited, but I was I was one of the people invited funny. to the grand opening of that room. And then you know, Jamie Gold was. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you hear these big hirings, and everyone talks about it. And then, like everything else, it never gets brought up again. And then, you know, inevitably the person gets fired or they get let go or their contract doesn't get renewed. I mean, just think, uh, I was on this very fraud show right here maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And I remember the big news was, guess who was uh, the two new ambassadors to a big-name ambassadors? Well, one's a very big name. The other is a mild name uh, to the same Vegas poker room. Who were, the, who were the last recent hirings that we talked about that were ambassadors to poker rooms in Vegas? Do you remember? No. And that 15 to the Venetian, yeah, yeah. as well as who? Uh, I don't remember. Erica Schoenberg. Uh, oh, that's right. Do you right. remember? Yeah, yeah, Erica's yeah, yeah. nightly PLO game. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they cut that room in half. I've been there a ton of times. It's a ghost town. It is a fucking ghost town they get maybe 20 30 people during the week for their nightly tournament that used to get like almost 200 uh whatever happened to erica schoenberg and in that 15 and they're gone but you never heard anything about it yeah they just you know, quietly I, end huh yeah i can't think of any of these uh poker ambassadors that ever you know jamie gold you know he, he they gave him the uh tropicana and it lasted maybe a couple months and it just i don't know 
it's only, it's, it's kind of funny that you think some of these casinos would learn from their mistakes that, you know, I'm not saying this to mock anyone, but it's just, it's just a cold reality. You're never going to, you know, get a name unless it's like a, a top A-lister. I mean, hell, even Daniel Agranu, he was like the first real, real big name. Do you remember where he signed? Yeah, with a win. He was an ambassador. Yeah, with a win. Yep. And he ended up quitting. Now, he said, or they both said the, the, the reason why. Do you remember what it was? No. That his contract prevented him from playing in any other properties, and he wanted to play at the big game in Bobby's room. And that's why they negotiated. And I really don't buy that. I think that, you know, it just, whatever kind of money he was making, it probably wasn't worth it. I mean, are you, I don't know, even at the heyday of the poker room or poker boom, would you ever go to a property and patronize it just because, you know, a poker player you liked endorsed that room? I mean, that just, I don't know. I guess maybe there's some people that did it, but it doesn't seem like it was ever really a profitable endeavor. I mean, it never really seemed to work out for anyone. But, yeah, he was, uh, you know, the win was opening up, and you know, they wanted to challenge the Bellagio. A lot of people don't know that. The win tried to challenge yep, the Bellagio for the marquee poker property in Vegas. And they went as far as having, like, a, what are these stuff? I think it was 40, 80, or 60, 120 limit hold'em. Yeah, they did. They tried yeah. to have regular – yeah. And it just – it you know it, it never worked and they never could uh, they never could compete so but uh, anyhow so yeah so Erica Schoenberg and that fifteen you know remember such a big announcement Poker News writes an article Card Player writes an article now they're all gone no one ever talked about it no one ever even mentioned it <laughs> speaking you know? speaking of poker rooms running uh, short lived uh, limit hold'em games I, I played four hundred eight hundred one time limit hold'em at the Venetian. A four-handed game featuring hmm. it was me, never win. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy Mike? No, uh, a new player I'd never seen before <clears throat> named uh, Mark Newhouse. Oh wow! And yeah, who who is very tight and, and <laughs> are you talking? Is that pre Borgata? Yes. So it's pre two thousand seven. Yes. Yes. Oh wow! And, and 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 a fourth guy, the fish in the game, an older guy. Uh, I think his name was Paul Horn. Anyway, he was a very shady guy. He was a he he very obnoxious. He was he's even asking if Neverwin could get him cocaine. He was like asking someone to get him co- like not not like in general like right then. He wanted to do cocaine at the wall at the table, and it was actually being like tossed around him. But maybe someone could get him cocaine because he was just shooting Jesus. off so badly. Anyway, um, th- this guy was, was was really obnoxious and like a big asshole, but we just tolerated him because uh, he was a big fish. Uh, he was murdered eventually. He was just <laughs> shot dead in his Drug home. Drug deal gone wrong. Yeah, like a, a few years ago, he just shot dead in his home. And then I found out afterwards that he owed a bunch of poker players money and just screwed them. So uh, I imagine wow. he probably did that to some drug dealers, and uh, that was that. Yeah. Well, I remember never when, you know, because I, I used to, I've watched a couple of them, although it's probably the most boring thing in the world, watching any form of poker, but watching like heads up especially because there's just so much folding little action. But, uh, Neverwin used to play, and I know you know about this, he used to play Crazy Mike, among others, but mainly Crazy Mike, these heads-up freeze-outs. I think they used to play, like, for 10000 maybe 20000 uh, you know, a, a match. Um, and the Venetian was pretty good about that back in the day. They would, you know, if you had players, they'd give you a dealer and they'd let you start any kind of game you wanted. I know that's where they used to go. That was their preference. Did you ever watch any of those? Were you ever in Vegas when no, those no, occurred? But, but, Crazy Mike kept pushing me to do this with him. I just never did. I, I was kind of tossing around the idea, maybe, but but I don't. I know Everwin did some with him. Yeah, 
Hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that, uh, I thought that new house, you know, when he, when he started playing big, like those stakes big, I know he was, you know, had some money from poker stars from the 100, 200 game, but I never knew that he played that big before his Borgato. Well, he, he was nervous about it. I remember he even told me afterwards that he, you know, when the game was over, he was telling me he was nervous playing that big. And I could tell he was like very tight. He was very kind of yeah. afraid of the, uh, you know what? Now that you brought it up, and it just kind of just popped in my mind, and you know, it is kind of interesting. No matter what he does, you know, for the rest of his life, and you know, I guess I mean just tournaments because no one really ever really measures, you know, your your soul ability based on your cash game. You know, only because the public doesn't see that. You know, a lot of the old saying used to be like the greatest poker player in the world. No one even knows who that is. You know, because it's just someone that doesn't play tournaments and you know grinds. It's someone that makes a killing playing cash games but just based on what he's done which you know fuck it's pretty historic i mean he wins a wpt he final tables and back-to-back years you know the biggest poker term in the world would you say that he has the credentials for a hall of fame but and he also won a sunday million you know which i'm, I'm just saying those are those are three yeah, big accomplishments you know, they, they were, especially the world series back-to-back was very big but i don't think he does because he just He's not a tournament player. He even says that himself. He uh, he's been right. more he's been more of one since he did these two back to back final tables of the main event. It kind of energized him to do it. But he doesn't have like consistent tournament results because he just wasn't playing many. So, so but he, the he, ones that he has are. I mean, I I would bet half my net worth that I won't ever see anyone go back to back in in main events. It's just too hard. Maybe not half. Maybe like a quarter. I mean, it, it, it's it's it's. Yeah, mathematical... it, was, it was very amazing, but the thing is that that's not enough to, to get him in there. That wouldn't even be considered. He'd have to be something more consistent, not more rather than a, a, an amazing okay. feat that someone pulled off uh, in, in a short time. Even if, if something... he ever fi- if he final tabled again, would that seal it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, would it? If it if it happened soon, if it happened like uh, you know 2025, then probably not. But like if he did it this year or something, then. Maybe that's that, that would that would be really amazing if he did that. What was interesting is I remember when we talked to him about the strategy he was using, and he, he finished. Remember his tweet? I'm not gonna fucking finish. Was it ninth or eighth? Yeah, yeah. He, he it was after the first after the first year. Yeah, you know, he finished ninth. Yeah. And he tweeted at the beginning of that main event for the second year. I'm not gonna finish fucking finish ninth again. And then he finishes ninth. <laughs> <laughs> but but he he told me uh, or he told us here on on the radio that. In the second year when he got there, he was he was very very aggressive. He said during the later stages, and not just like the super late stages, but he, like even once they got to the money, he just got in this. I guess the second half of the World Series, he got very aggressive, playing like almost every hand. He was just he took this interesting strategy. Usually in the main event, everybody's pretty tight and. Uh, People don't, especially in the later stages, not putting in their money in bad or, or, or playing trash cards. He, he took the strategy of, I'm going to play trash cards. I'm going to just keep being aggressive. I'm going to count on a lot of people just folding if they miss. And I, I'm unpredictable because no one could put me on a hand. And I, I, I guess it worked because he was, uh, you know, people never knew when to fold to him because he can have anything. Right. And, but and, still, nonetheless, you have to get so lucky you know, and you, you have do, of course. to play so great to repeat that. Yeah. I mean, you need the combination of both. Yeah, well, I know if I if I, mean, I tried to do that, what would happen to me is I just like hit no flops, and my my opponents would be hitting monsters every time, and I'd be out after three hands of doing that. That's what, that's what yeah. would happen to me if I tried it. So, so yeah, still, he, it's still pretty interesting because if you really think about it on its surface, he, he, you know, if that was just like his resume, he'd be like, wow, 
that's really an accomplished tournament player, but then you look and there's really nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, it's a... all just like amazing, but there's no, there's no other, there's no like meat. There's no substance other than, you know, a WPT winner, you know, when I wasn't trying, two back to back main events and, you know, the biggest tournament and, you know, a Sunday million from the, my suite in the Bellagio when I was half asleep and hungover. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, for any, I guess the point I'm making for anyone, per, any normal person in poker, you know, one of those things would still be a lifetime accomplishment. I mean, it would. Let's face it. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of people that have oh, won yeah, WPTs. Yeah. Even, even the, I mean, what is a record for WPTs? It's not, what is that, like four? It's not like a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Anthony Zeno's tie, I think it's four. Like, you know, the, the, the most WPT wins. So it's not like, you know, something that someone has like 10, 12 of them. So one of them is still an accomplishment. It's a big deal. But to have that, and the, you know, the main events and I don't know. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, yeah. What does he even do now? I, I kind of lost touch. With I, him. I, 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 just... I kind of did too. I, I, I think he's probably whenever I, I see him a lot of commerce. To be honest, I don't go to commerce that much. I mean, anymore. he should have a statue of him outside commerce. I mean, he's literally holed up there for like a decade. Oh, now. I know, I know. But I see <laughs> I, when, I, when I go to commerce, I do see him around there. I don't remember the last time I saw him, but he, he is there a lot. I think he seems to have a presence of commerce. There was kind of a funny thing that happened. I think it was last year, maybe in the year before. Where he, he and Joe Cassidy, both of whom are not originally from California, uh, decided they're going to go skiing in Mammoth, which is a ski resort in uh, kind of like central California. So it, it's out in the middle of nowhere, Mammoth. It's uh, it, it's about 300 miles both from L.A. and Vegas. It's in the eastern Sierra. It's about 150 miles south of Lake Tahoe. So they decided they're going to go skiing there. So they drove to Mammoth, and they said, hey, you know you know what looks closer? Instead of doing this whole weird you know, roundabout route on uh, I-14 and, and US 395, why don't we just go through Yosemite? So they drove to Yosemite. And they were Didn't they get lost or something? They no, went it was like, worse. to another state? Worse. They, they, they drove all the way to Yosemite, which isn't close. It was, it's hundreds of miles. It's 200-something you know, miles away. They get, right. they get to the entrance of Yosemite. And it's dark, and the road is full of snow, and they didn't realize nice. that they closed that road during the winter. They don't plow it. So they, they took a picture of, uh, of them at a, a gas station with ice all over the gas pumps because they hadn't been used, like a closed gas station. And, and the road is just full of snow, and they had to turn around and drive all the way back to Los Angeles <laughs> and go back the other way to go, to, to go back to Mammoth. Imagine you go 200-something miles. <laughs> you think you're two-thirds of the way there. And then you and then you run into that, and you realize you have to go all the way back. That's just that's brutal. That would be really brutal. But they didn't know. And, and people from California know that. But but if you're not originally from Cal, even though he spent a long time in California, I guess he hadn't gone to Mammoth or something. But whatever it was, they they neither of them knew where people. Listen, I remember having to fucking. I know you do too. I remember having to drive on road trips with fucking maps in my car and atlases. I mean, yeah. most of today's generation, you know, doesn't even remember that. Every they've had a phone their whole life. But I remember, you know, GPS or, you know, the, the Garmin or something. But I remember, you know, college and after, you know, when I was leaving the state of Florida, I'd have to have a, a map and you're looking for, you know, an interstate and oh, yeah, traveling yeah, that yeah. way. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I remember uh, even taking like road trips. It was very hard because you'd be driving in unfamiliar areas and you'd have to use a paper map 
And uh, it got a little better when I was able to go on the Internet and print, print things out like MapQuest. Like, I didn't have a smartphone. There's no smartphones back then. But at least it can go on the Internet in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s and print out, like, stuff from MapQuest where you're going. At least that helps a little bit. But then the right. mindset, but I mean, the early, mid-90s, you, you were, I know I was going on trips by myself driving. I know you were. Yeah. And there was none of that then. Yeah, there wasn't. You couldn't even print map. You, you had yeah. to use a compass to figure out the scale on a map. How many people know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, determine was, like distance. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a, a totally different. And it, yeah, it's, it's much, much easier. That's one of the big. There's a few big changes as far as uh, what, what you see in everyday life now that people in the past would consider futuristic one of the one of them is the gps devices that direct you everywhere another thing is the smartphones that's a huge change uh and uh those those are really the uh the main two that you see in everyday life though uh there's uh and then you know self-driving cars are going to be coming fairly soon and uh Becoming more, more. What is the deal with those? Are they actually on public roads they, now? They, being they, tested? they are, but they're they're not legal. They're they're only legal to be tested by the developers. So like it's uh, you're not going to see a lot of them. There's a, a few of them out there. Like Google runs some in Northern California, and uh, are I, these I, like on public roads? Like would you be in Northern California on a highway? Yes, in you fact, look over and you our, see one, a car with no one driving it. In fact, one of our listeners, JSTAT, actually took a video which I saw on YouTube of a Google car speeding. On the freeway, which really makes no sense. Why would a why would a self driving car ever speed? Is it being impatient? Like why would why would a self driving car speed? But he so showed. What's his... the cliff notes on how that works? I mean, who's controlling it? Oh, it's controlling. It's, it controls itself. It, it 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 uses the GPS mapping to know where it's going, and it it uses sensors to see what's around it, and it uses and it, can, it uses cameras and, and sensors and. Uh, and you know the upside is it's not going to make human mistakes. Uh, the downside is there's any bug or any uh, limitations in the software that wasn't you know that they didn't realize before. Uh, you're, you're basically letting a machine make decisions for you, which could be life or death. Which, and that's not like a catastrophe waiting to happen. I, I think it is, but everyone's saying how great it's going to be. Everyone's saying, well, you know, it's it's going to cut down on accidents so much. You know, it's, drunk drivers can just get in and let their car drive them home. So, that's, but but that's the eventual. End game of this that I'll be able to get in my car, tell it to take me to the strip, and I close my eyes and take a nap, and I arrive yes, at the strip. Yes, and I'll, I'll tell you, I and I've had this discussion with my girlfriend before. She loves the idea. She she really that's loves fucking the, crazy. She, she, she loves the idea, of, idea. Of, of, of her car driving her. I said, I I wouldn't want that. I would actually. I would never be able to be in a car like that. Yeah, I, I would. Already, already no, I, w- I would only let it drive me if I were very very tired and and felt that. You know, I couldn't. You know, there have been times where I've been so tired driving that I've just pulled over and slept. Even sometimes in places I didn't feel all that safe, but I felt it was still a better choice than continuing driving. In that case, in that case, I'd much rather have the car driving. But I could never fall asleep with a car being driven without me controlling. Yeah, I I probably. I have a hard hard time time. when I have other people in the car driving. Yeah, just you know, unless I know it's a very good driver that I've driven with before. Right, I I wouldn't feel comfortable with it either. I'd always want to be doing the driving. Uh, Is this handicap me on the air here? Yep. Yeah, it is. So you're, you're, uh, hey, buddy. Good morning. Six a.m. in New York, where you're getting ready for work on Friday. Yeah, I'm actually like two seconds away from walking out the door. I'm already running a bit late, but I want to call in and say, you know, I'm happy to uh, turn on the radio and uh, get to be back together. Oh, it's good stuff. Oh, good. Thank yeah. you, buddy. It's yeah. cute. It's cute. 
That's cute. Okay. Mm, that's sweet. Well, I, I hate to tell you, I, th- I think we're going to be done pretty soon. I've been at this now. I mean, for... it's fucking 3 a.m., buddy. Yeah, it's it's 3 not like, you know, we've gone a while. I've been to 3 a.m. going over six hours, so. But you can... All right. But like, you know, it's still nice. But uh, anyway, it's time. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. Brandon, uh, end of May. And uh, yeah. Good. Would you ever? Yeah. Would you feel comfortable going a decent amount of of, of distance in a car that's being remotely driven not that you're not controlling by, 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 you, by, by you, itself? Well, well, think about it like this, right? Um, I take a train every day for uh, around like thirty to thirty-five minutes. I don't have control of that, but I I know for a fact I've passed out in that. Uh, I take in an Uber from the city home that is going to be like a 50 minute ride. And, and after a night of drinking, I've passed out. And on the plane, a lot of people take drugs and they pass out because they hate flying or just in yeah, general. But that's like different than sitting in front of a steering too. wheel. That's different than sitting in front of a steering wheel and a gas and brake pedal that you're not even controlling. I mean, it's, it's a, t- right, but like, you, you can't compare mass it, transit to that. It, it, but it, like, okay, so not even like not even mass transit. If you've ever taken a long car ride, like if you take a bike car somewhere, you take an Uber somewhere that's like longer than thirty, forty-five minutes, and you're a little bit drunk, you know, you're telling me that you've never passed on that situation with someone else driving. So to me, I see no difference. I would actually prefer it. In fact, because I think it'd be a lot safer. Um, what does kind of, you know, I guess could scare me, but I'm not going to think about it ever. It would be if you have an individual driving the car and there's about to be an accident, right? Um, the driving program and like I read a few articles, they've had like a few like TV shows, like whatever on it, but most programs will to avoid the accident or to avoid the situation, it will attempt to calculate what would be the best outcome in terms of the general population and not so much yourself. Oh, that's not good. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's not good. That's true. So, you, yeah, you're saying it'll, yeah. if it determines that you'll, that, that it may kill more people and attempt to save you, it's going to kill you. Just go off the cliff. Yeah, it'll just, it'll it'll just kill you. No. <laughs> right. Right. That's so, that's like the only piece that would worry me. Because ultimately, if you have someone else driving the car, their first instinct is always going to be self-preservation. Whereas this machine is going to say, if I save you, these four people will die. If I don't save you, they'll live. And who, who, are, and the, who are the companies that are, that are behind this? Well, who are well, the main Google, companies? Google's, Google's doing it. For, uh, I, I don't know uh, who else. All right. Well, I'll wait, I'll wait 20 more years until the Yahoo one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then the Russians are going to hack it. Yeah. Google. Uh, only, only, only in fucking today's day and age are we going to trust ourselves in a fucking automated car from a browser company. That's fucking nuts. I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm old fashioned. I would. Ne- I'll never be able to do that. No, I won't it's be able to happen. either. The, the only other time it's not going to happen. I, if if when uh, I get... wait, wait, you say that now, but I'm telling you, it, it, it's nope. it's going to be way in the future. It's going to be cheaper, and yeah. 
No, but we're talking about our own cars here, not ne- not necessarily like uh, if, if we're taking an Uber or something. I'm talking about like if it's a choice between driving your own car or letting your own car just drive you and just you know relaxing or or doing other things and not worrying about the road. I'd still much rather drive. The only the only time I will ever the only time I'm ever going to let my car drive me, even if it has the capability to do so, is if I am really tired and just feel like I can't do it. How does Google right. go from web browsing and SEOing and all that to to, to a project like this? They they How have come a lot of be like Boeing or because or... Google they 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 have a lot of money and they they try to branch out to do other innovative things. <laughs> trying to branch out, yeah. yeah, it's branching out. Well, Google isn't even like like if you look at where their main revenue comes from or like where their main business is now, like yeah, they have Chrome and they have like Google.com, you know. Like the best search engine, but like ultimately, all their other stuff that's coming from all the other acquisitions that they that they've actually made—that's where the revenue comes from. Like they're more of a like think of a um, what's uh, they're more of like a Berkshire right now, where they just go and buy stuff and they form a conglomerate. Like they're no longer just like an internet company; they're also like a very very uh, like they've branched out through through multiple acquisitions, so yeah, it kind of sounds funny. It's like, oh, it's you know, I'm gonna let a search engine company drive my car, what, but what like company, now, it's like bigger technology. You'll probably know this. What company has the highest value now? I know, you know, before Steve Apple. Jobs died, it was Apple. Okay, it, no, Google's the no, most. It's, so, uh, I'm. It's so if. It's kind of weird with Apple. Um, so they had a shit ton of cash overseas, right? And, like, that's the whole, like, Trump tax corporate plan or whatever. And, like, if it happens, you're going to see the market rally even further than it already has. But ultimately, they have so much cash overseas that, like, they're issuing debt because it's cheaper to issue debt than actually use that cash. So they just have, like, hordes of cash that um, I know for a fact they have a trading desk. Like Apple, a company Apple has a full trading desk of like 10 traders in San Francisco trading their cash uh, in like bonds, rates, equities, and just like they're making even more money from this just random pile of cash that, you know, they're not going to bring back to the U.S. because ultimately, you know, it's not beneficial for them to do it. And... uh, I don't know what the number was, but it was, like, some absurd shit to where, like, they could probably buy a few countries in Africa. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they're far and away the the largest, quote-unquote, tech company in terms of, like, asset value. Um, in terms of, like, actual brand, like, maybe not brand value, but, like, more, like, real tangible value. I, I got to be honest with you, I would probably say that it would be Google. And that's more just me seeing, like, what Apple has to offer versus what Google has to offer. And, it, like, the products that Google has or that they're trying to innovate, like, that's going to be in the future. Whereas Apple, it's just, like, they make their revenue from, like, their phones. But eventually, it's, like, how much more can you upgrade the iPhone to the point where it's going to be like, okay, my iPhone 
I don't even know which one they're on right now. I think like iPhone, iPhone six. How much? Seven. How much different? Well, okay, yeah. iPhone seven. How much uh, different will the iPhone ten be? Like you need something like that's a game changer. But on the flip side, they're going to keep selling their phones, and they're just going to keep pouring that cash until there's a tax bill in place that would make it actually beneficial for them to bring it back to U.S and either hand some of that cash out to investors who own their equity or to invest that into other projects and, and expand their company like, uh, like Google has. So that's the advantage that Google has is, you know, they do have cash overseas as well, but they also were able to generate a large uh, sum of cash in the U.S. And by doing that, they're able to do, um, like, have you ever seen the show uh, Silicon Valley? No. No? Okay. Well, it's basically they're able to invest in tech startups and whatnot, and they're able to buy, um, like, a lot of great, like, great companies, and, it, you know, it's worked out for them. So in terms of the largest technology company with cash, from my knowledge, it's Google. In terms of who I think has the best future, I would say, well, no, no, no I'm sorry. It's Apple with the largest cash, and the best future would be Google. Okay, well, right, good, good analysis. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, handicap me. Thank you for calling in, and uh, we will be back not until April nineteenth. Going to be a hiatus for the show. Um, Brandon, you're welcome to turn the show on next week if you want, in place of the regular show. Otherwise, we will see you in. About 12 and a half days on Wednesday, April 19th. And then we will resume a regular schedule, at least until the World Series. And as I announced my schedule for the World Series, I'm not starting to play until June 12th. So even when the World Series starts for the first uh, two weeks or so, we will still have a regular schedule. So remember, if you want to invest in my World Series, as I mentioned before, Email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. You can go to the 2017 World Series Forum on Poker Fraud Alert to learn more about it. Or you can text me, 775-372-8355, or PM me, Dan Space Druff, on the show, or on, on the forum. Brandon, thank you for showing up. You got the bat signal that a girl was on here and you showed up. And uh, it was a pleasant surprise to have you here. Cal Watt, presumably you'll catch the end of the show here uh, later on in the archive. So thank you for being here yet again. And Trader Ruski, I know you're sleeping right now with herbal tea in your belly. But I uh, always appreciate you being on here too. And uh, handicap me. I know it's uh, it's always just comforting for you to wake up and find this show on as you're getting ready for work but unfortunately it's ending so quickly after you've awakened but at least we were here thank you for calling in so good evening good morning good night everybody we'll see you in 12 and a half days on april 19th good night and shalom shalom see ya